first shot rings out. Sounding like a backfire, this is the car completely. Frame 161, Kennedy stops waving as he hears him. Conley's head turns slightly to the right. Frame 193, the second shot hits Kennedy in the throat from the front. Frame 225, the president emerging from behind the road sign. You can see that he's obviously been hit, raising his arms to his throat. The third shot, frame 232, hits Kennedy in the back, pulling him downward and forward. Conley, you will notice, shows no signs at all of being hit. He is visibly holding his Stetson, which is impossible if his wrist has been shattered. Conley is turning here now, frame 238, the fourth shot. It misses Kennedy and takes Conley in the back. This is the shot that proves there were two rifles. Conley yells out, my God, they're going to kill us all. Somewhere around this time now, another shot that misses the car completely strikes James Craig down by the underpass. The sixth and fatal shot, frame 313, takes Kennedy in the head from the front. This is the key shot. The president going back and to his left. Shot from the front and right. Totally inconsistent with the shot from the depository. Again, back to the left. Back and to the left. Back and to the left, back, and to the left. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think what it says in the tin. Hey, it's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. Uh, I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. There's no Megan. There's no Megan. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> just noticed. Just sitting in the seat where... We have to admit, we got to the part where it was time to start recording, <laughs> and I went, Georgia's usually here by now. Yeah. I bet you she's falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> because last week you very very infamously said into the microphone, I need, oh, I need a nap or I can't. Well, we want to nap if we do a six uh, a midday start or something, a midweek start. Yeah, and then I put on a timer for an hour at, and it was at, it was at like 4.44 and so I should have been awake at 5.44 and either I didn't press it or it went off and I ignored it because <laughs> then I woke up to a phone call. <laughs> we, we, we have mentioned that when Georgia gets tired internally, her enunciation goes a little bit, which causes her to have a little bit juvenile. I haven't had a drink yet, so I'm hoping that once I have a drink, it will clear my throat a bit. So. <laughs> I will get try. Get I will try. That will help. Yeah, it'll definitely. Also got a blocked nose and a sore throat, so that just adds to the. Yeah, whole it's, a, it's a combination. So hey, come listen to the BFE. You're going to get one of our female members sounding <laughs> kind of something not normal. Not normal. <laughs> Last week we had we had husky voice Megs. This Voldemort. week, yeah, Voldemort, uh, Ariel Voldemort, and uh, this week, this week we've got sleepy poorly Georgia. Yeah, and we'll decide which one's causing the voice right now. Huh. Which one's causing your poor voice? Is it the sleepiness or is it the, the fact that you're poorly? Both, I think. Well, that was the, that was the game we're going to play. Oh, so okay. later when you wake up, we'll see how much of a change it makes. Okay. There we are. See if your voice is different. A little bit. Little bit. It's affecting more than just the voice I've discovered. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Meg's is not here. She's doing, she's doing the whole teacher thing this evening. So <laughs> teacher, parent-teacher evening thing. Um, yeah. The benefit is if you teach that age group, you only get like one or two of them for the year. No, that's not TV. Oh, I got one next week. I don't think it's the Wednesday. I better check. Oh. I better check. I don't think it is. I think it's Thursdays. We tend to do almost all of them on Thursdays. Okay, good. I will. What's the date today? 22nd? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's Thursday. Who? 
Woo, good. Wow, we're recording the actual day. He's 60 years on. Well, I was going to say that, yeah. Wow, <laughs> that just clicked. <laughs> so, uh, promo time. Uh, if, why not check out our episode on uh, Enemy of a State that we released last week? How's that been doing? Uh, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Oh, okay. Uh, we, we do a fairly regular sort no, of schedule know, we do but, here. You know, we sometimes have a pre-talk. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to do a pre-reflection and pre-correction. I want no, to, no, 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 no. Um, and then also check out, we. by the time this is weird, because, yeah, uh, with this releases, we will have already covered. Uh, Ethan and I sat down and recorded and brought back out of the... Uh, yeah. Out of the ashes. Doctor Who. You could say Who regenerated. Who you think you are? Oh. Regenerated for a, a series of specials, shall we say, much yeah. like the program itself. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we released a, a fairly comprehensive... Uh, <laughs> review of the final Jodie Whittaker episode. Ooh, it's, power, it's a long one. The power of a doctor, as well as yeah. kind of trying to catch me up, because I'm very much a lapsed Doctor Who fan. So it was a little bit of that conversation. Going, I'm, I'm interested because of the big brouhaha about the 60th. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. Catch me up. What do I need to know? As well as let's look at the last episode. Oh, okay. And talk about Jodie Whittaker as a whole. Does but she regenerate into the next She doctor? regenerates. She finishes the, the episode we just finished by regenerating into the next Doctor, yes. Ooh, so yeah. that's out there, uh, folks. If it's a BBC uh, iPlayer or somewhere else in the world, Disney Plus, go check it out. Yeah. And then by the time that this episode comes out, yep. we will have released yesterday. So Monday, the 27th of November. I'm getting time right. Yeah. Uh, we will have re- also released our second Who Do You Think You Are on the first episode of the three specials uh, called The Star Beast. So that'll, that'll, that'll be fun. Yeah, like, like, All modern Doctor Who. Because we're doing the weird thing where I'm going home for Christmas, so we're having to sort of rejig some some recording schedules, and the yeah. fact that also that George and Megan's availability is limited. We're doing some stuff on Wednesday, some stuff on Sundays, but we're also recording things in and out of order and jumping ahead, but also talking about the 14th Doctor <laughs> and the 13th Doctor and how we're doing the last of that one and the first of this, and I've gone cross-eyed. Um, it's all wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Timey-wimey, yeah, just uh, mm. bear with us. So, yeah, bear with us is the best idea. <laughs> just keep checking your feed. We're releasing stuff. If you like it, listen to it. Uh, so there we are. And uh, I'll tell you who I think likes to listen to us. Go on. As a friend of the podcast, I'm talking about hey. Julene, Woo. Hermes, All right. James DeGuzman, Lena Overholt, and Zanian Davies, yeah, boy. Chris Peterson, Woo. Randall, what's your handle, Silva, All right. Dwayne Smith, Dwayne Smith. the Yeetmeister, Reverend Bruce. Oh, yeah, no, bugger. Yes. <laughs> Nate the Great. Yeah. Andy Dixon. Woo-hoo. Holly Callan. Yeah. Cheesy. With a fish on a bike. Our resident curmudgeon. Richard. The cool cat himself. Ryan Kukets. Dirk, but his friends call him. Diggler. The shy guy himself, Shy Burger Freud. Shy guy, shy guy. From the Stew World Order podcast, Stew. Stewie, woo. And you won't see this coming, Norfolk Thomas. Norfolk Thomas. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I can't believe I just I tried so hard not to say hell yeah. I think, yeah. You're, try, you I think you're I think hard. you're like a golfer who's like don't hit it into the pond, don't hit it into the pond, don't hit it, into <laughs> and then the you pond. aim at the pond. And because you've been visualizing it, your body does exactly that. You yeah. hit it into the pond. You're manifesting. <laughs> it. I say that as someone who's hit many golf balls into the pond, trying to avoid doing that very same thing. Yeah, so. I, I'm sorry, Reverend Bruce. Have I you was, ever golfed? Yes. Yeah. Rubbish. How many I times have you gone? Twice. Twice? Yeah, and I got so... Fr- you know, Happy Gilmore, that is true representation of me. Oh, jeez, dude. Dude, do you know what I mean? I just... What, you, what, you get beat up by a senior citizen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I start... I, I yell at it. I get so frustrated because as a young kid, and even now as an adult, any sports I play, I'm pretty good to start with. All right. I'm quite... You know, I've always loved sports. Yeah, I've golf's always- got a steep learning curve. 
I've always got. I've always quite enjoyed sports, and I get really into it. This is for Lulu, who loves when we go on tangents. Like yeah. I have started, put it at the very start, um, um, deep dive starts at. It's the first thing you look at now. I don't put anything else up, just deep dive starts at. So there oh, we go. Okay. So if you don't like the preambles, folks, go there check it out. There we are. There we there um, But golf, oh, no matter how many times I try, I'm just, I, I can't seem to get my hand and eye coordination and my swing. It feels wrong to not bend my arms. Do you know what I mean? Where if I have a baseball bat, even a stick, you give me a thin little stick, I can hit anything. Fur tones. The physics of swinging a golf club are actually completely contrary to like what the human body is supposed yes, to do. Yes, it feels so weird. Yeah. And all I do is just dig with it. Yeah. You know, I just make potholes. I'm not bad with the woods. So the driver and the, and the sort of big... It's those little iron things. Cause it's just shorter if they bend over and kind of more of a... Ooh. It's a bit of a fluid, fluid. I always kind of come on top of it. What's the ones that you 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 use to start with? Those wedgy ones? Uh, no, the ones you start are not wedges. Wedges are the opposite. Wedges are the last things you get when you get closest to it. Oh, okay. So uh, they're called woods. They're, 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 they're the the driver, and then usually like like a three wood. Is that and a the five one where wood. you whack it as hard as you can? Yeah, they've got like really big heads on them. Yeah, yeah, I can't do that one. Oh, really? I'm good at but- this. You get me closer to the hole, yeah. and it's more like crazy golf. Yeah, uh, I'm good at that. Crazy golf, which we call in the states and Canada mini golf. Yeah, that. yeah, I'm, I, I like that. Um, so what I discovered is if I just let my my sort of the natural weight of the club sort of guide me, I'll hit it like 150 yards, which is not very far. 150 yards, good for me. straight down the fairway, no issues. Yeah, but the problem is everyone out like almost hits like 60 percent more than you do. Oh, okay. the minute I try to put any oomph into it. It slices to the right so badly. So my thing now is, it's like a video game. I look at where I want to go, and then I aim about 20 yards to the left. And, everyone's, and, and I'll wind up, and I'll kill it. And they'll be like, and the people said that when I'm having a good day, people will be like, that's amazing. Now, by the time it lands in the fairway, it's not going straight. It's going like left to right sideways, like almost perfectly sideways. But, uh, yeah, so there is a, everyone's like, you really need to go to a, go to a driving range and figure your swing out. I'm like, looks like, looks okay to me. <laughs> Just so. I'm standing in a different direction to you guys. Doesn't matter. It, yeah. When the, when the fairways get narrow, it's where my game falls apart because <laughs> if it hits that long grass, it ain't moving left to right anymore. It's just what it is. Well, I was watching something the other day. That must be Florida. And there was like an alligator on the golf course. Sounds about right. Yeah. And this guy, he just he just tapped it on the on the tail, and, and off he went. Squirt. But he was like, "What are you doing? You are you mad?" My year six primary school teacher liked golf a lot, and one of my most vivid memories from that time is any time he was stood teaching, or if he was stood waiting for us to do something or whatever, he'd practice his golf swing, but just like no club. Just the, just the arm and oh, okay. leg stance moving. And we'd often question him. And we'd be like, it's just muscle memory. I'm just getting it right. I'm just keeping it in my brain. And we're all like, yeah, but you look ridiculous. So I don't like golf. When I was on I duty. like crazy golf. I don't think they get duties anymore because I do this thing called on-call. Mm-hmm. Which means two lessons out of my timetable. I have to go around and remove students from rooms who have been... Disruptive. Uh, disruptive. Yeah. And place them in the new room. So because of that, I have no other duties. <clears throat> but when I did have duties, especially outside duties. You would have been removed me from room. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> if you was a teacher when I was a kid. And the weird part is some people think it's like my job to yell at the kid. I'm like, it's not my job to yell at the kid. Right. My job is just to grab the kid and go, all right, grab your stuff. We're going to go to this room. That's all my job is. Yeah. And sometimes they're like, can you give them a speech about my, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not like an on-demand podcast I'm not, <laughs> but i'm not like a ted talk like, give them on about the like spinning the wheel jimmy fallon give them a speech about paying attention to your learning I'm like no <laughs> um but when i used to have we outside uh it's so boring doing an outside duty 
Yeah. Oh, because kids don't want to come talk to you, and you don't the kind of kids who would. You're kind of like I'm. I'm okay. I don't need that. But what I would do is I would practice uh, any songs I had for any musicals coming up. I'm like just, just things you needed reps in. I just walk around singing or doing a monologue. Oh, that's oh great. it's great. Yeah. Because because you, you may you may as well use that time, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I could do the entirety of Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat on the two different pool shifts I had. There you go. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you, oh, I should have done this at the end of the Patreon uh, sort of rundown. <laughs> and Norfolk Thomas. And if you want to know how you can keep the lights on at the Studio of Awesomeness and help keep that sweet, sweet BFE content coming straight down the fairway from the microphone to your ears two times a week, please consider joining the Patreon. You can get in the door for as little as three British pounds, less than four bucks American, and about five dollars Canadian. Other currencies are available but like i said it's five dollars roughly if you're from i just saluted i feel um, very patriotic when i hear that I do do yeah could you play it's, it so it's often? good man it's a good it's a good it's a, it's got a strong opening yeah it is yeah it's like some big powerful notes at the beginning yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, I like our flag i like our anthem yeah it's good stuff not because. for you guys but it's thanksgiving tomorrow isn't it uh, as we record? Yeah. It's American Thanksgiving tomorrow, yeah. Does that mean that means that there should be some sales on Friday? Uh, yep. I only really know about it because the receptionist at work um, lives on one of the American air bases and she's taking the next two days off because her kids aren't school. Yeah. So. Both Canada and Britain have tried to embrace the spirit of Black Friday. It ain't Black Friday. It didn't work. Nobody's it's getting nothing, trampled. It's nothing. Nobody's dying. No, no. Like, actually, no one's waiting at 4 a.m. What I should do, I might We're do just it online now. Now that I'm thinking about it, is... Um, Oh, there's still stuff. Um, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna. I used to show them clips of like people like hitting each other on the head for like for, for like an eight dollar toaster or something. Like that. <laughs> and uh, I used to use it as like a writing prompt: describe the atmosphere inside the store. Yeah, get the students to write based off it because it's weird because then they'll go all right, and it's like it's. I'm, I'm just tricking you into writing. It's all I'm doing. Yeah, but they're like yeah. Because they, I think it's the A, but it's, a, but it's that's crazy. B, but it's shopping because young people are so materialistic. Mm. Oh, my word. I'm sure I was too. But man. And then finally, it's the idea that I think it's because it's a little bit more exotic because it's American. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a brilliant musical called Black Friday about Black Friday. You should go and watch it. Pretty sure the uh, musical podcast who. Yeah, Danny and Drew. Yeah, they covered it at Disney episode. What was it called? It's called Black Friday. And it was focused on what subject? Black Friday. <laughs> okay. Uh, do they show you have the, the, the was it Wiggler? Yeah. yeah. Um, do, you know, do you know why? Do you know why I actually watched um, not so long ago? I meant to say this on the last podcast. Um, I watched Newsies. Oh yeah, I really liked it. The studio film or the, uh, the stage, stage production? Stage production. Oh really? Okay. That's far um, that's got that guy. Who, I've got a real soft spot for the film. They actually have talent. I've not seen the it. film, but the actual stage production of they show you with the guy from. Um, who did? Who was the like the understudy for Great Showman guy? Hugh Jackman. Yeah, there was a guy who was sort of helping. He's he's, he's, also, he's also in Superman, I think. All right, the TV series. But anyway, it was brilliant. I really liked it, and the song's really good. Uh, you guys always talk about it. The film version, the Shit. lead. Don't like it, Christian Bale. I love the film really? version. It's fun. Yeah, and it looks like he hates every moment of it. <laughs> so, so do I. Therefore, but as a result of looking like he hates it, he gives us like I don't care, which makes him seem so cool. What part? Oh, it does really he play, doesn't. Then? He plays he's the lead. He's the lead. Oh, okay. He's the one who wants to go to Santa Fe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you there? Do you oh. swear you won't forget me? I can't remember. I like I, I like, like the disabled enough. kid. Oh, the one on the crutches. Yeah, yeah. He was so good. 
Oh, there you go. Um, charts. What the charts briefly? Yeah, man, America does not like finishing second. Because <laughs> <laughs> pulled out because they were second last time, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To so Australia, Australia, the US are putting any doubts because they're like, you know how we know we won't finish second. You take more than half of the listenership. Fifty-two <laughs> percent right now, American wow. listenership. Oh my so god! Thank you, nice. our American listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. They really hold it as this a challenge. Thanksgiving. We are thankful for all of you. Yeah, that is absolutely insane because that means Actually, it's not just people that we know listening to it. Yeah, we've had that discussion that it's not just three people. No. Yeah, but like, what? let's do this because we did. I really enjoyed it when we did the. Uh, the um, uh, Mount Rushmore of scary Disney scenes. <laughs> Let's do one thing you're thankful for. You can't put me on the spot like that. That's a, that's a positive <laughs> thing. That takes thought. Liam, one, one thing you're thankful for. Um, I'm thankful for having good friends around me. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because, you know, as I look around and I get older, I, I notice there are a lot of... Um, they are friends, but more, I don't see them regularly. They're more acquaintance people rather than friends, friends. Yep. Um, I noticed that they don't have that interaction like I have every week with friends. Yeah. Um, theirs is just like uh, sporadic, if you like. And, um, and, I, and, and I've noticed that as I've got older in other people, and I'm thankful for the fact that, you know, it's nice that people want to come and, <laughs> hang out with me or do stuff or we do the podcast and stuff like that. It's just really nice. So yeah, thankful for friends. There we go. I'll be there for you. <laughs> That's catchy. <laughs> Don't to make a show about that. Yeah. Ethan. I was going to say something like friends. So I'm going to, uh, my cat, he really ground, he grounds me whenever I'm stressed. My cat's Your just, cat. Yeah, I love my cat. He's like cool. my best friend. Georgia. Um, <clears throat> I am grateful for the opportunities afforded to me. It's a very, <laughs> very umbrella kind of statement. Yeah. yeah, I'm not good at specifics. I don't like that. What a long, strange comedy. journey it's been. Oh, totally. <laughs> You'd be that person in the yearbook. Oh, I will have a great summer. Feel like Hermes can like analyze this as much as he wants, but like when someone goes, give me something positive about your life, go, my brain goes, uh. <laughs> uh. But, I mean, oh, you guys yeah. are like you guys. Thank you. What about you, Ian? I'm thankful. Uh, I'm thankful for a job I find very rewarding. I'm thankful for that. It's very stressful, uh, and it feels like it's harder every year. But there's those moments and pockets, and I think years from now, when you look back at things, I don't think I'm going to remember the stress and the deadlines. Not that I'm saying, give me more stress and deadlines. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want them. <laughs> But I don't look back. I don't remember any stress or deadlines really from my, the, the, my my last ten years of teaching. I remember just just these these great moments and these people who have pulled me aside and given wanted to express positively an impact they feel I've had. So that's incredibly satisfying. And I remember as a younger man getting jaded with work mm-hmm. and going. I was working in a place that built uh, the backs of small lorries, the uh, sort of c- compartments, if you will. Yep. I remember sitting there going, what's, what's the point of it all? We'll leave and a new thing will come in tomorrow. What's the point? And a, a little bit, you kind of become numb to that as you age sometimes. But because I didn't find satisfaction, I'm building a good quality product. Nothing wrong. I didn't have that Matt Damon moment. I was like, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's somebody's livelihood. And I, I could have, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
but I wanted to find something that had some something more to it, and I think and I think I have, and I'm I'm thankful for that. I'm also thankful for the fact that there's an Amtram, um, sort of establishment in this country that gave me yeah. a chance to sort of embrace that side because I don't think I get to this podcast without doing that. Yeah, and I don't think I'm as good. At, you wouldn't have met all of us. Wouldn't have met all you guys. So yeah, Amtram's given me friends. Amtram's given me the ability to realize that I've got some talents. It's given me experience being alone on a stage in front of hundreds of people, and therefore now professionally, when I'm on, when I'm at the front of a room in front of hundreds of people, I'm quite good at the whole public speaking thing. Yeah, I think Amtram's brought a lot into my life, both directly and indirectly. So yeah, I'm thankful for that. Oh, cool. Sorry. Mm. Uh, let's talk about. I would. We should, We need to do birthday, birthday, birthday. <gasps> woo, woo, woo. Yes, because Ooh. on November thirtieth, it's a happy birthday to Lena Oberholzer. Happy hey. birthday, Lena! Happy birthday! Mm. It's also Yay. my sister's birthday on the twenty fifth. Is it? Yeah, oh. Lena, Lena. When you are having your birthday. <laughs> I will be having I, a doctor's appointment. And I'm going to be doing a parent-teacher night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's, it's the, a big the day thing? for everyone yes. in the BFE all around. So there we are. Uh, let's go ahead and do some reflections. And corrections. There's a mistake I think I made. You want to be first or you want to be second, Liam? Oh, go on. Uh-huh. You want to be first? Go first, yeah. All right. We're talking about DNA. DNA. Remember yep. DNA? Yeah. Remember when oh, when, 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 when Anton Sugar takes his socks off? Yep. And we talk about DNA. The first DNA used to actually do anything criminally based? Yep. 1986. Really? Yeah. I thought so much earlier than no, that. No, 1986. Wow. Sarah. It just seemed odd just to throw your socks and leave them. Hey, you know. No. Unless he had his name sewn into him, which I wouldn't put past him. Because <laughs> yeah, that's what the guy who no one's ever seen does. Anton? Yes, Mom, I've put your name in your book. In your socks. Here, here, take them. No, I'm going. No, no. You, in both of them. No, you hold still. <laughs> you come here before you put these socks on your feet. There's a mistake. I think I'm right. This one goes to Ethan and myself. More Yay, so, what do we both do? More so me, but you agreed to me on it. Oh, yeah. uh, Gremlins, the first one, was a PG-rated film and was instrumental in the development of PG-13. Last week, we told Liam, no, 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 it's not that movie. It's Temple of Doom. Temple yeah, Doom. That's right. it's both. Oh, I, thought, I really thought it was. Both. I, re- I researched it, but it's not. But you guys seem oh. so... Uh, like yes, I think it. it's, it's what I do. It's what it feels like half of like, I okay. usually back down. Yeah. That's just something in the back of my mind. And I was and just, just I was trying to pick out key moments. Mm-hmm. Um, or the results of the music quiz. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, So I was just going, okay, what do I want to put in the write-up this week? And I went, oh, here's the bit about whatever. I went, I'm going to look that up. And then sure enough, I was like, man, Mandela Effect, totally. I would have sworn. But you know sworn. what I think it was? I think it's that fact everyone says as well. I can remember um, the reason I thought Gremlins was because there's that bit with the microwave yeah. and the Gremlin. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. blender. And... I remember um, seeing an interview with um, Spielberg, and he said, "No, I want to keep these these in." Spielberg. What's his name? Spielberg. Is that his name? Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Steve- <laughs> Did I say it wrong? No, no, no. I don't know. Who is this? Who is this obscure director you're speaking <laughs> oh, of? I see. Oh, Irony. Is it, is it, doing a bit. Is it? Is it his brother Ira Spielberg? Do you know what it was? Though, the right? accountant. Because I keep getting Quentin wrong. 
Oh, you so you, yeah, I start it's, to, it's, it's in your head now. Did I say something oh, wrong? No, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> it's just this is like me when I'm like on stage. I'm off book. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just all right. I'm yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was like, did I say that wrong? We got many pages say, of content. I say a lot too. of things wrong. Oh, so yeah, but uh, I just remember in the back of my mind seeing an interview and him saying about he didn't want to take them out. Yeah, um, I'm not realizing I forgot to do a shout out. So that's okay. Um, is there another one? Yeah, there's another one. This isn't a mistake. It's a reflection I wanted to make. Yeah. So Anton Sugar, Sugar, yep, right, tells uh, Carla Jean Moss, yep, actually tells Woody Harrelson earlier, why don't you just accept your faith? Fate, there'd be more dignity in it. And I've never thought this. I was marking a kid's paper, and I went, "Hang on, how about this?" Carla Jean does accept her fate. She does, yeah. We don't see her kill shot. No, we don't. Mm. Is there more dignity in that? Because we never have to see her yeah, lifeless see corpse. It. Yes. So she gets to finish powerful. Yes, we know she dies if we infer correctly. Oh, okay. But she's never yeah. shown in that yeah, position yeah, yeah. of weakness. We see we see uh, Llewellyn Moss's dead body just laying there as an afterthought. We yep. don't get that with Carla Jean. She, she finishes strong. Yep. And even to the point where we're not even sure unless you look carefully. Yep. Some people could easily miss this happens. Yep. Just a thought I had. Yeah, no, that's it's good. That makes shown, sense. like sad either it's almost like a cathartic no, she gets that her last statement yeah. is coin's got no say in it here it's just you mm. yeah 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 and she's standing up to him yeah. that's the last thing we see that's the last thing yeah dignity and i thought it was thinking about carson wells and going that's a good link by mm. last year i'm teaching it i came across that idea <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just have to see things in different angles. well yeah it's fine um and then my other one is this um talking about enemy of a state right mm-hmm. Do you remember when they're having the fish meeting? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At the fish restaurant. Yeah. The place that does the fish. Yep. Yeah. And they go, hey. Um, she goes, hey, do you want maybe someone else to go between you and Brill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of our, you know, our history, our relationship. Later find out what we learn about Brill. Who else is going to go? Does she want the kind of guy who's got like a list of <laughs> other people? There is no other people. That is her. <laughs> I think Brill's kind of MO is I trust one person in yeah, this world yeah. and that's it. That's Brill it. doesn't strike me as the guy who's going on like Craigslist going, who can I get <laughs> as a courier? He doesn't just trust her just because that's the person that's doing it. It's no, it's because he's, he's like her like sworn her godfather. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so a I complete plot hole. There's family ties type thing. The only way you know about is no way he signs up for this. No. They just needed us to know it. They had a history, yeah. and that was their line into it. Yeah. So See, we, we knew there was something fishy going on. We didn't know there was something fishy <laughs> going on. <laughs> uh, so there we go. Now it's time to make sure that we dust off our fatigues, because it's time for some general shout-outs. I love that. Actually, before we before we do that, I just moved myself on my chair, and it's uh, it's like fake leather, but it did sound like I farted. As a result, no, he, he seriously did. He seriously. Yeah, did. I'm just waiting until that. Do this. Um, that's disgusting, man. You want to hear something really weird? Uh, yeah, I think that's why he's laughing. I think he gets his own irony. We, did, we you weren't here for we here for Shaun of the Dead. You were here for Shaun of the Dead, right? No. Oh, we we discovered that that Liam was the ad for the fart reason, if nothing else. Just because of the fart. I mean, honestly, it's a bodily function everybody does. Yeah, but not everybody does it in a room full of people. <laughs> I can't always hold. He's it gotten in. he's gotten better. He's gotten better. I have to give uh, him that. Yeah. yeah, it's there with everybody when they got headphones on. Jeez. <laughs> Um, I'm joking. What was the, the fact? Anyway, back to my back to my uh, point. I was really surprised that Enemy of the State did more day one downloads 
than No Country for Old Men. Really? I really? was stunned. Not by much, but enough that I was like, <clears throat> I had No Country pegged as a ceiling film. I don't know why it's not. I really don't. Because I thought this had a higher profile than uh, There Will Be Blood, and There Will Be Blood did really well. Oh, the ch- so I thought, oh, maybe, maybe we're just in a downswing. But no, Enemy of the State did, did, did just as well. So. Oh, wow. Maybe that's the all-star cast. I don't know. What, I, think it's, I think it's the fact that the, the 90s are always a good time for us. Yeah. In general. Such for action-y type movies. Yeah, and- it's a fun movie. People know it. Yeah, yeah. Like well, you say, well, people who know it seem to like it, but we, not, yeah. We don't really do them sort of movies anymore, do we? No, we don't. We don't movies like that? No, no way. No, no, no. So They're right. either repeats of movies. You or know, shared universes. Yeah, yeah, and all that sort of bit. Uh, so the end of it, here's an original story. We don't, we don't, we don't get a lot of that. Nope. So uh, let's take a look then at some general shout-outs. Uh, I've got... Oh, I'm looking at the... I didn't, I didn't do this part right, unfortunately. So let's take a look and see how far it goes. When was a week ago? It was the... What's the day? Today's 22nd. 22nd, so it was the 15th. So 60 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I am going to get to that at some point. To the day. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do one of those... All, it's always a bit of a rough one when I'm doing a live kind of go here, but here we are. A uh, big shout-out to Carlo from, from the Movie Loot. Thank you for all the love, our friend. Thank you, Carlo. A shout-out to the Jacked Up Review Show podcast. Appreciate you guys Thank helping you. us out yeah. there. Uh, a shout-out to... Oh, the uh, Batman to my Joker, if you will. <laughs> the Dr. X to my Magneto. Uh, he will level that. Hermes, uh, who uh, got into a bit of a beef with George about what film had the perfect ending. <laughs> it wasn't a beef. It was a friendly discussion <clears throat> through gift form. Yeah, it was. I'm still scrolling through it, actually. <laughs> uh, big shout out to... Uh, to Dirk, who says to us, "Oh, he waited on on the whole deal with uh, Whiplash." How did I, I, so I just watched this for the first time a few days ago? I thought the drum solo at the end was way too long, and I wanted to start fast forwarding through it. Otherwise, I really enjoyed the film. <laughs> but other than the ending, which is like the key moment of the film, if he had fast forwarded it with him drumming, you'd have had more like um, Animal. From the yeah, <laughs> did you see the last gif I sent Hermes? The one that said that we weren't friends or something like that. Uh, um, yeah. That's just got our friend of the podcast, MK Wiles. That's why I chose that one. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. A big shout out to uh, Stu for the Steward of our podcast. Who, of course, we love in all capacity. Thank you very yep. much, buddy. Uh, lots of people jumping on that. I'm just trying to scroll by that. Whoa. You're a popular man. A big shout out to Ed and everybody over at the Film Effect podcast. They do good work. I'll give them a listen. They're kind of yeah. our spiritual cousins, I've often said. If you dig what we do, you'll probably dig what they do. Oh. Uh, what else do I have here? I'm just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Keep that finger scrolling. scrolling. <laughs> oh, that is uh, a feedback to the film we're doing today, so I can keep moving past that and that. Now I'm just into the stuff from... Uh, I don't know how you'd find all this. If that was me trying to find all that, this podcast would be a Hermes special. Another big shout out to Bigger <laughs> Movie Pod. Thanks for the love, guys. <laughs> Um, always, always a shout out to Andy Dixon. Yeah, uh, Andy Dixon. Half the reason why I agreed to do Who Do You Think You Are for another spin. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> I hope you appreciate it, brother. I really, really do. Your voice had gravity. There we go. Uh, I probably still feel really bad for that time he sat there and listened to us talk oh, to Media Madness for yeah. like an hour and a half. Always waiting, so dude. <laughs> always waiting. So there we go. Uh, oh, where's the? Okay, that was me talking to uh, Ed from the Film Effect, who had a. Li- he was a big fan of the movie Dutch. I don't think Dutch got a lot of play over here, but I also like the movie Dutch, starring Ed O'Neill. Don't know what that's about. 
uh, Al Bundy, basically. You know oh, Al Bundy? From yeah, the, yeah, Al Bundy, yeah. So he played the lead in this film about a kid, and the kid's like uh, his stepkid, yeah. where he's going to marry. He's picking up his kid. I don't know. Is it his dad's or is it a boarding? It's been a long time since I've seen it. Okay. And basically, it's a road trip movie. But over the course of the road trip, enough stuff happens that forces these two, this stepdad to be, because he hasn't brought himself to tell the kid yet yep. that he's married his mom. Ooh. And the kid and about them sort of finding common ground because he definitely doesn't like the guy because he's not his dad. Yep. I don't know his modern family as well, yep. isn't he? Yep. Yeah. So there we go. So that's the, the thought behind oh, that. Oh, okay. That sounds like a sort of film I would, uh, I'd like. Yeah, Dutch is, I, I like Dutch. Dutch is good. It might be, no, I haven't seen it since I was like 15, but really like Dutch. But uh, Ed says he watches it every year. So it's what, well, I like, it's what I like about Rain Man because clearly um, Tom Cruise's character is only about the money to start with and sorting stuff out. And then on the road trip of they have, you find out he actually does love him and there is a connection and. You know, it's a, a nice ending. Uh, let's do GIF of the Week. Uh, the, the word chosen was jar. Uh, bronze medal goes to Queen of the, G- the GIF, Kara, for doing Tom Hanks, <laughs> trying to get into a jar. That's funny. The silver medal, and I thought for sure this was going to win unless one specific GIF beat it. Spoiler alert. Went to Russell Osborne for uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I got a jar of dirt. Yeah, jar of dirt. But the win has to go. I thought if anybody's clever enough to do this, and someone did... Uh, it might not be the only win he gets this week. Dirk, but his friends call him Diggler. Diggler, yay. <laughs> Jar Jar approves. Jar Jar, Jar, Jar Binks. Binks. Nice. <laughs> if anyone does Jar Jar Binks, they're going to get the win on this one because it's, it's, I love me a little bit of lateral thinking. So there we go. And if you want to know how you can uh, wait for the end of the episode, we give our random word and then tweet at us over on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. We're at Best Film for Pod. Look for the hashtag BFE Random Word. Uh, usually drops on day of release and get in on that. Yeah. There we are. Oh, wait, if I could. <laughs> do, you, do you remember what the first one was? The very first random word. Yeah. Because um, I came up with it. Did you? I did. I believe I'm right what on this. What was the episode? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> Someone took, no, we, we had this conversation about a year ago. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I, I forget. No, no, I mean, we had this, this like rehash conversation yeah. about a year ago. Lemongrass, I believe. Lemongrass, yeah. yes. Yeah. I think because I used lemongrass making some sort of chicken wings back in the day. Some Chinese Was it angels with dirty faces? Uh, actually, I think, some, I think yeah. someone brought that up to us. I think, it is I think, I think you were like, I don't think anyone's going to listen this far. Into <laughs> there was a thing where you the most obscure film we've ever done. Isn't that a great movie, though? Dangerous with dirty faces, and, and I love you, buddy, but uh, <laughs> Northwood Pie are probably the two most obscure films we've ever done. Northwood Pie. Ah. Jace Light. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I really like Austin Northwood Pie. I, like I did. But yeah. it was one of those ones where I'm like, we got to talk people into because like, like, no one's seen this. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if you haven't seen it, guys, uh, go check out Northwood Pie. The, the, the pizza place, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go check out Northwood Pie and then check us out reviewing it and then having uh, Jace Lahey, the director and writer of the film, on. It's a, it's such a great It's guy. a BFE classic. Yep. That's for sure. Yep. All right, let's go ahead and move on to why not give us a review Apple or Spotify, I hear five is a nice number. Five is the magic number. Indeed it is. Checking in with the morning report. Can we talk about this for two minutes? I'm going to open it to the table. I don't really have anything. Have you not? What's going on right now? Who's got their Christmas decorations up yet? Not yet. Oh, other than yourself with the tree. <laughs> I, I'm 
put one of the trees up uh, last week. I'm putting the second one up tomorrow. I heard a Christmas song this week getting yeah. in the car. What song was it? The radio I listened to had a like competition like starting at, like in November, and you had to get five Christmas questions ready in the morning, and then that would start the radio station playing Christmas. Okay, and that started last week. So there's been Christmas songs on the radio this week. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what I forget what the song was. It wasn't. I don't think it was Mariah. I've heard that. And people, I don't think they're going to start doing Wham. And well, I think we can do Wham again this year. Yeah, but really you won't start that until December the first. No, though, December the first is when that starts. It doesn't know. start before then. I just feel like Christmas is um, this I, year. A lot of people have um, decided to put them up early. Yeah. Um, just because they just want something a bit more exciting to happen. Maybe I don't know. This year, yeah, I'm, bit... I'm really into Christmas this year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I hear you. I'm in full elf mode. It's lots of fun. Yeah, George is in a in a Christmas show. Yeah, as an elf, fantastic as an elf. candy cane. The elf. She's dressed up as Will Ferrell. <laughs> I'm not. Although we have got a couple of Will Ferrell songs in this year, which is exciting. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I hate Will Ferrell. I might like the songs it's though. Christmas, you have to be happy. No, I'm not happy. Just don't, like, don't, Will don't, don't like Will Ferrell. <laughs> no, but you, I just was talking about Christmas. You both went. Huh. Oh no! No, no hang no. on, hang on, easily. Whoa, no, Mount Rushmore. I'll put mine on most overrated Christmas films of oh, all Elf. time. Elf, Elf is shit. Well, Elf, Shadow okay, Elf. We all agreement. I yeah. wasn't talking about yeah. Elf. <laughs> That's right, folks. Add us at best of a pod. <laughs> Elf is an over. Uh, sorry, Kit Kev. Elf is an overrated piece of crap. Oh, there is. Is one Someone Elf said to me the other day that Elf is better than Muppets Christmas Carol. No. Are they crazy? Man? I have, I have no. They are idea. in different tiers of quality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you take the genius of Charles Dickens, and then, <laughs> and then you add Muppets, and then you add Michael Caine, not knowing he's in a Muppet movie it's and playing brilliant. it straight. Brilliant. And we have a whole episode on it. Go check yeah, it out. We do. Yeah. We did. We had a Christmas Carol and Home Alone back to back. Wow, that was good. That Muppet was good. Christmas Carol is brilliant. Didn't we do Home Alone? Didn't we go see that in the cinema? Yeah. When you were trying to make notes in the dark. I did make notes in the dark. I can read most of them. Because that's the hard part. Because I, I, I use a laptop here and I can pause. That's the other part. Is it's in the dark and I can't pause it. Yeah. Jeez. But you did so well. Your handwriting looks like you've been writing in the dark most of the time. I t- so so. I, exactly. So imagine my fear when I'm like, now add, now add literal dark into this. And I'm guessing, I'm guessing that I'm not going over the previous line when I go to the next one. I did really well. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> you need a glow-in-the-dark piece of paper. Yeah, you need a glow-in-the-dark like pen. Lines, a glow-in-the-dark lines, and then you just know where you were. Uh, didn't go do my way in this week, so I was, oh. just, I was just too busy marking. I didn't have yeah, time to do it. That's so fair I'm probably around neutral, if I'm being honest. So that's not too bad You kind of know either way anyway, don't you? Oh, I, weigh, I weigh in fairly frequently. Like, I'm not one of those, like, oh, I don't ever weigh in. No, I weigh in like three times a day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just want to know. Yeah. You don't want to step on the scale and go, whoa, how'd that happen? You also have to, because... You weigh different. No, you fluctuate. Yeah, yeah. through the so day, I don't, don't get emotionally you? whatever based on what I just, I just want to keep. I just keep checking. That's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's all right. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and hit this button, I guess. Because we are about to enter. <laughs> You're so grumpy about week it. Week number twelve <laughs> so of the fantasy bit. football league. No, I, I enjoy it. Hey, I'll say this much: I'm in five leagues this year. Yep. I'm in first place in three of them. Wow. <laughs> so I'm pretty good at this fantasy football malarkey. 
So I mean, including Ethan. there's two leagues that mean <laughs> oh. the, there's two leagues that mean the most to me. One is my teacher league with my friends back home, yeah, and the other one's the Patreon league. <laughs> and I'm one and one, but I got I got thoughts. All right, so BFE went three and two last week. So overall, we won more than we lost. That is the name of the game. That's how Ooh. we get success. Ooh. Georgia beat Andy Dixon by almost fifty points. Yay. Well done. I said a couple weeks ago. I said if there's someone who deserves to be higher than they are, it's Andy Dixon. <laughs> Change my mind on that. Sorry, buddy. I looked at my like. You know, it gives like like report, doesn't it? At the end of the yeah. week, and if you scroll down, it shows you that one of them was like highest score of the week, and another one of them is worst performing, um, worst performing player of the week. I was both of those. Yeah, <laughs> my <laughs> tight end was like zero point zero. My tight end is good. I, I believe I tried to trade you a tight end. Yeah, and I didn't want him because I didn't want to lose either of my any of my quarterbacks. Um, and then there was one. Enjoy was, fourth place. There was one I was watching <laughs> on the on the waiver wire, and I was like, oh, I don't need to pick them up on waiver because no one is going to bother. Someone bothered. So now I can't. Is your logic? No one in a 16 team league, I can. I don't have to try. They'll still be. I'm not being funny. I didn't think anyone was going to pick up a tight end. Every day. And I spend a good 10, 15 minutes going through that every day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Georgia beat, I said already, Megs beat Ethan by 45. That's not too bad. In the the battle of the BFE. Not too bad. (laughs) For Megan. It was so close. Megs did so close. Uh, Liam beat the cool cat by 20. Woo! Yeah, I might. Can I mention that? Like all the weeks that you've lost and you should have won. <laughs> yeah, this week you only put up like eighty nine points and you won. Oh, I know, right? Because the cool cat may have put up the lowest score of the year. That's nuts. It's up it? there. You're joking? Oh, it's up there. Sixty something. Yeah. I looked and I was like, oh, I'm not going to win this. Oh yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden it was just like, ooh. And then the question is, do we acknowledge him? <laughs> oh no! Because in the battle of. Ian versus Dirk. Canada versus Canada. Mountie. <laughs> He's changed his name. Yep. The- <laughs> yep. Mountie versus Mounted. I. I made the mistake of basically saying, I said, you'll see what happens now when you face someone who puts in a full lineup. <laughs> I tempted the fantasy gods. Oh, you did. <sighs> so. Who were you against? I was against Dirk. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. his friends call him Diggler. Diggler, yeah. I will be calling him Dirk. <laughs> but hang on it's, it's only fair okay so i talk Go a lot on, of, have a run I, I t- no no i talk a lot of trash don't i you do you do i do and You're i lost it, yeah i lost by <laughs> six and a half points okay six and a half points so what do they say in um what do they say in um uh fast and furious it's not about oh a win yes it does. Oh, it's a win is a win isn't a win it? Is yeah a win yeah so, so i want to be i want to be True. Here. And I would like to acknowledge absolutely nobody. (laughs) I got knocked out because my starting quarterback goes down in the first half. And then they go, you know what would be better on top of that? Ian still seems like he's got a chance at this. You know what? Let's knock out his number one running back as well. Like. This sounds like at a, a start at the start of the second quarter. And you know what the great thing about playing in the 16 team league is? Come. No one has any depth. No <laughs> one has any depth. So I got a bunch of guys named who? All right. I went to try to get a quarterback <laughs> off the waiver wire. There's no one there. I have dominated all season long. All season long. I was there going, no one can beat me. I have assembled the perfect team. And then in one week, one week, my whole team is 
desolate. That's football. Do you man. hear that? <laughs> I've literally got nobody that? to put in the second quarterback hey, spot. That's football. That's football. No one. <laughs> I tried to trade with Georgia. She goes, no, no, I don't need that tight end. I'm like, I really think you do, and you have extra quarterbacks. She goes, no, no, because no, if one of them gets hurt, and I'm like, what am I? And now the trade deadline is closed. I can't get no, anybody. No. If one of mine gets, hurt. oh, joy, fourth place. But the problem is, I'm not sure I'm going to win any more games this year because there's no depth in a 16 team league. Joe Burrow is out for the year. Well, you should have been oh, Kyla Murray you, when we were drafted, knowing that he'd come well, back well, strong and healthy, uh, oh, wouldn't you? And then oh, so I'm just saying, Kyla Murray is bloody on oh, I know he is. Yeah. In an alternate universe, that's right, because I put together <laughs> such that. a run. I'm coming on strong now in just the last part of the season, so I'm doing. I had a two-game cushion at the top. You're still at the top. I'm going to do a Georgia now. I'm going to go lose a bunch of games in a row. We are, oh, this is brutal. See? I've never seen Never get too excited. confident with football. In a 10-team league, I could come back from this. <laughs> in a 16-team league, it's going to be hard. Yeah. The patrons are getting excited in the Twitter chat. Well, let's leave, sure it let's leave it be. Let's yeah, leave it be. We got the results oh, of, of this week's Then uh, everybody music. starts celebrating as a group that Dirk has beaten me. <laughs> I'm popping up at this like, hey, well done. Yeah, you represent. When did Dirk represent everybody? <laughs> Dirk is the little guy. What is going on? Just because a guy hits a few times, you think there's an ego problem? <laughs> no. <laughs> this will make my eventual win all the more glorious. I'm pretty sure you said this might be your super. This is my villain origin story. (laughs) We didn't even have a a podcast to record, so I had seven hours of commercial free football to sit and just stare angrily at the TV. I can just imagine you going, Where's Aaron Jones? Oh, so if you want to be part of the VFE uh, <laughs> Patreon Fantasy Football League, it's uh, patreon.com slash VFE. Oh, jeez. Oh, I think I'll be better at it next year. I love this game. I, 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 I get love too into it. this game. I get so Who into it. Who was it that got knocked out? Uh, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Free Aaron Jones. Uh, he should be back. He should be back, but Joe Burrow's done for the year. And the guy you told me to get rid of, I, I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm I've kept him and he's doing all right now. Who's that? Uh, I was hoping he was going to be out there for me. <laughs> I'll take anybody. Like if he's if he's got a pulse. <laughs> it's like one of those movies where the skeezy guy looks around the club at two a.m. and goes, "Who's still here?" Tom Brady's. I want the there. quarterback version of the girl who's still there at two a.m. You can still pick the up Tom Brady. <laughs> Jeez. I do have a quarterback that I could get rid of, so I could get a better, another player. We can't trade. Trade the line is passed. I know, yeah, I could, but I could send him into the ether. No, no, hang on, no, no, that's collusion. We are not doing collusion. We I do not do a that. Lower waiver pick, and I will pick them up because that's not allowed. <laughs> it's weird. Even though it's lower, we call it higher waiver priority. Okay, well, I have yeah. a higher waiver priority, and I will collude that collusion. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't do collusion. I was once in a league where someone went, "Oh, I don't think it's a good deal, but but uh, if I can't win, you should win." I went, "No, we're not doing that. We don't no, do you collusion." Have to win on your own merit. I no. did not know there was insider trading laws for this. Oh, absolutely. Otherwise, Ooh. it's the, the, the whole the whole integrity of the game's gone. Yeah, and a win's got to be a win. No, no, I'm yeah. going to win this. 
<clears throat> I'm first in three leagues. I have not won a champion forever. It's been so long when since I've won a championship. Won first in all three, uh, like in the final in all three. Um, a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago as well. Yeah, and then well, didn't I, lost him, I lost all three finals. <laughs> 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 what are the odds uh, of that? Oh, it was this brutal. podcast will go on until Ian gets that win. I did tell Liam, I said... I got a little bit of something I didn't get off my chest. When we get, <laughs> a little This week we got a very good game. Usually the game of the week: Georgia five versus Stu four. Ooh. Ethan fifteen versus James ten. Yep. I'm going to break that streak, James. Do you know James has, after losing his first six, has now won five in a row? Wow. Yeah. What is that to that? Lose six. The yeah. Antibiotic. Oh, for the record, even with my two guys hurt, I would have beaten 11 teams this week. Wow. <laughs> See? Flip. That's why you guys are all thanking him, because you can't do it. <laughs> well, Liam could. My world. Liam 14 versus Kev 9. Ooh. And then guess who I have this week? Uh, for all the flippity dippity, you have Meg? Smith. I have Megs. Oh, do you? Meg. She's doing one well. versus three. She's predicted to be by twenty five points at this point. Wow. Oh, I can't get a quarterback. Team quicker. <laughs> Team kicker. So I, I've just got a random person going. Yeah, you're, better, you're better than an empty spot. Yeah, you must. Have <laughs> you, you hear about Ethan? Better than an empty spot. I think he's I've learned from my mistakes. Yeah, I look forward to seeing that. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's let's move on. Yeah, I let's think it's time on. to move on. So uh, why are we doing this today? Well, actually, as we sit here recording, today is the 60-year anniversary That's nuts. of the shooting at JFK. Last year I said it was the uh, last week I said it was the 23rd. It's not the 23rd, it's the 22nd. 22nd so on behalf of last week. There's a mistake, I think I'm too, so you know. Yeah, I don't know why. I would have sworn no. it was 23. Yeah. yeah. I, the moon landing's the 23rd, I believe. Oh, is it? I think. Is it July 23rd, 69? I'm going to be wrong about that as well. That yeah, sounds familiar. That do sound familiar. Um, We've also done an episode on Apollo 13. Go listen to that. It's, not quite, it's not quite landing on the moon. In fact, that's the whole point, so they don't get to the moon. But there we are. I like July that episode. 16th to 24th. Oh. So I'm going to July 24th, 1969. Oh, okay. So yes, yeah, so I was a day off on that. Look at me. I'm a day off on Kennedy. I'm a, <laughs> day, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a day off, a day, a day late and then a day early. Look at yeah, that. They even out. Uh, so cool. Thank you for that. Well, there will be the sound effect I'll put in there as well. So. It'll be a little it might have been because we were doing Doctor Who, and that's they're like a day apart in anniversary. Yeah, because we oh, that's true. We did think that, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the pitch. Uh, let's go ahead and tag in Felix here. Felix, New Orleans District Attorney Jim Garrison discovers there's more to the Kennedy assassination than the official story. Too bad there's not more to Ian's fantasy team. Go, Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> what? I'm the guy defending you. What are you doing? I'm just starting to like Felix a lot more. Have you have you muted yourself? Really rebellious because I was sneezing and blowing my nose. You shouldn't have told him about that. He's going to hold that above you for like. I think Felix needs to date a team next year. Yes. Oh, all the cool. trades that we can all do with Felix. <laughs> <laughs> I got a feeling Felix likes to trade. <laughs> He's a trader. Get, the, get the trade badge then. I'll, I'll, I'll have to check and see if uh, and see if Felix is in the fantasy football. <laughs> I have a feeling he won't, but you know, we'll see. Um, so there we go. Um, JFK, uh, not a film that really is a bit early for me as far as being aware of it. Because it's 91. Yep. So I was 12. So probably a bit... It's a serious grown-up movie, isn't it? Did he do this? If this was 91, he did... Um, this is before Robin Hood, but okay. after, after Dances with Wolves. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Robin Hood was 91 as well. Yeah, no, he shoots this. This is the next thing he does. After Robin Hood? No. Before Robin Hood? Yeah. Okay. Yep. He uh, had a good streak there in the... Oh, early, he, he, was, he was Mr. Early 90s. Yep. Jeez. Bodyguard. Yep. Yeah, 92. Directed and co-written by Oliver Stone, who is the writer of Scarface. Didn't know that. Wow. Writer-director of Platoon, writer-director of Wall Street, writer-director of the Born on the Fourth of July. Oof, He's yeah. still doing stuff, but like none of it seems to be hitting. No. Yeah. Uh, co-written by Zachary Sklar. We'll talk about him in the uh, in the uh, context corner. Cinematography by Robert Richardson. Here's just a sampling. Platoon, Wall Street, Born on the Fourth of July, A Few Good Men, Casino, Wag the Dog, Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2, Inglorious Bastard, Shutter Island, Django Unchained, The Hateful Eight, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and most recently, or at least the most recent one on my list, Air. So he started off with being... Ooh. Um, what's his name? Stone. Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone's, and then he moves buddy, on to Quentin. And then moves on to Quentin. Yeah, yeah. But Quentin, does he have anything else? Mm. Oh, he's got a little bit of Scorsese in Scorsese, there. Scorsese, yeah. Casino wow. and Shutter what, Island. What a what a back catalogue. Was that cinematography? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yep. Uh, music by uh, John Williams. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, very famously, the uh, composer of You Are Welcome, the promotional film for the Tourist Information Board of Newfoundland. <laughs> also has done a couple of indie films, Jaws, Star Wars, Born on the Fourth of July, Schindler's <laughs> List, Catch Me If You Can. And then uh, I, just, I just went random. And Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny. <laughs> it's nice that films. he's able to do some meant, films. Though. Independent films. I did. That's what I was suggesting. <laughs> but indie is in like, yeah. oh, that's funny. I was like, well, you know, he's just some, some, some guy you might have heard of. Yeah, yeah. First time I saw this, I, I'm assuming we're all saying today uh, like it was uh for this week yep for this week yeah yeah yep yeah yeah okay cool Today. um i'd heard not one this. that was i think it was a thing of it's a very specific time and no one ever talked about going back to rewatch it really no it was one of them i remember it being talked about at, at the time it came out because i'd only just started high school and um i remember because i'm fascinated with history anyway so people always say where were you when kennedy was shoot was shot you know, it's one of the moments in history, isn't it? People are saying that to you? No. Okay. It's in general. Like we were oh, saying, wish, where were you when the Twin Towers was? I like, wish I remembered. You? I do wish I remembered to ask my mom where she was when, when, when Kennedy was shot. That'd be really interesting to find out. Because that was a thing. People would say, where were you when Kennedy was shot? My stepdad. I should ask him. I should ask him. Yeah. When I'm home for Christmas, where he was when Kennedy was shot. Yeah. It's an interesting story. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. as time goes on, we, we, you know, where were you? Yeah. You know, when Diana passed away, you know, when we, all these different things are, yeah. but Kennedy was the first one. Where were you? Well, yeah, I've kind of got that in my notes, a couple of things about that. Like there's very few of those moments in my lifetime, actually. And um, people remember yeah. where they were and what they were doing at that time. I guess when the queen died is the most recent. Isn't it? I've got my note uh, to a degree. I mean, we all knew it would, it would happen. Yeah. So I guess the Kennedy thing's a shock because it was out of nowhere. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And, and also stuff. in this film, you saw the other side of it as well. The people that were, were glad that he was. And yeah, I got some notes on that because you know, that's not something that we hear much about. No, it isn't. Yeah. It isn't. Um, so, to some context corner, Zachary Sklar, who we talked about, a journalist and professor of journalism at the Columbia School of Journalism, met Garrison in eight, 1987 and helped him rewrite a manuscript he was working on about Kennedy's assassination. So, Garrison's a real guy. Yep. He changed it from a scholarly book in the third person to a detective story, a why done it in the first person. Sklar edited the book, and it was published in 1988. Meanwhile, uh, later, while attending the Latin American Film Festival in Havana, Cuba, Oliver Stone met Sheridan Square Press publisher Ellen Ray on an elevator. She had published Garrison's book. 
Ray had gone to New Orleans and worked with Garrison in 1967. She gave Stone a copy of the book and told him to read it. He did it and bought it, the rights to it, with a quarter of a million dollars of his own money to prevent talk going around about projects he might be developing. Mm-hmm. So stop the paper trail if you buy it yourself. Yep. Kennedy's assassination had always had a profound effect on Oliver Stone. Quote, the Kennedy murder was one of the signal events of the post-war generation, my generation. Stone met Garrison and grilled him with a variety of questions for three hours. Garrison stood up to Stone's question and got up and left. His pride and dignity impressed the director. Stone's impressions from their meeting was, quote, Garrison made many mistakes. He trusted a lot of weirdos and followed a lot of fake leads. But he went out on a limb, way out, and he kept going, even when he knew he was facing long odds. Now, that's interesting. I haven't read that since I put that in there when I was doing the research. Mm-hmm. That doesn't strike me as the representation of Garrison we get in the film. No. Not at all. Like, no. the idea about following false leads, we don't get any of that. We no, actually no, we no, get no. that he's right about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's just funny you how we have time for false leads. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Couldn't make room for it. Uh, Stone was not interested in making a film about Garrison's life, but rather the story about behind the conspiracy to kill Kennedy. And by December 89, Stone began approaching studios to back his film. While in pre production on another film he was making, The Doors, he met with three executives at Warner Brothers who wanted them to make a film about Howard Hughes. Oh, good. However, Warren Beatty owned the rights to that. So instead, Stone pitched JFK. The studio operating officer, Terry Semmel, liked the idea. And Stone had a reputation for making political and controversial films, like All the President's Men, The Parallax View, and The Killing Fields. I think that's Stone I'm talking about and not Terry Semmel. Yep. Stone made a handshake deal with Warner Brothers, whereby the studio would get the rights to the film and put up $20 million for the budget. The director did this so the screenplay would not be widely read and later bid on. And he also knew the material was potentially dangerous and only wanted one studio to finance it. So, again, about controlling the stream of information. Feels very scared of a conspiracy in and of itself. Well, it's yeah, very, absolutely. yeah. You know, this is still going on. You know, we will, we'll talk more Let's later. put it this way, but he's closer to the assassination of Kennedy than we are away from this movie. Yeah. So more time has passed <laughs> since this movie came out than passed between Kennedy's assassination and this movie coming out. Yeah, that's nuts, yeah. isn't it? Finally, Stone... Like Semmel's track record of of published producing political films, I don't know if I said that. While Stone, when Stone set out to write the screenplay, he asked Sklar, who edited the book, to co-write it with him and distill the the, uh, Garrison and Mars books and and, uh, some more research into a script that would resemble what he called a great detective movie. He broke the film structure down into four stories. Garrison investigating the New Orleans connection to the assassination, the research that revealed what Stone calls Oswald's legend, who he was and how he tried to uh, insulate that the recreation of the assassination at Dealey Plaza and the information that the character of X imparts on Garrison, which Stone saw as the means by which we're able to move between New Orleans into the wider story of the assassination. Sklar worked on the Garrison side of the story while Stone added the Oswald story, the events of Dealey Plaza and the Mr. X character. Sklar spent a year researching writing a 550 page triple space screenplay and Stone rewrote it and condensed it closer to, to a normal screenplay length. The original early draft suggested a runtime of four and a half hours with a potential budget of $40 million, which is double what Stone had agreed to. He did manage to pare down his original uh, script to uh, 156 pages from 190 pages. Um, there were many advisors for the film, including Gerald Hemming, a former Marine who claimed involvement in various CIA activities, Robert Groden, a self-proclaimed photographic expert, and longtime JFK assassination research and author. Researcher and author. So there we go. 
I also like the fact that um, Jim Garrison was in the film too. Yeah, because um, I didn't realise, I, I was doing a bit of research myself when um, I wasn't know who this Jim Garrison was. I thought it was going to be focused on the assassination of Kennedy, um, you know, the build-up to him getting in office and blah, 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 and then the film would end, him getting assassinated. That's right. Not how I, not how I planned out. Um, so I wanted to know who this Jim Garrison was, and then when I sort of Googled his name, um, it tells you that he's in the movie playing uh, a character so i'm assuming i did this very early on this was quite accurate to the portrayal of him if he's in the movie yeah i mean obviously it was based on his book yeah based on what he had said and yeah, his accounts so, and everything else. i mean he does come off as the greatest guy ever well, the yeah, smartest detective doesn't, in the world. doesn't Elliot Ness not, in, not in only, Untouchables? Not only that, but he's in more in love with the idea of America than any man ever. No, I know. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he is the definition of the American man. Oh, that's how you always clever. The yeah. last Patriot standing. Yeah. Clever how they mixed real footage with old yeah. footage. I mean, that was... I mean, real footage that was shot during the time of Kennedy and them recreating the scene. So let's unpack this because I want to ask a question, which is I know because I think there's going to be a distinct difference between the three of you and me and maybe even between Ethan and Georgia and you, Liam. So there's going to be levels to this. Yeah. But what's your Mm. knowledge of Kennedy and the American sort of history of that era? Because we're going to talk a bit about accessibility and if the film manages to do enough to sort of bring everybody up to speed. That's a really interesting take. Is like, what, what are your thoughts? So, uh, I don't know. Open, open discussion. What was your knowledge of President Kennedy? His death. Is that it? As that mainly like the legacy of I guess the Kennedys in general, what like with him and his brother, and then because at least for me, like I, we never really learned about it when I did when I did my history stuff. Like when we did when we did American history, it was Vietnam. Okay. And there wasn't really any well, mention of Kennedy in that in that respect, other than like the one thing of Kennedy gets shot because of some stuff to do with Vietnam. But that's not what we're talking about. We're going to talk about the Viet. That, that's sort of how my course was sort of tailored when it came to Kennedy. There was there wasn't really anything. And then I never really looked into Kennedy because lazy. Well, let me pivot over to Georgia, who's next up the age bracket. I had knew nothing about Kennedy other than the fact he was the one that got shot. To be fair, he's one of two American presidents to be shot. Mm. Couldn't have told you that. Is it McKinley, the other one? The other one's like way long ago. I, I'm not going to lie. Other than Hamilton the musical, my knowledge of American presidents, American history is pretty much nil. Who's so, the current US president? Joe Biden. Very good. Joe Biden. Okay, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to play a game here. Before Joe Biden. Donald Trump. Before him? Obama. Before him. Bush. This is my game! It's George. Oh, I thought it was all of us, sorry. Apparently someone called Bush. George Bush. Which one? There's two. I don't know! Ethan, which one? Junior. No, that's not the name. Second. (laughs) George Bush Junior. Liam, you go with it. What's his name? George W. Bush. Very good. Before him? Oh, there we go. Uh, Clinton? Before him? Uh, before Clinton. I think we're before I was born now. When's Clinton? Carter? Yeah, yeah. It's before, before No, not Carter. So, okay, it's so you, you, got us, you got us back. Yeah, next is George Herschel Walker Bush. 
Yeah. So that's 88 to 92. Then we oh, get, yes. Then we get yeah. Reagan, who Reagan. wins in 84. Yeah. Reagan, who wins in 80. Then we have Jimmy Carter Cotton, in yeah. 76. This is where it gets rough because it's it's also about it's not just about who wins it's also about so then you get Gerald Ford who takes over from Nixon when Nixon resigns yeah and then you've got LBJ yeah and then you got JFK Dwight Eisenhower and I'm starting to get tricky now I think Dwight Eisenhower is preceded by Harry Truman. And uh, I might I might be out now. Uh, Eisenhower's the fifties. FDR the maybe FDR before Truman. Yeah. yeah. When's so. George Howard Taft? Um, I, I got a long way to go still. <laughs> I, I got to get to, to Teddy Roosevelt, but before him, there's Woodrow Wilson. So I've I've kind of I can roughly get us back to 1900. Teddy Roosevelt's the one who rides around on the horse, isn't he? In, um, yes. Teddy Roosevelt in Newsies gets the best presentation of any because <laughs> oh, he's the senator for New York at that point. Teddy Roosevelt was a hunter. Teddy Roosevelt was like totally massively had an insecurity pro- uh, complex. Yeah, yeah. Walks softly and carry Robin a big Williams. stick. Robin Williams? Robin Williams. Okay. Yeah. Oh, in Night at the Museum. Oh, in Night at the Museum. Yeah. 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 All right. So, uh, so my knowledge of Kennedy is pretty good. What's yours? Uh, mine isn't great, great, but my understanding of Kennedy was that he was going to change, make big changes in America at that time. He was going to, um, bring, because at the time there was like, um, in, how do, how do I say it? Uh, the black and white people were segregated at the time and he wanted to bring them together. Is that right? Uh, you know, have free, not free, um, not just have them separate. You could it's hard because you bring them together. It's, it's hard because you've got states' rights and you've got, because the America is based on a very states' rights kind of platform. Yeah. So they don't want a strong central government. They want the states to have the, the power. So there are moves he makes to um, try and equalize. We'll talk about some of them. Equalize, that's the word I was looking try. for. Try. I mean, not all of it's, not yeah, all yeah, it's yeah, yeah, run. Yeah. But, but that, he had these, like, ideas. There were things he did, and he was very popular for just, just from an electoral perspective. And he was quite young with the, the black community. Yes. And he was the youngest president at the time of his election. Yes. Yeah, so a lot of people... He was like, also the first Catholic president. Oh, was he? I yeah. didn't know that. Um and I and I assume that uh, his ideas and his thinking, um, it was a bit like with the Trump era. You had half the country that was for it and half the country that was against it. Well, I mean, it. yeah, I mean, like we definitely do, because um, as you get further away from it, you, you kind of glorify the idea. But I mean, uh, yeah, highly divisive. No one saw his win coming. No. Everyone thought Nixon was going to win. They did, didn't they? And... Uh, and also, probably this time, I don't think you had a country, someone who was so beloved by the media and the populace in that pop culture kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Obama's the closest we've we, we've had to it. But even, yeah, I mean, the, even Michelle Obama, Jackie Kennedy. There's a lot of comparisons there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we begin with Warner Brothers and snare drums, and we get told to sin by silence. For, there's a Chiron on the screen. To sin by silence when we should protest makes cowards out of men. By Ella Wheeler Wilcox, who I would like to mention, she says it makes cowards out of men. Is this woman splaining all the way back in the nineteenth century? <laughs> just saying, just saying. No, the collective humans is. I'm not going to comment on. Well, in the nineteenth century, who do we think are going to be cowards and who should speak up? Well, men. It's, it's, thank you. Because, <laughs> if, because if the women did it, they'd have been arrested and put back in a I, kitchen. So. I, 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 oh, I don't know if arrested is the right word, but put back in a kitchen is probably actually. <laughs> Uh, so there was narration. Uh, the narration. Uh, yes. Did you catch who it was? Well, I went. God, that sounds like Charlie Sheen. 
<laughs> I went, that sound, it sounds like Charlie Sheen, but with a bit off. And I thought, well, maybe it's because he was um, probably on drugs or something. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I Googled it. <laughs> I find out it was his father, Martin Sheen, Martin Sheen, who would later go on to play the American president. Yeah, isn't that I weird? think this is his second appearance in the pot. Oh, you're looking at me for confirmation, like I would. <laughs> no, the other film he was in, Apocalypse Now. No, <laughs> the American president. The American president. Yeah, he was ironically part. not as the American president. No, no, he played the chief of staff. Yes, oh, he, uh, he would later play the American president in the TV show, The West Wing. Isn't it weird, though, where him and Martin Sheen, um, Martin Sheen and um, Charlie Sheen sound very similar? Well, they're father and son. No, I know, but Emilio Estevez, also a son, doesn't sound much like him. Oh, you don't think so? No. Right. No. Uh, he tells us about Eisenhower's goodbye uh, address to the American people, who warns about the military-industrial complex, which is weird to hear him warn us, but that's basically the idea of a, you know the military as a business. Oh, okay, yeah. The system set up to continue the military as a means of, you know, Making, of keeping the, the, the economy running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's my biggest issue with, like, the military and war, is that they are often, not always, but sometimes set up to be self-containing. Like, I mean, this Oliver Stone clearly has a perspective, he, he feels, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. shared in this film. Yeah, you're not wrong. And we can talk. I think you and Oliver Stone would share a belief system. Yeah. Uh, so he tells us about America in the 1960s and the rise of JFK, including the Bay of Pigs, which is the failed yeah, attempt yeah. to overthrow Castro by invading, yes, yeah, yeah. and the Cuban Missile Crisis, as well as rumors that Kennedy is soft on communism and made a deal. We won't invade Cuba. Please turn your ships around. Yeah. Uh, this And this is all over stock footage of Kennedy but that, but that and other never, historical footage. That was never confirmed, though, was it? No, because you can't come out and say that no, the American no, no, no. public yeah, yeah, yeah. back down to, to, to Russia. No, 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 I know, but... Even in hindsight, we still... Oh, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, we wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, Does this... So my question was, does this help... Did Georgia, do you find that this this background helped you access the movie? Oh, definitely. This, I really do... Because basically, this is is a little history lesson at the start of a movie, is what it is. I firmly believe this film does an absolutely brilliant job of making itself accessible. Okay. Ethan, uh, same, same thoughts? Yeah, it was like a it was like a mini doc. It was just um, here's everything you missed on Glee, but just about kind of who JFK was and somewhat what he stood for before everything else that's about to come. Excellent. A woman is thrown out of a car and tells those in hospital that they're going to kill Kennedy, and we get footage of the motorcade in Dallas where Kennedy is shot, and it's edited masterfully, as uh, Liam said earlier as the cavalcade approaches we mix original footage they obviously shot for the film with stock footage of its time and they that's do. brilliant yeah this is mm. s- it grounds it in its time because yeah you get this like and low quality video you thought you'd never see but you like but then you you enhance it with the use of original footage that yeah. they shot for the movie it's very very clever yeah. and also if you ever watch the film jackie which came out a few years back which is about the Natalie portman uh yes. yeah i think it is yeah 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 mm. That's terrible. Oh, is it really? Old footage. Oh, okay. New footage. You're like, come on. Uh, a note on the editing. JFK marked a fundamental change in the way Stone constructed his films, uh, a subjective lateral presentation of the plot with the editing's rhythm carrying the story. Instead, he brought in Hank Corwin, an editor of commercials, to help edit the film, and was chosen because uh, he Corwin had what was quoted as a chaotic mind and was totally alien to film and therefore saw that as a strength. 
Yeah. How yeah. do I get the message? Because commercials are about how, how can I make the maximum impact on someone in 30 seconds? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Stone this off. Was, sorry, this was very chaotic, but in the best way, at least for me. I, I agree. Was, no, I no. was able to follow mm. this. Everything was like, was like bang, a bang, montage bang. of related shots that weren't necessarily <laughs> linearly how you would tell a story. Everything was bang, bang, bang. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, again, this is, I probably should preface like all everything I say on this podcast with this. To me, this is a complete work of fiction i have no connection you don't to have the fact you don't that have the real person you don't have the historical no. oomph to it so it feels pardon the word foreign yeah okay. it feels completely foreign it's, it's mm. not as well I think 60 years have gone by i think it wasn't take the bang 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 as a disrespectful well, no, thing against kennedy no and I, I didn't think they would but like just also okay i don't know my opinions on this film are based on the fact that i've watched a film yep not history yep yeah and I've always said, if you get your, your history from feature film, there's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Stone also, yeah, Ridley Scott. Stone employed extensive use of flashbacks within flashbacks to take that um, Deadpool for a, a, a specific effect. He said in an interview, I want to do the film on two or three levels. Sound and picture would take us back. And we go from one flashback to another. And then that flashback would go inside another flashback. I want a multiple layers because reading the Warren Commission report is like drowning. And so my question was, Liam, you've seen Oppenheimer. Yep. I've seen Oppenheimer. Yep. Did the structure of this at times have an oppenheimer effect? Yeah, yeah. Because I was sitting there, I, I wrote yeah. it before I even saw it, and I went when I watch it. I don't. I think it's different, but I think Oppenheimer. You could see maybe an influence of JFK in it. Yes, but because I'd never seen JFK. No, because we saw Oppenheimer first. We yeah, saw Oppenheimer yeah. first. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that first act, they also like they're sort of intercutting with black and white as well. I'm like, yeah. Oh, it's it's like RDJ's plot line in. And Oppenheimer. we get you a little oh, bit, wow. and then we'll yeah. go back to the start, and then we'll jump right yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. Now for the most part. JFK does then eventually go to a bit of a linear place. Yes. Yeah. Whereas Oppenheimer doesn't. It's a lot more all over. It's multiple strands. They're all moving linearly for the most part, but it's three different timelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so because of being shot on various size film stocks, conventional 35 millimeter film editing was impossible. And there was digital editing, but it was barely beginning. Lightworks and Avid were not available as editing systems. So the footage was transformed onto videotape. Wow. And edited on videotape. That's cool. Which, you know, Cheers famously was almost, they almost had to, because it was losing money, handle or fist Cheers yep. in the early seasons. So they were like, we're going to stop shooting on film and we're going to shoot on videotape. And if you've ever seen Boogie Nights, you seen Boogie Nights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go, that's Dirk Diggler, isn't it? That's Dirk Diggler, yeah. <laughs> uh, they go, videotape's cheap, videotape. So I'm actually surprised they got a quality of film this high yeah. off of videotape. Well, well I reckon they must have restored it a little bit or something because that didn't seem videotape-ish. Well, it was shot, it was shot on 35mm film, but then it was, then it was edited onto video, so it was transferred. I guess it wasn't sure. I guess the difference is Boogie Nights and Cheers, they're talking about shooting it on film, as yeah. I mean, sorry, on tape, as opposed to this, which was shot on film and then like transferred to tape? Yeah, because it seemed more crisp. Yeah. Wasn't it Toy Story? It was saved because of a videotape. Is it Toy Story? It's That's not Toy, it's it's not Toy Story. Pixar's. Toy Story 2 was saved because someone still two. had the file. Cause they had the pregnant. file, wasn't oh, the video. Was no, you can't, no, no, you could not yeah. do that on a videotape. Oh. No. I'm probably mixing two stories. Yeah, because they accidentally deleted like half the thing, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. she had it because she was working at home. Which was like, in, yeah, like not, that was not allowed. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. like, I can save a day, but please don't but get please mad don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> she was 
one of the Disney layoffs this year, which was wild. Please don't shoot me. <laughs> oh, oh, don't shoot me. Because of being... Oh, I said already. Uh, so, years after its release, Stone said that it was, quote, the beginning of a new era for me in terms of filmmaking, because it's not just about a conspiracy to kill John Kennedy. It's about the way we look at recent history. It shifts from black and white to color and then back again and views people from offbeat angles. I would say... Mr. Stone, it was the beginning of a new era for you. Also, maybe in the fact that you didn't have too many big culturally significant films after this. No. I mean, you've still released far more than I ever will. But, uh, yeah, I know. But, I mean, most of his films I, I was stunned to see that he'd still been making movies all this time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a and new- not making much of an impact either. No, not really. So We go to New Orleans, meet Jim Garrison, played by Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner. Is this his first go on the pod? Yeah, we have not done dances, have we? You haven't done bodyguard. You haven't done dancing, done bodyguard. I haven't done Robin Hood. No. Nope. Wow. I don't know. It's what weird po- that I wouldn't look that. What podcast gets to two hundred <laughs> and not done? Another on Kevin Costner. Yeah, no. that's yeah, that's nuts. Trying to cast the role of Garrison, Stone sent copies of the script to. I mean, you can guess kind of who the big film stars would be at this time. Tom Cruise. Not Tom. No, not Tom Cruise. Couldn't do this. He's too young. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking a few good men. That was all. No. Uh, um, trying to think of that time. Mel Gibson. Yep. <laughs> and there's one more. Go about ten years older. Ten years older. Oh. Uh. Uh. No, I lost. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe if the wife had said "I love you" and he said "I know." Oh. Yes. Oh. Harrison Ford. Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Yes. Harrison Ford. Oh. Have done this. I'm not sure he could do it as well, but he could do it. I don't think he would... Yes, he could. He'd be even more of America's greatest hero. <laughs> but Costner at that time had a more of a... Oh, no, Costner's more bookish. Costner can do this. Costner's got more range than Harrison Ford does. Yes. Yeah. Harrison Ford is more... And he was more of a star, arguably. And Gibson would have gone over the top with it. Yeah, he would have. Yeah. Although I like I Gibson. Thinking, have you ever seen A Year Living Dangerously? What did it say, Jack Ruby? You want a shot at the title? <laughs> Jack Ruby. <laughs> Yeah, living diamonds and living dangerous. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, initially, Costner turned it down, but wow. uh, his his agent was a big fan of the project and helped Stone convince uh, Costner to take the role. Before accepting it, Costner conducted extensive research on Garrison, including meeting the man and his enemies. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, is this someone? So yeah, I understand you're a big enemy of Jim Garrison. Can I come talk to you, Jim Garrison? <laughs> Two months after finally signing on to play Garrison in 91, Costner's film Dances with Wolves won seven Academy Awards, and so his presence greatly enhanced the bankability of the film. At that time, he, is like, is it made, he wrote it, directed it, and everything. I mean, Dances with Wolves is his coming out part. Yeah. As, like, yeah, yeah. the guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's no Tin said. Cup. <laughs> I love Tin Cup. Tin Cup's, tin cup's good, but it's sloppy. <laughs> Ethan, you were saying something? Oh, yeah, I know Liam kind of said it earlier, but I I thought this was going to be about JFK. So I was like, oh, cool. Kevin Costner is going to play JFK. And we, oh, we saw the assassination. Horrible. We're, we're going to go back. And then he was like, JFK's been assassinated. I was like, okay, this, this, this isn't the film I thought it was. I'm kind of more invested, though. Uh, we get his perspective of hearing the president being shot. Uh, he's just sort of hanging out and someone says they've shot the president. What a zoom and an, so when he finds out, it's the only time they use it in the movie. There's such a zoom into his face when he hears that he's been shot, which is often used for like a realization, that sort of technique. That 
kind of implies that he was very big for Kennedy to be president and what he was standing for. Well, clearly he's pro Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, that just enforced that, didn't it? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Do you know what I mean? I think that's that moment that we all go, and you find out life's yeah, yeah, yeah. forever different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get the news report mixed in with diegetic sound. So the news report's been, I've seen this news report before just from what from historical films and i mean i have a degree in history but i think i probably would have seen it on specials and things like that used a lot because kennedy and his death is is fairly big cultural capital at least it was in canada at the time i was growing up yep you know uh, 30 years or so after the uh assassination when i'm hitting my early teenage years yeah um yeah it's 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 one of those significant it's one of the historically significant moments of the 20th century in in, in in north america yep um and so so i've seen the thing but now you're hearing people weeping at the bar in the background yeah. as it plays and i'm like whoo and we get the news report mixed in with diegetic sounds of tears but also of applause yeah and sure, i think, and I've never I think seen we need before. to mention this because you know uh, if you talk to someone about you know what was their reaction when margaret thatcher died yeah, not that she died yeah. in office, but even some people. What was the reaction when the queen died? And there were some people who were very, um, you know, you go on Facebook and be like, I don't give a damn that the old bag's dead. Yeah, oh, Twitter was Twitter was a war and zone. Just, and just really, and it's that moment where you're like, I want. And it was like people at tables, and one table they're all weeping, and the next table they're clapping and, and cheers at each other because he's dead. And going, I would have shot him myself. And it's like, wow. And that's not a side I'd seen before in the history. When Margaret Thatcher died, Ding Dong the Witch is Dead went back to number one in Britain. Yeah. So, you know, that's yep. kind of how the public There's a lot reacted. of people who are like, uh, well, there's a sizable group who went, will channel it through through this through song. This yeah. Thing, yeah. And uh, like you go to Scotland and talk about Margaret Thatcher or North about mm. Margaret Thatcher. And it's uh, it's very different to other pockets of the country in Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, this is this version of it where people who went, he didn't represent me or what I believe in or I saw him as as, as, as a weakening. Uh, of some sort of American standard, the 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 Patreon chat's going nuts, um, and so <laughs> um, Garrison says to himself, "I'm ashamed to be an American today." And whether that's about the shooting or that's about people's reactions to it, um, I don't think I was a bit of both. I will say, someone a father got shot in the head, yeah, beside his wife, yeah, maybe clapping's. Yeah. It's, quite, it's quite a visceral death, isn't it? Like, I think when you're kind of expecting someone to die, like Margaret Thatcher, like the Queen, yeah. because of their age oh, yeah. and they die naturally, yeah. there's, I think, more of a channel for a reaction to it. Sure. Because it's then like, okay, now that this person is dead, you feel like you can speak about them. Whereas if someone is shot like that, that's the murder. That's slightly different. That is more maybe don't applaud in outside your house. Like, is that long life well lived compared to. Yeah. stopped during stopped like brutally because the of highest someone point else. of your life yeah yeah i forgot how visceral the that uh was proper visceral the zapruder film oh yeah that's, that's, that's a real that's, 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 that's the real footage i've never footage. seen it until today that's the real footage what you're telling me that up close bit where you see where his, his face exp- bang. if it's that bit where it's like all like blurry yes that's when, just like, the, zoom like in the on the that piece act. of film stock yes that is someone's life ending. Yeah. On Holy film. shit. I yeah. thought they recreated that. No, no, that that, that is the, the actual Zapruder film. That's the... <sighs> I imagine that's one of the... Probably Did you see one of his the most face completely explode there? Yeah. Widely mm. like, watched. What the fuck? Yeah. I thought that was just... Because that's, that's, that's a scene I've Probably outside of like before. 9-11, yeah. As in like one person's specific uh, death. Yeah. Like because a lot of the time people shy away from showing... 
people dying, like real people dying on film or on TV and even those sorts of things. Even with the 9-11 footage, it's all very... You see individual people, but not up close. Whereas I guess because this was such a controversy and it came out later, I'm assuming, if the film is anything to go by, that this actual footage came out later than... Than the film? No, than... Oh yeah, because this, this is with hell. So a key yeah. plot yeah. point is that no one had seen that's this. This hadn't been released. Yeah, it is released at this point. Yeah. Is he the guy mm. who's standing on the statuary thing, recording it? Yes, he's the guy we see sort of standing on yeah, the yeah. Uh, embankment or whatever it is, recording it there. Yeah, I guess it's kind of then the one goes, who says, "I saw um, a flash of smoke." I don't know if I, I didn't catch it. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, he's that the guy is who, real footage. That's real footage. Oh, yeah. So um, there we are. Jesus. Uh, then we go to uh, there's so many cutaways to demonstrate people's reactions, and I said this film's primarily aimed, I think, at people who live through it or have strong cultural knowledge of it. And I said the closest things I can find, I've got my notes: nine eleven, Princess Diana. Yeah. What else? And I said in this country, I said the Queen dying, maybe. And I think it's that shock factor. I'm not sure. I remember where I was when when, when the Queen died, but it's weird to say this. The country didn't stop, which is funny because the country did stop. <laughs> but not in the same yeah. way that you just stopped your tracks of what happened. It was like, no, oh, yeah. it's finally uh, not finally like we're wait, like hooray, but finally like like she'd been she'd been ill for she'd a been while. ill for a while. When when mm. Liz Truss took over, we went, wow, the Queen looks rough, well, and, and we'd had a couple Phyllis of and we'd had well. a couple of scares as well. We had yeah. a couple of moments where it was like, oh, the Queen's been taken into hospital, and then she came out, but we're like, okay, it's not well at Christmas. You know, she's famously comes to Norfolk, doesn't she? To Sandringham, yeah, Sandringham, yeah. Well, there was um, some undercover police and stuff who, yeah. who come by into my garage sometimes um, and fill up the vehicles and stuff like that. And just had to be talking. I said, because uh, he carries a gun on him. It's not usual to see a policeman with a gun in Norfolk. And um, I was sort of asking him sort of different questions. And I said, oh, how is Queenie? You know, just as a off-the-wall conversation. And he went, honestly, not that great. Yeah. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, she's... I'll be very surprised if she makes next Christmas. Wow. And that was an honest conversation. And I was like, Jesus. So for me, when it happened, I was like, oh, I see. Yeah. Then we meet two guys having a drink. Guy Bannister, played by Ed Asner, who we've never had on the pod before. Nope. And Jack Martin, played by Jack Lemon, who we have had on the pod before. Yep. Uh, um, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. The black and white, dancey, yep. Chicago, no, um, uh, Marilyn Monroe. Yep. Some like it hot. Yep, some like it hot. Oh, He's the one like. who uh, embraces his female persona, but it's Daphne. Daphne, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, Bannister toasts, he says, Camelot in smithereens. And he starts talking about, he starts spouting out some pretty anti-black sentiments and anti-Jewish sentiments yeah. and just generally anti- uh, A lot of bigotry, isn't it? A lot of bigotry here. Yeah. And Martin claims, you've had too much to drink. We see the arrest of Lee Harvey Oswald, a lone gunman. We'll talk more about him later. And it turns out Bar- Bannister and Martin are investigators. And Bannister gets in there and tells Martin that your red eyes has me wondering about your loyalty. Did you pick up this reference about red eyes? Uh, no. no. No? So red, of course, is calm. Oh, wait, commie. Yeah, sorry. The fear of communism, yeah. and, and that's called McCarthyism. Oh, okay. So it was the idea that there are... Uh, remember we used to watch... You, 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 were, you were hanging out with me for a bit, and we used to watch the oh, Americans. the Americans. Yeah. Yes. So that's the fear, is that Soviet spies are among us. Yeah. And he says, you've been copying my files. And he's when he says, you're red eyes, he means you're a communist spy. Yep. 
Makes and sense. Now. It seems weird to attack, but he pistol whips him. I'm and like, flipping ass. He pistol whips him. <laughs> yeah. Then we meet properly. Well, let's meet Lee Harvey Oswald. Played by Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. That's who Gary Oldman was in this film. Yep. I yes. saw his the name man in is the a credits, chameleon. And I was like, which he looks, one he of looks, you is Gary Oldman? It's, a, it's an uncanny likeness. Yeah. It's an uncanny likeness. I need to look at a picture now because I couldn't figure it out. And when you out. think this guy has played Sid Vicious. <laughs> oh, and you think he played. You know, what was that guy's role you, in. Uh, and all sorts. What was that guy's role in, uh, in True Romance? Because he was the guy, oh, he's the, the drug dealer at the start yeah. who's all like, you know, we, yeah, dreadlock yeah. guy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's amazing how many things you can see him and go, oh, that was, because, like, was was Gary, he was in Oppenheim, Darkest, wasn't he? Darkest well? Hour. Darkest Hour, yeah. He played Churchill. Yeah. Uh, court, uh, he was also that horrible, f- he what was about look it? like Gary Oldman. No, he looks like Lee Harvey Oswald. According to Gary Oldman, very little was written about Oswald in the script. Stone gave him several plane tickets, a list of contacts, and told him to do his own research. Wow. <laughs> Oldman met with Oswald's wife and her two daughters to prepare for the role. It Great. is his sixth appearance on the pod. Ooh. Hitman's bodyguard. Yeah, that's the weird the one. The Dark Knight. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm not done on any of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the rest. Well, I mentioned one earlier. Shit. <laughs> he was the drug dealer. What was the name of that film? Oh, yeah. True Romance. True Romance. It's three of them. We had two more. Ethan, you and I were the only two who did this one film. Oh, bugger. Oh. Get off my plane. Oh, I was going to say it's probably Air Force One. Air Force One. Famously the worst computer-generated imagery that Ethan then forgot about when it was time to vote for the rest of It was that bad, I forgot. And then finally, um, we had uh, um, Sean Prasad on to talk about this one. Oh, of course. He's in Mank. He's in Mank. As Mank. Oh, as Mank. oh yeah. He's, yeah. Great. He's great in Mank. He's, he's great. I really like Gary I forgot Oldman. he was the Mank of Mank. Yeah. Yeah. Good. He's one of my favourites. Uh, well, that'll be interesting when we do the, uh, when we finally ever get around to doing the media madness and the best actors because I think, I, think I think you have to include him in the conversation. You could do it. You could mm. do Well, we don't do round tables anymore but we could have uh, done a Gary Oldman. Do you know why? You could, you could do Gary Oldman yeah, round yeah, tables. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know why I fell in love with Gary Oldman? Serious Black. Oh yeah, I forget he's there. He's yep. that. He's great. because yeah. I uh, the, the books. He's one of the serious. That's one of my favorite characters. But it, the, Gary my, Oldman's portrait. No, his, it's my favorite. It's episode. So good ice That changed my perspective on the Harry Potter films because I was kind of done with them, and then he came in, and, and I was he like, comes in. "Oh, yeah, oh yeah." And he's, then his 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 introduction and his departure from that series both mean so some much. Some of the best yeah. acting in the entire franchise, and just some very some very of, good acting. Not a very long list. It's not, no, but it's some very very good acting. Because uh, I mean, tell you what, like I mean, even when you get. A guy like uh, 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 um, oh, who plays Snape? Alan Rickman. That's it. When you got Rickman, now Rickman's good, but Rickman's playing against the kids almost all the time, all right? The time, yeah. But so's yeah. Oldman, and Oldman's just like nailing it. Yeah, yeah. If uh, now, Snape's restrictive because you got to kind of be that's kind of your character. Very good at that. Yeah. But if I Gary Oldman's one of the people, that if I met Gary Oldman, I would be a bit like Gary Oldman's like sixty percent Jack Sparrow. Yes. Yeah. He's a good he's eye actor. Chaotic energy. Chaotic, just, but not to the cartoony mm. side of it. Chaotic, but kind. Georgia, yep. if, you, if you attached, met Gary Oldman, to that. you'd never know. And it, <laughs> and, 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 and it was a great swerve because you kind of think that he, they're leading you one way and actually it turns out he's all right. He's yeah. just, he's chaotic kind. Yeah. Uh, he claims this is a setup because he used to live in the Soviet Union. Garrison's wife looks concerned. I'm like, hey, it's not like anyone threw a pad at you. 
Did you recognise Meet Liz Garrison? Did you recognise <laughs> his wife? Her? Yeah, that's who she was. Eat shit, Carrie White. Carrie White. Because I, I saw again, I saw Sissy Spacek in the credits, and I went, "Who is she playing?" I didn't. How did you notice she was doing the exact same accent that she did, in <laughs> Carrie? Because Costner, for all his things, didn't even. Uh, you can try Southern accent. Nope. Nope. He's going <laughs> to play Kevin Costner. Me and I'm going to tell Tom Cruise when he comes through. He's the same thing. We don't. We don't do accents. Says his wife. Sissy Spacek was his wife. Yeah. So the Garrison's nanny continues a trend in the movie so far, a black character saying JFK was a champion of their community. Will you allow me a small history lesson? Go for it. Hell yeah. I love history. So it seems so simple to do this from Time Magazine. It seems so simple to John Kennedy during the 1960 campaign. If elected, he promised he would end racial discrimination in federally aided housing, quote, by a stroke of the presidential pen. I love this. After because he basically takes that black vote, and it's a huge part of why he's able to beat Nixon. Yeah, which makes people who would be like these two guys drinking to go. Kennedy sold the country out. Yep, and embrace the black vote to get into office. So if you're a bigoted American, yep. in the 1960s, you're not which, really a fan of which Kennedy. There, which there was a lot of at that time. There'd be a lot of yeah, which yeah, we yeah. saw. Um, but months went by, and he hadn't signed anything. So black Americans grew impatient and took to mailing him pens as a sarcastic reminder. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's brilliant. He mustn't have a pen. Clearly, that's the problem. <laughs> that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, newsman questioned him about the delay at several press conferences. On a presidential visit to Los Angeles, the local chapter of the Congress of Racial Equality greeted him with the placards, pick up the pen, Mr. President. <laughs> So, so, but just the idea that he did, and eventually he does sign it, but he was seen as a champion of greater black equality and freedoms. Yeah. Not equality, but a move in that direction. A, a move, yeah. That's yeah, my yeah. favorite kind of protest as well, or like, like wanting to make your voice heard is when yeah. you do something in a sarcastic book like manner that it causes no harm. But it's just the protest best of type of mis- so, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to send you loads of pens. So Garrison goes, hang on. Oswald spent some time in New Orleans, and he's the DA for New Orleans. Yep. So I'm is a DA district attorney. Oh, district attorney. So he's yeah. basically the one who decides which which case, his office decides which cases go to trial, and typically he would try the most high-profile ones. So what does it is what an elected mean? trial? You go to you go to trial. So, but what does he do in that? He's job? the lawyer. He tries it. He's he's the lawyer who provides the argument for the state. For the for the Your Honor, I believe this about my, my for the prosecution. Yeah. He's trying to put people behind bars. That's what he wants to people to go to prison. Okay. That's that's yeah, it's not his job to I, defend people, yeah. I my knowledge of any legal system is No, the government's very, job very is low. always to go, you've done something wrong, let's put you behind bars. That's why all the best lawyers tend to be defense lawyers because they can sell themselves out to, for money. Mm. Because the money's obviously gonna be greater defending people. Yeah, because rich people even don't want to know, go to jail, even though when you know they're guilty. Yeah, right? so that's that's the hard part is you sell your soul. Yeah, because even if you know, even if they come up to you and say, "Yeah, I I I killed the kid," yeah, you have to defend them as if you because they have the right to the very best of your ability. Yeah, and you have to make that judgment within yourself. I'm okay. Can with I that. live with that? Yeah. So yeah. So but typically, there's a million movies about it. But but yeah, typically really hot shot good crown prosecutors or that'll be british uh state prosecutors mm. uh who would work for the government and try and clean the streets and all that stuff make yeah. the world a better place it's the it's the it's the uh, seduction of the money and the lifestyle and the 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 affluence of the defense of, of defending rich people who 
someone who will, will of course be guilty. Could you be a defense lawyer but only take people you thought were innocent? Uh, you can make the call of which it's up to you which which clients you want to do, but you're going to yeah. do that if if, if you're a partner, right? So if you if you're one of the bosses, um, if you're an employee, you, just you get can't told to do what you, you you are defending this case. Wow, yeah. So and people actively choose to go into that career, yeah, because it's it's extremely financially lucrative. lucrative. Mm. Yeah, very. But you well, look, well, look, well, well. look at the house he lives in and stuff, and look at the what yeah. are they? He's defending the state, yeah. As such, and look at the house he's he doing okay, in, but he's, he's not okay. yeah. But imagine what the others would be doing yeah. defending someone who is guilty. There's a million movies about it, but uh, there's a great one. Maybe we'll do one day called Fracture, which is uh, Ryan Gosling, and he's on the verge. He's about to jump. I don't think I'd like that. Well, it's more about a court case that's about Anthony Hopkins killing his wife. Oh, and the question is, will he get him? The subplot is he's going to do this last case before he goes and, and works. To the dark side. Before he goes to the dark side, I'm, I'm going to do this last case, and it looks like it's an open and closed case, and, and it's instead not. it's not. Ooh. So it's, it's a really clever. It's a. I love. I love courtroom TV. I love courtroom movies. I love a trial movie. Mm. It, 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 it's because it's, it's an excuse for big dialogue and then a big decision at the end. Where you get yes or no. It's just the structure of it. It's just right up my alley. And there's always a monologue in there. Oh yeah, <laughs> and great character acting, and yeah. you can mm. do you can do really basic exposition because you're asking them a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. That was, that was the best part of Daredevil on Netflix was the courtroom stuff, not the superhero stuff. Uh, let's talk about someone who wasn't a superhero. Clay Shaw, played by Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. So the old sheriff in No Country for Old Men was the guy on trial. Mm, yes. George's face is just gone. <laughs> it's, it's that this ugly movie, hair he's this got. This movie is like George's kryptonite because everybody's somewhat in this. And he's also the guy from uh, Fugitive as well who yeah. chases him down. Or one of the men in black. Oh, the men in black, yeah. Yeah. What, the this, one this film Smith? Yes. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> he's also the guy from No Country. Is the, uh, maybe you didn't realize he's probably the same guy. No, I didn't. No. No. I don't think you're this, this, this truly is like Oppenheimer because it's full of just every single actor you can yep. think of at that period and of time because there there are gonna be more. I love this man. I think he does an absolutely brilliant job in this film. Tommy Lee Jones was originally considered for another role that was cut from the film, so they gave him this instead. What was the role? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, in preparation, Jones interviewed Garrison on three different occasions, and talk- Garrison was a busy man. He talked to everybody. Do you think he they paid they paid him for for his in- being interviewed? I imagine some the book that was written had something. He must have been paid for that in the first place, mm. and then optioning the movie, he would have got something for it. Clearly, I think. Uh, ironically, one of the reasons that. Uh, uh, sorry, he also talked to other people who had worked with Shaw and knew Shaw. Ironically, one of the reasons why it is known that Clay Shaw was a homosexual is that FBI director J. Edgar Hoover kept a file on Shaw and had the FBI spy on his romantic life. Why does J. Edgar Hoover... J. Edgar Hoover's name? famous because he was a cross-dresser in the 50s, and that was... Oh, that might, 50s, that might sorry, be 60s, I guess. J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover. Wow. Head of the FBI was, was, a, uh, was a cross-dresser. Yeah, it's, wow. like, it's like the one fact everybody knew about J. Edgar Hoover. I, I always knew I that. couldn't have told you it was FBI or CIA, but I knew he was a cross-dresser. See, I didn't know that. I yeah. was told, um, and I thought, that J. Edgar Hoover was the biggest criminal of all. And yet he's the one who headed up the FBI. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm lucky Eric, to make he sure. a nice guy at all. Right here. Uh, I feel like if you're the head of something like that, you've got Oh, a, it's because of the limbo, some, baby. There's something there. Like, you've got, you've got to have some sort of, of that justice. many people. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay, I've got here. That's where I know him from. It's a well-known myth is that he was a secret cross-dresser who wore pumps as he directed the most powerful investigative. Uh, I'm wear pumps directing the <laughs> ABC here. News, Diego Hoover, gay or just a man who had sex with men? So <laughs> there's, a, there's a bunch of stuff. So, um, yeah, so the idea that at least he was a cross-dresser was at least a very popularly held belief. Belief, yeah. Yeah. Uh, more on that go check it out folks uh so meet Susie cox who works in the uh is this the lady who like is in the yep. like, is the she's great i like she's her. great do you recognize her from anything nope she did you ever watch big bang theory yeah she's sheldon's mom yep oh okay she's, and she's also in roseanne she's in roseanne yeah, 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 she's, yeah. she's aunt jackie yeah yeah she's great she's also uh, in a movie called ladybird if you ever get a chance to watch that oh is she ladybird's mom yeah yeah. Oh, I love she's Lady, Bird. Good Lady Bird's a great movie. Uh, Ellie hated that. The great girl is <laughs> really as well. I watched it and I loved that. She went, I hated that. <laughs> you can imagine the way Ellie would deliver that yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very Marmite That's film, it. though, because I had the same reaction with friends. It was like three of us and two two loved it, and the other one was like, this is terrible. I, I think Greta Gerwig just does that, though. Like, yeah, yeah. I just need to see she Little Women. I was such a fan of, of Lady Bird. Mm. And that's why I was excited. Like, I had hope for Barbie like, as, a, as a film, and I was like, I oh, should have stopped there. It. That was Knuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we also meet a guy called Numa Bertel, played by Wayne Knight. Oh, Wayne I Knight, cheered when I saw him. Newman. Um, he's the, the guy who dies guy. in Jurassic Park. Yeah, he's the guy who dies in Jurassic oh, Park. Yeah, yeah. He's the, the chicken man in Toy Story 2. Would you believe it's Susie? Uh, sorry, it's, it's Laurie Metcalf's second appearance in the pod. Oh, hang on, not on the toilet. He's the guy who's um gets. Yep, that's him. Yeah. Spurred in the face, didn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, Su- uh, uh. Susie, uh, sorry, Laurie Metcalf was in Toy Story. Oh, oh okay. she's Andy's mom, isn't she? I think so. And this is Wayne Knight's fourth appearance on the pod. Wow. We said Jurassic Park. Oh, he was um. He? He's the big fat guy. He's 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 also okay, yeah. in the control room of that. Um, uh, You're still thinking Jurassic Park. It's the same. Am movie. I? Yeah. Oh god, because we had the same conversation like a month or two. I was right, you don't know this one, Liam. He's in Dirty Dancing. Oh yeah, of course he yeah. is. He's the guy on the megaphone. That's him. Yep. He's the guy. Is he the? He's the guy that owns the place. No, 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 no. no. He's not. The guy's okay, bald. He's one <laughs> telling the jokes. And oh, getting the campers yeah, yeah, together yeah, and everything. Yeah. 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 He's also the actor who uh, is working for the for the commies in Hail Caesar. That was, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's revealed that Oswald's rifle killed Kennedy. Susie thinks that wraps it up, but uh, Wayne Knight's not as convinced. And they all work for Garrison, as does Bill Broussard, the guy who gets swayed by the FBI later in the film. Oh, yeah. Michael Rooker. Yes, yeah. it's Yondu himself. Yeah. yeah. Days of Thunder. Yondu, blue, the blue guy, the blue guy, Galaxy. The blue guy from Guardians. Yondu! Yeah, Yondu. You need to yeah. bring your father, boy, but he <laughs> weren't your daddy. I'm Harry freaking Poppins. It was weird seeing him with hair. Um, and look, yeah, Days of Thunder Days is the other Thunder, one that we have yeah, him on, yeah. yeah. Robin's racing. He's rusty. Yeah, he, he's great. Remember when they raced in the wheelchairs? Oh, and also there's a thunder. They can't. They, it's like the, the old crotchety guy, and he get, he gets in the accident, and he can't, he quits, so he gets he gets Clay, uh, Clay to ride his car. Cool. So it's Cole. a driver's car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they like they get rental cars and they smash and they those smash up because they can't they do anything without racing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then Nicole Kidman's like, "You guys gotta." I don't know. Why I'm giving her like a sassy southern accent. <laughs> She's like, "You guys gotta figure yourselves out." Let me out of the cock hole. Let me out of the cock hole. 
Go listen to our episode of Days of Thunder. It's a fun brilliant, one. Brilliant. We were also much more uh, efficient with our time than we are these days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he said that. I was about to go, look how color coordinated I am. Like another. Yeah. Another <laughs> diver. Uh, then then you thought, I'll, I'll say how I was going to bring and it up because that's different than bringing it up. <laughs> Indeed. Um, we see that Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, sorry. We said it was a third principal. Lee Harvey Oswald had photos with a rifle and there's allegations of a homosexual incident with David Ferry. Remember that name for later. We meet Marina Oswald, played by Beta Posniak, who ends up not being much of a character in the end. But she says Lee was a good husband. And they bring out Oswald, and he's promptly shot. And there goes the truth. How much... See, as someone who can't tell people apart when they're different people, when they're supposed to be the same people, how much of this film is Gary Oldman and how much is actual footage? At the very beginning, oh, I think... Because uh, I genuinely At the very beginning, know. when you see the footage being kicked about... No, they're really close. They are. They, it's it, it's they, an uncanny likeness. I, yeah, yeah, see, yeah. I looked at some pictures of them next to each other. Yeah. But it's there uncanny are, likeness. There are some of the real Harvey Oswald. I can say, if, if, if the footage looked... The footage looked grainy. It was Lee Harvey Oswald. If the footage looked clean, it was Gary Oldman. Okay. And if it was the a entirety, photo, it was definitely Lee the Harvey entirety Oswald. of when the, we get to the third act and they're recreating his steps. Mm. That's all Gary. Uh, that's all Gary Oldman. Okay. Because they wouldn't have shot him like driving Doing a truck or anything like that. that. No, okay. you wouldn't have. But if it's stuff that's like old schooly like news footage, stuff that it was that's going one. to be Lee Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Do they? I never. I didn't stay around to watch the credits. Did they credit the real people as well? No, because I, I think they credit it by the fact that it's those people's names. They, Every, they, everybody's think, aware it's stock footage. They did credit their names. I'm pretty sure they did. Well, they said Lee Harvey Oswald as himself. Because uh, well, he's not playing himself. It's just old just, footage you're repurposing. No, you wouldn't do it. You'd, but you'd reference the footage, wouldn't you, I suppose? But the footage has been referenced yeah. by the fact that it's in the movie and you're calling him Lee Harvey Oswald. But not that it's real, because if it's a film, it should be... Everybody knows it's real. Not necessarily. Your 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 audience. No, would the know. audience knows, but I think just on a, from a legal standpoint, if we're talking plagiarism, no, it's, it's, it's stock footage. No, it's, it's public. Oh, it's, footage. it's public. It's public footage. It's yeah, all public. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Then it's okay then. Yeah, like I archival know all... stuff. Yeah, that's strange. No, if I play, so okay, let's say we're watching "It's a Wonderful Life." Yeah. Right. And it was, look, Daddy, every time a bell rings, a, te- a teacher, an angel gets his wings. A teacher yeah, gets his yeah. wings, if only. That's right, that's right. Every movie that quotes that, whether it's Home Alone, whether Gremlins. it's whatever, it does not quote Jimmy Stewart as an actor in the movie, but it does make reference they used a clip from It's a Wonderful Life. That's yeah. what gets the reference, not Jimmy yeah, Stewart. Yeah, that's true, that's true. So yeah. the, the fact that it's stock footage, would that have got a reference then? That's what I'm asking. Uh, they might have said archives used from NBC right, studio. Yeah. It, it, it would be like that because news footage is different to a film. Right. Because a film, you know, 500 people have worked on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we need to give that a credit as opposed to yeah. stock news footage. Yeah. So did Walter Cronkite get a, a thing for his news? Inclu- I don't think so. I think they just included that. And we all go, they've paid a licensing fee to use that. That covers that. Right. That's probably like a, like a line that would be like, with thanks to blah, blah, blah for. Yeah. Because they do like BBC news footage, if like for a film or whatever. So she's like, "Thanks to BBC for the use of footage." Two thousand four. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I didn't mean to tangent us. Meet Jack Ruby, played by. This is Bill Murray's brother, Brian Doyle Murray. Do you know the funny thing? I watched it and I went. It's very unlike him. He usually does comedies. Yeah, and I was like. Is that Bill Murray? No, it can't be. No. But that's but I know. It's his third appearance. But I kept looking at him. I kept thinking, but he sounds a bit like Bill Murray. And then I found out. Do, do, you, know what, do you know what the other two films are? Scrooged? Yep. <laughs> I'm going to buy Bill Murray movies. Keep, keep going down that hole. Oh, really? Yep. Um, You're on stripes, have you? 
No, no we ain't done that. No, no. Ghostbusters. I got you, babe. Oh, oh Groundhog Day. Yeah. Really? Oh. Yeah, he's the guy who reads out like whether Puxatani Phil saw a shadow oh, or not. Of course, yeah. yes. Uh, the Murder of Oswald by Jack Ruby. So this actually happens, George. So they bring out Oswald, uh-huh. and Ruby does go up and shoot him. He does, yeah. So there goes your, you can't even cross him. He can't tell you what he knows and what he doesn't know under oath. Like, that will never happen now. That is, surely, did when this actually happened, did people go, did people kind of start to question that when this They happens? just thought Ruby was a patriotic American. Yeah, because he shot Kennedy. It was a lot helping. less cynical of a time because you didn't realize you'd been manipulated for yeah. so long. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um... You know, we didn't go on YouTube and check out, you know, conspiracy theories or, you know. Um, the Murder of Oswald by Jack Ruby was filmed on location in the actual basement garage of Dallas City Hall where the real-life shooting took place. So they re- so this is a recreation of that. Is there actually footage? No, there's that? footage. There was a, the, pe- there's both. Pe- people saw it live, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they do a little bit of both so that, you know, if you're Brian uh, Doyle Murray, you probably want to do the scene where you shoot him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Garrison decides he wants to speak to David Ferry anyways. Meet David Ferry, played by... David Ferry. Joe Pesci. Yes. I'm Joe trying to Pesci think of the worst eyebrows. Do you remember... Uh, the eyebrow guy. No, I did recognize him. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The worst so eyebrows. The guy with the bad eyebrows on the toupee, yeah. Yeah. Stone originally wanted James Woods to play this role. I like James Woods. But oh, Woods I wanted to play the lead. Oh, I don't think Woods could, Woods, done. Woods could, but he's probably a bit too old at this point oh, to do that part. But he was never really when he tried to be he's a leading not, man. He he wasn't. I'm not sure Costner's what the film would end up being isn't what they think it's going to be at the start. You just no. read the script and go, yeah, "I'll play yeah. this." You yeah, don't know how yeah. big of a movie it's going to be. This also yeah. isn't particularly the lead role in this. Isn't a standard lead role, is it? It's like a almost like a, what would usually be a side character has been elevated to yeah but you read the script he's clearly the lead oh okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um stone approached two other people who turned down the role uh one who was a green goblin later in life oh, oh, um, oh wow um, DeHaan. willem dafoe willem yes. dafoe uh, and the saints. other being someone who Liam hates because he slept with Michelle Pfeiffer. Ugh, John Malkovich. Oh, John Malkovich oh. would have been terrible been as David. Say, Actually, hang on. As, 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 as a not at all closeted homosexual who's. He's got kind of, that timidness. He, no, he can him. do this. He could. Yeah. The self loathing, he could do that. Yeah. Oh, oh I, I hate myself a lot. Uh, yeah. Joe Pesci once said he never said he wanted. Sorry, Joe Pesci once said that he never wanted to work with Oliver Stone again because he felt Stone was a very demanding director. Well, Scorsese is not. <laughs> Apparently not. Wow. Ferry denies any knowledge of Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, he says, hey, no, no, no. We drove to Houston to go ice skating, me and some friends, young friends. And then we hunted geese, but it turns out he didn't have any guns. And he's detained. And he's like, why are you detaining me? And he's like, he just says, a matter of fact, because like, well, I don't believe your story. Yeah. There we go. Uh, we get stock footage of the funeral of JFK. That's real as well, yeah? Yeah, and we get a picture of his kids saluting the camera. Oh. So this is that generation's version of Harry walking behind the coffin yeah, with, yeah, with, yeah. With, with, with mummy on the card. Yeah. It, mm. JFK salute, Jr. saluting the camera, and JFK Jr. would die young as well in he a plane was, crash. Plane crash, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Oh, is he named after his dad, was he? Yes. Uh, Ferry's then released by the FBI, who make it known publicly they didn't hold him for questioning. The New Orleans DA did. <laughs> And that's the end of the, the trail's gone cold. So Garrison tells everyone to get on with your lives. And we yeah. get a Chiron three years later. Funny how he can't let it go, though, isn't it? 
Well, it feels like this 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 next character we meet is really important. Mm. So we meet; he's on a plane, and we meet Senator Russell B. Long, played by Walter Matthau. He, First appearance on the pod. Yeah, but he's also a guy that worked with Jack Lemmon quite a lot. I got else. So he and Jack Lemmon were many movies together. Yeah, and it's the only time they shared a movie without sharing the screen together. Wow. Yeah, that's nice. I didn't I didn't recognize Walter Matthau in this. I did not. No, until I saw the credits afterwards. So. Um, he says, man, this is a crazy time. He says, now boys look like girls. And I'm like, dude would not like 2023. <laughs> uh, he also feels that he would Oswald as a lone gunman theory is impossible and that three experts tried to replicate the act of him shooting and couldn't do it. Is this the guy who goes up to the roof with our friend and does the shooty shooty timey nope timey. this is just an old senator who he meets on the plane and they're drinking a lot of drinks together yeah just okay. drinking he also foreshadows the magic bullet theory and is the first one to say out loud oswald was right he was a patsy mm-hmm. and this is what sort of spurs garrison to pick up the baton again and run with it okay i remember it now so at home with the garrisons it turns out is his readings he's reading what he's reading is the warren commission and the warren commission is a um government investigation to Kennedy's death after he's shot. It's like the White Commission in Kerry. Sure. Yeah. Where they, they like interview people but it's all fabricated and mm. they all change what they were what they actually yeah, are. I suppose so yeah. Mm. And it's the it's the definitive thing. And they go, see, one person, it was all Oswald and they just sort of put a stamp on it. And the American public goes, okay, because why would our government lie to us? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. he do, he does it oh, when did when did Carrie come out? I wonder if he, he might he must Carrie came out in the late seventies. He must have drew, drawn on that, I imagine Probably. because basically that's what that that says in that. So we it, find out... This couldn't have possibly happened. You're all wrong. We found out that Oswald was interrogated without counsel for 12 hours, and yet no one recorded a word of his testimony during that time. It's weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We also find out there was testimony about people hearing gunshots from a grassy knoll out front and not the book depository, which was behind them. So his wife gives him one more hour to read. He continues to read the Warren Commission. We see the trial of the Warren Commission, the flashbacks there before us. But we see it's causing marital issues between the garrisons. And Jim's He's throwing himself into his work. That's yeah. why, isn't it? And Jim figures out that Lee Harvey Oswald must have been intelligent because they made him do a Russian exam. He's like, you don't do a Russian exam if you're just a regular soldier. No. You only do that if you're something special like counterintelligence. And his wife's like, she wakes her up to tell her this, and she couldn't care less. It's like, what are your interests on, like, Match.com? His is like conspiracy theories, and hers is like taking the children to Easter egg hunts. (laughs) She says, go back to sleep. He says, I've been sleeping for three years. Yeah. Sunday morning walks. Jim and his boys go to the offices of Guy Bannister, the ex-FBI man. We saw Pistol Whip, the guy, earlier in the film. He's now dead, but we find out he was big at setting up infiltration into communist circles and bringing them down from the inside. And it turns out that Bannister and Lee Harvey Oswald shared an office space. Oh, this is where the buildings... Same building, but different different doors, different different numbers. Yeah. But but same space. Same space. Two entrances to the same place. Yep, yep. So, uh, Garrison, he, he uses the the address on the the flyers, doesn't? He? Yes, he does. So it doesn't link to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garrison argues that, and it's, it's right in the middle of like the there's the FBI, but there's the CIA. CIA. There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Garrison argues Oswald wouldn't spend his time in the heart of this if he really was a communist at heart. He's clearly doing counterintelligence. Yep. Uh, they interviewed Jack Martin down at the dog track. This is our some like a hot guy. And they said, "Why did he get beat?" 
and he mentions there was another attempted invasion of, of Cuba that was going to happen, Operation Mongoose. Mm. But Kennedy shut down the planning for the invasion. So he says Oswald met with Bannister semi-regularly. And um, there was a guy, though, who was someone bigger, and you knew he was bigger because Bannister kissed his ass, which must mean he had money. And this was Clay Bertrand. And then Jack gets scared of what he said and bails. And Costner's like, hey, Jack, no one knows what we're talking about. And it's the first of like a million guys going, you are so naive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, these people can do anything. Anything. And then we meet Dean Andrews Jr. Dean Andrews Jr. The guy who was eating crab meat. Oh, George, did you recognize who the big fat guy was? No. He's no? a Canadian. He's Canada, oh, yeah. Zone. Yeah, John Candy. Yeah. John Candy himself. <laughs> what, the guy from Cool Runnings? Yeah, that was him. Yeah, yeah. wearing the glasses. I can't figure out. It's a second appearance in the pod. Do you know what the first one is? Did I say it already? Uh, Home Alone. Yeah, Home, Home Alone. Alone. He's the second Home yeah. Alone alumnus in this. Yeah, Him yeah, and Joe yeah. Pesci. Yeah. Remember in Home Alone, he's the guy playing the clarinet in the van who gives yeah. her a ride? Yeah. He's good. I poker, like poker, 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 poker. He's going to get him to uh, Scranton. <laughs> <laughs> John Candy. The electricity. He's sweating the whole time, and apparently the sweat's real. Wow. Candy was so <laughs> scared. He was so scared at the idea of appearing in a dramatic film with actors like Gary Oldman and Donald Sutherland. He sweated profusely through all the scenes. Wow. I don't blame him. He's definitely, he's got a choice in how he's performing. I've gotten my notes. His Louisiana accent is horrendous. Is that why it's he wears sunglasses as well? To try and hide the fear. Maybe. <laughs> he even wore them on the stand later in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a graphic match as he lights up a cigarette, and it's him then. And then so it's a flashback that's been sort of disguised or linked by the fact that it's the same action in both movies. Uh, sorry, same both scenes. And he claims he never met Bertrand, and then we cut to him talking to Bertrand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we get this omniscient viewpoint that he, that obviously we know more than Garrison does. And I guess that's supposed to spur us on that he's on the right path, and he's, but also could frustrate us that like no one's telling you the truth, man. Oh yeah. no, I really appreciated this because it, it meant that I was I could tell that I was actually following it correctly because the film was telling me what I should what it was like going. You are right. This is what is happening. I, I found that so helpful that it kept cutting backwards and forwards to this sort of stuff. I, I also found it quite endearing. Garrison tells Andrews he knows he's lying and will call him out in front of a grand jury. And Andrews, for a moment, Candy gets up. Oh, not yet. He, he says, hey, if I give you the name that you're after, they'll kill me. And as he does this, it's a close-up on just his mouth. It's a really weird choice. I don't know why he did it. But then all of a sudden... Uh, he goes, hey, look, you're a mouse fighting a gorilla. <laughs> and then Candy loses it for a moment. And I'm here for it. Yeah. Candy actually gets angry. And I'm like, oh, I've never seen John Candy angry on ca- uh, John Candy angry. <laughs> Hard to say that <laughs> on camera. But I was like, I'm really impressed. I would like to have seen more John Candy serious roles. I think maybe I was more nervous. angry in real life. John Candy was a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just pissing because you said you'd never seen him angry on camera. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him naked on camera either. It doesn't mean I've seen him naked in real life. You might have done. I, 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 well, he is Canadian. We do all hang out in the same I spot. See, have you not got a WhatsApp group? That's the worst thing. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I got a friend, Sally from Canada. Do you know Sally? And I'm like, where does she live? I remember I was going from Phoenix to Toronto. And I had a friend who goes, oh, my friend's got a, can get me tickets so I can come with you guys on this trip. 
And we're like, oh, and the guy running the trip was a guy called Junior, because everybody who's Samoan's name is Junior. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it just seems to be, I, you say Junior to Samoan barbecue, like 15 heads turn around. <laughs> and uh, they went, uh, so he went, oh, Canada. That was my nickname. He went, you tell, you go, come on, what's, uh, you, you, you find out, you know, let me know, because he doesn't know. Yeah. So he said, so, okay, I said, well, okay, where can you fly? He said, I can't fly to Toronto. It's a different airport. I said, where's your airport? She went Calgary, and they went. So he went. How close is that? I said, you know where we are. And he goes, yeah. I said, you you, you know Louisiana. And he went, oh. He said, have a nice trip. <laughs> <laughs> she did not come with us. I can imagine. Um, then we go to Louisiana State Penitentiary, and we meet Willie O'Keefe, our male prostitute. I'm just going to keep asking yeah. George of these questions because I want to see if she noticed who they were. Yeah. Did you recognize this guy? No. Have you ever seen Footloose? No. Oh, okay. Do you look at, do you like phone ads in the UK? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who Kevin Bacon is. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. What a ledge. I know, yeah. <laughs> I used to hate, he used to do his advert that was like, that's a lot of data, a shed load of data. And I'd get mad going, he doesn't speak like this. He's using British words. If I have a real. That's the point. If I have a. Yeah, but it, so he can come across as accessible to British people or no, he so comes he across take, as. So we can take the piss out of him. Oh, is it they're that clever? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if they are or not. But my biggest pet peeve are people using someone else's vernacular. So there's a guy on a, on a wrestling channel I follow called Wrestle Talk. Mm-hmm. And he's Canadian. And now he's using terms like, oh, what a ledge, because he's moved to the UK to join the Wrestle Talk team. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you don't. That's, you don't not, do that's that. not what you say. You haven't, you, haven't, you haven't been here long. I've been here a decade and I'm barely using some of these things. Yeah. It's like when the kids start to say new things and you're like, I can't use that. I'm too old. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's my pet peeve is when people adopt other people's idioms when they're not yours. You're just trying to fit in. Yeah, there's yeah. no need for that. Especially when it crosses national lines. I'm like, that's not your word. No. Just, just, just Well, I do find there's a lot of young kids like um – saying a lot of Americanisms these days. What you it's a lot have of said, AAV, isn't it? You wouldn't have had in our generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think we also have a situation where our our circle of entertainment is shared. Yeah, it's much more global now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The music? Yeah. The UK charts, the US charts, they're kind of irrelevant anymore. It's just yeah, yeah, everything's out every, there on every, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You turn on the TV, you don't have to turn on the TV. Everybody's watching YouTube. Everybody's got Netflix, so we're sharing mm-hmm. the same programs there. So Stranger Things is popular everywhere. Yeah. So the terms they use will be used everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. So I do think that's reducing that. It is becoming less and less, yeah. There's less original British content. There's less original Canadian content. We're all sharing the same diet. Yeah, we are, aren't we? Yeah. Um, Despite working only four days in the film, I'm calling this four days of Kevin Bacon. Uh, (laughs) Kevin Bacon credits it with revitalizing his career and referring to it as a turning point. Um, due to a simply large cast, which included many notable stars, the film became a key hub in the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon game. <laughs> Another is Animal House, uh, which also starred Donald Sutherland, for the matter. I like Donald Sutherland. Some versions of the game prohibit the use of this in Animal House for this reason. So the game, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, is this. Name any actor you want, and the game is that you can get it back to Kevin Bacon within six movies. Oh, for six movies. Well, so you go can ahead. get back Pick in someone. six people, can't you? I mean, I can get to Kevin Bacon in six people. I think that's the concept, yeah, is that anybody can get the six series. Of Kevin, so. Me, Sean Passard, Gary Oldman, Kevin Bacon. That's four. 
That's okay. cool, isn't it? So I'm fine. I know, no, I know, I know Sean Prasad. I've spoken to Sean Prasad. Sean Prasad thinks my questions are, uh, are pretty good. I have Sean Prasad's email. Sean Prasad loved it when I compared his writing to the Muppets. <laughs> Sean Prasad is an absolute gentleman and. Here's the drinking game, Sean Prasad. When we say his name, you have to say Sean Prasad. <laughs> you know this, hey, Sean Prasad is a Gary Oldman. Did you know Sean Prasad and Shishane Prasad yeah. have got a uh, They're doing a, TV. a job writing for TV? Yeah, so cool. That's very cool. That is Manifested cool. it. Because I said when they were on, I said, if there's any justice, and I hope Shipwreck continues, but if there's any justice, they will do. you will yeah. get, and I didn't necessarily mean the two of them specifically, but I did not mean the two of them specifically yeah. either. There's a big break coming. And the yeah. fact that they're getting a chance to write professionally, because I said I love their I love their written voice. I love it's what they do. Yeah. yeah. They got a great writing style. Sean and Sinead are and they're just lovely as well. Yep. Yeah. Brother sister. Yeah. Well, I reckon they should write a show about these podcasters <laughs> in England. <laughs> their podcast is doing really well as well at the moment. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. That's nothing, really good. nothing but the best. Go check them out. Absolutely. Uh, at Shipwreck Comedy. Uh, go check out what they've done. Uh, we had them on the talk about... Um, headless. Headless. We had Sean on for Qu- Quite a few people about Headless. Mank. Yeah, yeah so there's... Uh, we're really quite, uh, quite happy to uh, see their success. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, where are we at here? So, uh, Kevin Bacon. Yes. He was brought by David Ferry to Clay Bertram for the purposes of sexual activity. Do you know what's really weird? Watching Kevin Bacon and Tommy Lee Jones get flirty with each other. Yeah. That that was a strange concept. Uh, Willie made Lee Harvey Oswald at Ferry's place and talks about Ferry being obsessed with killing Castro. And we properly meet Clay Bertram by Tommy Lee Jones. Fourth appearance in the pod. Who? Tommy Lee Jones? Yep. Uh, uh, Fugitive? Yep. Um, we named all three films. We're trying to convince Georgia where she knew yes, from. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I heard uh, Fugitive. you say something, Ethan? I said No Country. No Country. And yeah. finally, we, we, did this last week as well. we oh. are the... Men in Black. Black. That's right. <laughs> huh? Have we done Men in Black? Yeah, we did. Wow. Yeah, that was the first did. one we did after... After the slap, that was the first Will Smith film that we did. Because um, he didn't like the picture with the skin falling off it. That's it. That's right. Yep. Um, so Vincent D'Onofrio. Ferry is going on about how they want to kill Kennedy. And it's a little bit Tommy from Goodfellas. It is. When he gets drunk and he's ranting, it's yeah, a little bit Tommy. Yeah, yeah. They talk about embarrassing Castro by making his beard fall out. Legitimately a plan the U.S. government tried to do. Really? They tried to make, yeah, because it would make him look ridiculous in front it of the is. world. Fidel Castro was the yeah. leader of Cuba. Okay, and America he was a military Cuba, leader who, yeah, because he yeah, he, an army, didn't he? Cause he he takes the army, overthrows the government, and institutes communist rule. Right, and so communists meant and Americans no. like that. Ideologically, it was who is in the post World War II. It turns into who's communist and who's not communist, and those two competing ideologies basically dominate the second half of the twentieth century. Isn't communism weird? Because like on paper. Like, should work, doesn't work. Will never work because humans won't allow it to work. Humans, by their very nature, don't want... It doesn't, it doesn't account for ambition or laziness. No, and that's why it won't ever work. On paper, fucking let me, brilliant. Let me, let me give you an example. A really basic one, right? Mm. My work pays you to come to work. They also pay you when you're sick. Yeah. Do Are there people who probably pull a sickie and that. get paid yeah. for it? Yeah. Are there people who show up to work no matter what? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In principle, we would all be... No, people are allowed to be sick. Of course people are allowed to be sick. Yeah. But are there people who I think 
actively, and this is at any school I've worked at. Yeah, yeah. Are there people who take a day off when it's like, yeah, I can take this off because you know I've got a day to take who's, off. Yeah. Who's yeah? I haven't missed that much time. No one's gonna no one's gonna bother. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it does happen, and that's where communism, in essence, falls down, is because it doesn't account for dishonesty. I just yeah. find it absolutely fascinating that something that should be so brilliant and should be the answer to everything. What are we all taught when we're kids? Isn't yeah. play fair. Yeah. yeah. Share. Mm. Everybody should have the same amount. Yeah, and it, it but it because capitalism is look if if hey if I can make this work so I get more than you I I, I win which yeah. Oh, again yeah but you paper. you yeah but you started ahead yeah no 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 I win <laughs> that's the way it works I if I have more money at the end life. I've won the game the game of life heck if you're playing the game of life yes you know who wins person with the most money person with the most money yes. And it all was based out of that stupid spin you did yeah. on, like, turn three, where you found out what your job was. <laughs> Screws you the rest of the game. Uh, and you have to play, which maybe is a statement about education in general, because generally, here's where you go. Very rarely at 45 do you, re, do you re-up. Mm. So, yeah, there we are. What's the thing? What's in the middle of capitalism and communi- communism? Socialism. So it is socialism. I thought Now, Americans was. would go, that's communism. No, it's not. Because we're in the middle. Yeah, we're in the middle. Uh, Canada's in the middle, although like Britain's more in the middle. Canada's a little bit more capitalist. Although to to to, to Americans, Canada seems communist because we do things like I don't know healthcare. <laughs> that baffles me. You shouldn't have. We've talked about this. You shouldn't. But my my personal opinion, and I want to thank our fifty two percent of our American listenership. Please don't bail on us. No. Just realize we're just <laughs> we're just stating the, the lives that we live. Um, to me, it's like you have the right to be well. And that should not be a decision that bears any financial bearing. No. Oh, no if God, you're like, no. well, you know, if we all pay taxes, right? Yep. Yeah. And we all pay taxes and Liam ends up using far more healthcare situations because his personal circumstances dictate that he needs more support. And if I pay into those taxes and I never use the hospital my entire life. Then, I'm you've, cool then you've never had to use the hospital it's, and that's I, a blessing in itself. So a critic would go, that's not fair because I've put all this money and I've never used. Or I could go... Now, hang on. I've been healthy. I think I won because I've been healthy. Yes. And but it le- can change on a and, dime. And just because Liam got healthier doesn't mean all of a sudden his life is a better situation than mine. <laughs> oh, I got all this free health care. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. There's an old joke when the Simpsons did their first ever episode in Canada when they traveled to Toronto. And they're talking about free health care. And that's like, Homer, you can't, don't, don't cross the road. Like that. He's like, they have free health care here. And he gets hit by a bus and goes, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> it's not how it works. No. Um, but what a concept. I can't understand why other people can't get their head around it. It really is. I was, I was watching Sicko with some of my students yesterday. They said, what's the basis behind this? Almost said my name there. What's the basis behind this, sir? <laughs> and I went, uh. Just the basis that, you know, America's the only major, like, first, second world country out of, like, 175 that doesn't do some version of socialized healthcare. Not really. Because you could also have a big bad accident of some sort, and that'll affect your cost of living for the rest of your life. Sure. Wouldn't it? Unless you had... If you have a baby... There's a very famous TikTok video now of a woman who went, here's my bill for having a kid. Wow. And it's like, it's obscene. Wow. Like a hundred grand or something. The only thing that should be going through your mind when you're having a baby is, oh my God, there's a baby coming. Not, how are we going to pay for this? Yeah, exactly. Well, even, oh my God, I've just been diagnosed with something horrible. How am I going to pay for this? Do I have to choose between the car and taking care of someone's illness? That's disgusting. Mm. The car, I meant the house, sorry. That is disgusting. I, I, I... 
these are our perspectives because this is this yeah we hey in canada we did a poll called the greatest canadian it was a tv special we did at one point i forget what anniversary it was but we had something like twenty five thousand canadians voted and it was a free choice there was no limited choice whoever you want to put up there and we did a series of like 10 episodes where it counted down from 10 to 1 and i thought we'd do something stupid like put wayne gretzky at one <laughs> okay yeah. uh don cherry one of our canadian hockey pundits was number four but besides that number one for us was a guy called tommy douglas and tommy douglas was the father of canadian healthcare. wow the guy who sort of and we, that's the thing i think when you have the american mirror so closely to yourself you go what distinguishes you as canadians first and foremost I don't have to pay if I'm sick. Yeah. Yeah, you put me in a room with a TV, maybe they'll make me pay for it. And I don't like how how privatized some of that's become even. But the very notion of, will people come and fix me? And Yeah, they will do that. I hope. My mom was in the hospital plenty towards the end of her life over those last few years, and we didn't, outside of a bill for like a TV in a semi-private room or whatever it might have been, yeah. we didn't have anything like that, and I'm very thankful for that. Well, I hope the NHS oh, never dreadful. become privatized. That has to stay. Yeah, mm. yep. I, got, I dread to think how much money we would have spent on my dad, like in the final couple of years of his life, because yeah. he was he he basically lived at the hospital. When I did my ankle in, yep, I walked into the hospital in this country. I gave them my name. Didn't have to show any ID. I just gave them my name. Yep, yep. They took care of me. I got X-rays. Yep. I spoke to a health professional. Yep. I uh, got crutches, which they gave to me mm-hmm. alone, but bring them back. And the only thing I had to do is I had to pay for my prescription. And when I went up, hundred percent true. Americans, I'm on no health care plan whatsoever. They said, do you qualify for any exemptions? I said, I don't know. They said, are you on benefits? I said, no, I'm working a full-time job. They went, okay, you don't qualify. And so I think I paid like... No, it would have been, if it was recent, it would have been £9.95. Sure. Yeah. It was not more, it didn't yeah. reach £10. I know that much. No. Mm. And that was it. And it would have been whether I had a month supply or a week supply. It's £9.95 yep, is the is flat the charge. Yep. That is it. Yep. My monthly medication is nine, like nine ninety five a month. Yep. And I, look, I have a friend in America who takes the exact, I take, say, Talipram at 25 milligrams. I looked at theirs. It's an obscene amount just to, you know, make a person relatively calm. Yep. I mean, Horrifying. It's like yeah, the the NHS is under some sort of duress. Of course, it's because it's under it's mm. understaffed, and some of them are underpaid, and all those things. But it is such a blessing. It is, and such a blessing. What a thing! An amazing thing to get off the ground in the first place. So you know, we need to keep it. If we don't, we'll never get it back. All right, we're not even halfway through a page. So I'm gonna keep going. Well, <laughs> <laughs> give me a late one. Um, good thing we started on time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really sorry. No, you're fine. That um, was fucking. That was Dick Darcy's let's, dog title. Let's try and keep this like below. Let's, a, go, let's, let's go. try and keep this below a Hermes level episode. Six so hours. We're trying to do four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if we can get underneath that, I'll be happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We should be. We should be okay. It was an hour before we started. I think before okay. we got into the movie proper. Um. So. Uh, Ferry talks about killing Kennedy and pinning it on the Cubans. He then also talks about, uh, he brings up that uh, Eisenhower also drove around in an open-topped car. And when that happens, there's a tight zoom on Lee Harvey Oswald to suggest maybe he might be on this. But they say, the smartest thing to do is you make a triangulation of shots. So we were all clear what this meant, triangulation of shots? 
So As you in, covered all angles. They had people here and here, and so it's when not really helping us in the case of a visual thing. I thought you were just checking with us. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. but basically, um, yeah, I'm just going to describe it. I am checking with you guys, but yeah. I'm also going to do this. So the you put something. Done. So your target's in the middle, and you place three shooters at places that once you look at, if you took the object that you're shooting at out of it, it's a triangle. Yeah. yeah. So three people all shooting at the same point at the same time to make sure literally all angles are covered. Yeah. And that that's a risk that you much might more someone else. No, because you're. With other people, sure, but each other, no, because you're shooting down and different angles. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, if you were sitting on one on each side of the car and shooting both towards it from ninety They're degrees, not, yeah. then you might hit each other. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing that I would do in a video game. Where we set it up, and I'd be like, "Oh, I just shot myself." So I'm really shot, bad at by them. the way. <laughs> shot. Yes. No, no segue. Keep going. <laughs> not really, not really gonna, a segue back maybe to, back to our usual I thing. wanted to jump in about video games and I was like no don't go oh, okay um, <laughs> so uh, uh, he says uh, for the first shot we'll always draw secret service attention and it acts as like a, a, a dummy or a decoy so the kill shot can happen somewhere else but he says the key thing is one man has to be sacrificed and at this point it cuts to Lee Harvey Oswald again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Willie says a great line that I just can't bring myself to repeat. <laughs> Willie says, because he's hanging out with them. Yeah. You don't know shit because you've never been. Oh, up the backside. Yeah, I guess that's the way you <laughs> could go. He says that so. Oh, man, it was, it was, it was. It's brilliant. I cannot bring myself to do that as a uh, as, as the intro. That's not happening. That was funny. <laughs> Willie wants to tell them because Kennedy. Willie wants oh, to tell them. Willie wants to. Oh, Willie wants to tell. He's being interviewed because he's in prison. It's hard. Some bouncing back and forth here. It does. Willie wants to tell uh, Costner and his number two, number two Lou, Jim, number two, yeah. Um, that uh, Kennedy stood. He's like, why do you want to do this? I want to tell everybody. Aren't you worried about yourself? No, I want to tell him because Kennedy stole the election, and Nixon was going to be one of the great presidents of all time. And then spits out some very anti-black sentiments. He did, oh, yeah. he just drops the N word. I was surprised. Like he's going to tell because he needs America to know that Oswald was a communist. Uh, his testimony. So as a result, his testimony is never going to hold up. Do you think because like, America needs to know Oswald's not a communist? That's not the link. That's not why it happened. He happened because he was going. To, it, it, he's yeah, just a yeah. guy who's angry. They shot him for. He's happy they shot him. He's angry that Oswald's getting the credit for it. Yeah. And instantly, you're like, this guy will not stand up under 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 trial. No, no. but I think he was too likable to start with. So they had to give him something to. Oh, it turns on a dime like that, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, drinks and commiserations uh so the old gang gets back together and they're like oh, everybody who we have for witnesses they're all dead and susie says i can't get any record on oswald because they're all classified and she's like no one ever tells us we can't have something from this office yeah um they run through oswald's time in the soviet union and they're like he goes to the soviet union he defects from the u.s Gives basically renounces the citizenship then decides after marrying a russian woman i want to come <laughs> back and bring her back that never happens. After living high on the hog in the Soviet Union, which means you 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 told secrets, you said names. Yeah, they don't even interview him, and they pay for his ticket. Yep, that's why brilliant. do you do that? You no, why do you do that? Him. Not because you want to use him. Because you can use him. No, because you have been using him. He's a double. When he was over there, he was still working for the Americans. Yes. He's a CIA agent who's pretending to defect. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, no, there's no way. 
So now they want to know what did you learn over there? Yeah, tell us. Yeah, because he, he spoke fluent Russian, didn't he? Yeah, he, they made him do his test, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mary's a Russian woman too, and they said he spoke quite eloquently as a Russian yep. too, didn't he? Uh, the whole time we see someone, so the whole time we're talking about this, someone's fashioning and faking this famous Lee Harvey Oswald photo, because that yeah. is a famous photo. With a, with a gun, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's on Time magazine, isn't it? Uh, yep. Uh, no, Life magazine. Life magazine, yeah. I see. Yeah. Uh, nitrite tests tell us that Oswald had not fired a weapon the day that he was arrested. So that leaves residue, doesn't yeah. it? Yep. So how, when does that get discovered in real life? Uh, obviously sometime between 1963 and 1966. Oh, so why yeah, on earth years. when that was discovered, why was that not enough to change? Because no one wants it to change. Because the, the government are trying to hide it. They've they've already published the definitive thing. It's done. Yeah. Move on. But we've got f- factual information that that's not true. But we have but factual information in an age where information is not easily accessible. And you can't tell the American mm. public about this because they will have no trust in it. Yeah, so, so they found out there's a test, but not everybody knows about this test. Yeah. Uh, they found it in an office somewhere, and they go, people need to know about this. Great, how? And people who in do. In 1966, how do you tell the world? You hire a, Pardon me? Newspaper. You call a press conference and you... Are they on the take? You who, owns who, the, who owns the papers? Are they going to describe? We, we saw what the press, yeah. how the press was used by the government here. Okay. So, Ew. yeah, yeah, and then it starts to throw things into. And they say, "Look," and he goes, "Look, why would you order a rifle? Because he orders a rifle, right? Yeah. Why order one when in Texas you can walk, walk into any, any store, store and buy a gun? Yeah. No, way. you walk out with it. Yeah, there you can name. give you can give him a fake name. Yep. Hi, my name is Tank Bigsby. I'd like a gun, please. <laughs> Tank Bigsby. He's, he's, That's my guy. He's actually an American football player. <laughs> <laughs> he's mine. Yeah. Um, and so he says, we're through a looking glass. And then Garrison does Dallas. And he's interviewing <laughs> eyewitnesses who talk about the shots being done everywhere else. The bushes, the picket fences. And we have some Zapooter-esque footage that dates the original material well here uh, as they talk about what they saw. Uh, a brunette claims she saw Jack Ruby ahead of time, but the Warrant Commission made her seem less sure. So she says, no, I know that I, I saw, saw Jack him. Ruby in a car before it happened. And then when you read it, she's like, oh, I'm not sure. And he's like, no, no, I told them definitively, this is the guy. Yeah. And they didn't want to hear it, and they wouldn't let him identify him in a, in a lineup. No. So uh, the blonde, because the blonde and the brunette, the blonde says that they were questioned and told what to say less than 20 minutes after the assassination and said they tweaked my statement, like, severely. You did not hear that many shots. That yeah. was just this mountain shots and blah, blah, blah. The brunette reports there wasn't a notary public during her testimony, and even though the, the shower wants to say, here's her testimony, she says, there wasn't a notary public, so I don't know how that stamp got there, and that ain't my signature. No. Nope. Uh, and another blonde brings up that Jack Ruby introduced her to Lee Harvey Oswald and David Furry. So they they had a, a shared fairy. Sorry, they expl- they they shared a uh, a timeline. And in a flashback, Ruby suggests he won't live to see the, uh, the new government's going to come out of this. And it's true; he dies in 1967. So now they talk about the Zapruder film, which no one was expecting to have was going to occur. The problem with the Zapruder film is that it limits it to. Th- to um why did they not seven seconds for all the shots to take place and the only way that works if it's a single gunman is three shots is the most you can get off and even that's sketchy yeah yeah, yeah. so the problem is it's not seven shots evenly spaced out either because from what we can see in the footage 
It's the first shot happens, and then two bang bang happen almost immediately on top of each other. Yeah. So there has to be a different. But it takes two point three seconds to reload, and from the vantage point there, there's a tree in the way, and the foliage is heavy. It's not. It doesn't lose its leaves in November. It loses its leaves in March. Mm-hmm. So that it would have been leaf up everywhere. So you would be able to get a clean shot. And even if you're a trained gunman, an expert gunman, you're gonna have a hard time making that shot. And and, and also was nothing, never anything more than a medium shot. Yep. So uh, they said it would be a better shot. And they go to a different window and they go, and the name of the road is Houston. As he's coming and they say, down if you, towards if you get him the earlier, yeah. you're one person. You're one person. You're right there, and you have the perfect shot. Whether they speed up the attempts. car or not, several attempts. He's not moving away from you. He's moving towards, towards you. you. You can get multiple goes at him. Yeah. This is the ideal shot for one person. The only reason to do the other one is if you want the triangulated crossfire. Yeah. So we go back to New Orleans, and Clay Bertram, we found out, also calls himself Clay Shaw. And Patterson, the uh, dead um, oh, ex-FBI guy who's doing the anti-communist stuff, who beats up and pistol whips Jack Lemmon yeah, earlier, yeah. he was using Oswald's name to buy vehicles for friends, friends for Democratic Cuba, a.k.a. you know the people who are going to overthrow Cuba, hopefully. And it turns out there's at least three guys who are using the name Lee Harvey Oswald. So you can't pinpoint him to see where he is. So we don't know. Well, there's one guy in Mexico, but he's clearly not Oswald. There's another guy in a photo who's clearly not Oswald. So which one's the real Oswald? So we can't figure out who did what. Again, do you think that was put in to confuse anybody who's trying to find out or investigate? I think it's about setting stuff up ahead of time so they can pin it on him as a patsy later on. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so the life photo, it turns out, they look at it, and it has shadow issues and superimposing issues. On the nose and on the floor. Yeah, the the, the, the way that the light hits his nose is not the same as the... Different that's, times that's of midday, the day. But the yeah. stuff on the floor is more later in the afternoon. Yeah. And his neck isn't right. No. And so... Um, you never see who is cutting that out, do you? No, you just see... Because that, that makes it seem more scary, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and he says, anyone want to quit? And then, he, and then everybody puts their hands up. <laughs> the garrison goes, Good. all right, put your hands down. Dumb question. <laughs> Yondu comes in and says, I got <laughs> it. Clay Bertram is Clay Shaw. And they agree, okay, we're going to bring him in on Sunday. The problem is that Sunday... Is Easter. Is Easter Sunday. And so Carrie White gives her husband a hard time about missing Easter Sunday, and he says, and she says, your life is passing you by. Got my notes. Eat shit, Carrie White. Because at the end of the day, right, his job is to, wouldn't you want to know, rather, like you said, you don't want to bury your head in the sand. Yeah. You want to yeah. know the truth, right? So, and this is important. Oh, it's not like. I can be honest. I don't like this, this, this subplot. No. It's no. not necessary, really. I don't it's think so. It's not like he's going to a factory. Did it, and, did it actually know. happen? I don't know. I don't know. Again, you don't mm. know, do you? Because no. I feel like that's one of those tacked on there just for a bit more drama. Just, so look how his whole life is falling with, apart. Because she yeah. would have a bit more understanding knowing that she is the wife to the DA, wouldn't she? Yeah, I don't know. Well, the idea of a DA, I mean, he's, he's made something of himself. So she, not, I mean, she gets a really bad paint job in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, you know, basically she comes across as you only care about vain things, <laughs> like a kitchen and a car. So, um, Clay Shaw does come to his office and visits and claims he doesn't know who Willie O'Keefe is. Of course, we've seen it through our perspective that yeah. they did. We then get the whole date. It's like, I didn't know him. And they show us the whole date from when Willie O'Keefe shows up. There's a weird costume party. Yeah, that is very weird. Where Fairy is Napoleon. Willie O'Keefe might be Marie Antoinette. Yep. And 
Tommy Lee Jones is painted completely gold. gold. His idea. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a shot of young men doing calisthenics projected on a screen while there's a collar around Shaw's yeah. neck and they're yeah. like walking him like a du- like this is basically maybe this is true Who knows? but it spoke of like old Hollywood being like you know if someone's gay they're like the most flamboyant yeah. weird it's just weird yeah yeah it could be true but it spoke to this idea that it was so alien and foreign that it was like i know let's have them dress up in french costumes of like the court of louis the 16th it's like something sort of fetish or something yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's very fetishized yeah now, they, they might have been but yeah 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 uh, shaw denies knowing who bertram is i don't know who clay bertram is um Meanwhile, we're back with the family at Easter and his eldest son, who sucks in this movie. (laughs) The kid does not have the charisma or even the voice projection to do this part. No. He's like, when's daddy coming? And he goes, (laughs) the writing's so bad. Soon, daddy never keeps his promises. (laughs) I'm doing a better job than the kid did. (laughs) My note says this kid sucks. Uh, Tommy oh, Lee. No. But then I've got Tommy Lee Jones is so good in this scene where he's being cross-examined. Oh, he's great. At the, I, uh, this his made line. me smile. Yeah. Like, I thought this was absolutely brilliant. I got my notes. Tommy Lee Jones is great in this, even if he walks in between the raindrops. Yeah. I don't understand that. They, they said you, it was a reference they made about him in the meeting. They said, I bet you think you walk between the raindrops. The idea is oh. that you, you won't get wet. You, yeah. you think you can dodge everything. And he basically is. Oh, yeah. We see the first, I I got my notes. We see the first cracks in Garrison's armor because he starts to lose it on clay and has to be restrained by number two Lou. (laughs) Number two Lou. Is this orchestrated or is this legit? Does he really start to lose his temper or is this an act to try and get him off it? Because the only time we see him falter the whole movie. I think he he does. I think he loses it. It's legit. Yeah, yeah. Because you think he's been at this for three years and he's not getting anywhere. And then finally, when he does have somebody to take to court, and he's blatantly lying. It's gonna, it's gonna frustrate you, isn't it? It is because the world is not going to want to know that they're in on killing the president, are they? Nope. No, this is a lot easier if it just goes away. Just go away. Yeah. Mm. Um, back home, uh, his wife finally catches up with him and says, "You care more about John Kennedy than your own family." Eat shit, Carrie White. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. They made her really unlikable. They like, did. really unlikable. They did. They prettied her up, though, didn't they? They made her look... <laughs> she looked way older. Yeah. So how many years between... What was Carrie? Was Carrie early 80s? Nah. The film? 70, I want to say it was 70... Yeah. 76. George is yelling 76. 76. So that would be 15 years. Okay, yeah. so she is older. Because yeah. she was like 24, I think, when they did Carrie. Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, George has just, just left for a moment. She's screaming from an adjacent <laughs> corridor. <laughs> 76! <laughs> Back to the office, and Jim is front page news, and they're accusing him of spending a lot of taxpayer money on the case. So this is where they start to try and discredit him using the, the Yeah, the discredit media. his life and everything yeah. else. Because what do people believe? What's written in the papers. Yep. And Tommy from Goodfellas phones up and threatens the office. <laughs> he's he very he's Tommy from, yeah. He is, he is. Except he is. for he's not, am I a clown, am I make you laugh? This no. is like when the guy spills the drink on him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those eyebrows. Like. Uh, and they, they bring him in then, and they go, hey, um, let's have you meet with Garrison. And so they, they get him in a hotel room, and Fernie sings like a canary. And he, he says, Shaw's CIA, top clearance. 
and he's like checking windows. Yep. He's checking beds. Oh, he's so he's, agitated. He's so agitated. And he says, Oswald 2 is also top clearance. He says, the CIA and the mob are working together on Operation Mongoose. Now, we've already heard Mongoose once. Yep. So this only confirms it further. And he goes, oh, what a deadly web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Which I was impressed that David Fernie knew this. <laughs> it's not Shakespeare. Was it? Sir Walter Scott. Oh, okay. 19th century Scottish poet. Yep. Yep. Uh, And so he gets asked, who killed the president? And he goes, this is too big for you. He goes, it's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma. Another famous quote. This is by (laughs) Gary Oldman would play him later on. Oh, um, 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 uh, Churchill. Churchill. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, he was selling car insurance. Um, <laughs> sorry, I should mention that. That's a car insurance. Church- <laughs> oh, oh, yes. is, is, is an insurance oh, advert yes. uh, company yes, here yes, in this yes, country. Yes, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. Yes. Um, so he goes, all I wanted in the world was to be a Catholic priest, live in a monastery, and serve God. And he said, I had one weakness. And his weakness is he loves men. Yeah. And because he was weak for men, it, it leads him down this whole other rabbit hole of, rabbit hole of yeah. things he didn't doesn't want to do and we look around his apartment later there's religious iconography everywhere so imagine this self-hating homosexual man yeah. who all he wanted to do was a priest life but because of his identity and who he is he feels he's an abomination to that and they won't let him oh it's 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 it goes against everything that he believed in i think joe pesci he then says i'm so fucking exhausted i can't see straight i think joe pesci is fantastic in this scene he's great he's very, is he mm. supposed to have like alopecia or something no he's got, he's got no he just hair bald. he's got just terminal cancer is that what it is oh he does say he has cancer doesn't yeah. he yeah because he's got no hair at all. That's no. why his eyebrows are drawn on. Yeah. Badly. And he wears oh, I just assumed. I, I don't think those two things are necessarily related. No, but he's I got, just thought he was bald and wore the wings because he's, you know, it's part of his uh, flamboyance. That's what I, I thought as well. But he's got no eyebrows either. No, I thought Which it was because of cancer. Because I thought it was terminal. No, oh, maybe. Okay. Cancer. I thought it was like a really bad costume thing. Or like yeah, me too. Because of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, they just did a really bad job. Because, because they make his eyebrows like a joke in the movie. Yeah. Someone do. says, oh, worst eyebrows. So it's kind of like tee hee 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 hee. Yeah, but even the wigs. But they're bad. not real eyebrows, are they? Yeah, but no. the, the idea being that. Exactly. That's the, the, so if it was because he was sick, it would be in bad taste to make fun of it in the well, script. That's why I wondered if it was. Yeah, but maybe he so, was just. No, no, I'm sorry, Pat, I never considered himself. it. You, yeah. you might be right. Yeah, yeah. I thought that he's just a guy who's. Kind of very similar to Tommy Lee Jones has that white bit on top of his hair. He's peacocking yeah. a bit, right? I thought this is his version of peacocking. Oh, okay. I didn't see it that way. No, it's, it's fun. Yeah. So, folks, let us know what you think. Yeah. At Best of Ever Pod. Um, again, to the office, and number two, Lou, is concerned about David Ferry's safety. And this is underdeveloped because this is, he's the one guy going, we need to take care of him. He's really scared. Yeah, and because uh, he got him in the office, didn't he? Uh, what? Was it, he found him, didn't he? He found him. He was the guy who sort of made this happen. And kind of, uh, did he make promises to him so that he'd be looked after? They went to the hotel he... room and sort of gave him some assurance. And they said, yeah, we'll get him some protection later or tomorrow or something. Yeah. And then Newman comes in and tells Jim the office is bugged. He said, and he shows something outside and he shows him a bug away from away from the office, right? Yeah. So they're listening in. And there's a phone call and number two loses one takes in. And he just, they go from smiling to looking at him and he goes, David Ferry's dead. Yeah. And there's a suicide note. Two. Uh, two of them, unsigned. And Garrison's like, and he's imagining, or we see what really happens, and it's someone who's injected. Very similar to the start of uh, yeah, the of Enemy of the State. Enemy of the State, yeah. 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 And uh, there's a kid, so 
Um, swallow him, swallow him. Masquerading as a suicide. And Costner goes, you know the thing I don't get? This guy was terrified of dying. Yeah. He was. How does that guy kill himself two days later? Yeah. Mm. So um, meanwhile, Michael Rooker is proposed to by a guy from the FBI to turn on Garrison to think about his career. Uh, both storylines required a little bit more thought, I thought. But maybe, I mean, Liam, you we haven't talked about this. You saw the extended cut. Yep. So I don't know if there's anything, oh. that, anything because you watched on Netflix, whereas we watched on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. So I don't know if there's anything that, maybe at the end, if there's something that we haven't covered. Because okay. there's a few things I'm like, I wish this got more play. Maybe you saw a version that had more play. Yeah, maybe. So as far as I saw, uh, n- number two, Lou has this moment of I'm really worried about David Fair, and it doesn't really go anywhere. His his concern is undercut. Also, the Michael Rooker subplot about yeah. the FBI. He does turn and it disappears. He does turn, he does that, but yeah, all we get is we get this one scene, and then we fo- we see him turn later. We don't really get any other movements of him being conflicted. You don't or get, fallout. You don't get any more of that either okay. in the extended. Mm. Um. So. Uh, but the FBI admits that Castro killed Kennedy, but he said, we can't, we can't do this. Otherwise we need this to work. So Garrison goes to Washington and he comes out from the Lincoln monument yeah. or the Lincoln Memorial, honest Abe, right? Yep. So let's yeah. put Kevin Costner beside him and we meet Mr. X. Georgia, do you recognize Mr. X? I recognize him, but I don't know who it is. Have you seen any of the hunger games movies? I've seen yeah. some of the first one. He's President Snow. Yeah, he's Donald Sutherland. What else has he been in Donald Sutherland that she would have seen? Um, Lost Boys? She hasn't Lost seen that. Oh, you haven't seen that. Plus, he's not in that. Not Lost Boys, Keitha, sorry. <laughs> Kiefer. 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 Yeah. Um, Don't know what else he's in a lot. He's, he's in a lot of like uh, 60s and 70s movies. He's in MASH, the first movie, but you haven't seen that. that. No, no, no. He was in, he, he was in, he was in a film in King's Inn. <laughs> called revolution a uh, stone considered brando for this role oh brando is too and sutherland's great in this he is great. i like this man uh he won't give names but tells garrison you're closer than you think and he shares his own personal history he's a and it's a history of american interference in affairs across the world but he's a black, ops guy. black ops black ops yeah but wouldn't you think though if he's been someone like jim garrison if he's Bringing these closer than you think. Wouldn't you think, hang on a minute, let's follow that guy 24-7, seven days a week, and everything else. So why are they not been stalked, watched, filmed, photographed? I will unpack it with... The, I think Mr. X is a combination of a couple of different characters. Because they leave a couple them alone. People. I know they're in an isolated area on a bench in everywhere that, else. It's very typical movie. We but, sit down on a park bench and we share some stuff. But why are they not going, hang on, who's this guy? I don't, I don't, he even shouts into the bug, I'm going to Washington. And like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It just seems odd. It does seem weird because they go, I'm going to do this thing. And then no one goes, hey, you know the most, you know, you're like the scene of the crime almost kind of sort of. And Mr. X kind of does this thing where he goes, anybody looking? No, we're okay. We're good to talk. Are they, do they think maybe they're just so confident that he's not going to be able to prove it, that they just, they're just keeping I don't mind Mr. X in the hair. sense that I think Mr. X would be able to spot if anybody was around. Yeah. He'd be able to see it. For a little that. while, did anybody else think that Mr. X was probably in on it? Uh, mm. No, because Not the movie really. the movie needs him to do this in this moment. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. But at the beginning, I I kind of nah, thought, hang on a minute, is was, there some? But then he, his truth starts to come out as he starts to talk to him. He, you know, yeah. he sort of says, you know, it's very honest. Isn't yes. It? Yep. 
Um, so he talks about the anti-Kennedy sentiment after Kennedy backed down from Cuba. He also talks about Kennedy was planning to get U.S. troops out of Vietnam by the end of 1965. Yeah. When does he, uh, Nixon get him out? Uh, they get out in 60... Seven. Is it 70? Uh, I, it might be 70, Jason. I'm thinking 70. Uh, actually, it's one of my, my weaknesses. I don't know, really know much about Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, he talks about the anti-Kennedy sentiment after Kennedy... Oh, I said that already. Uh, two weeks before the assassination of Kennedy, X is told by General Y to go to the South Pole uh, to sort of accommodate some bigwigs. And he was in New Zealand when uh, when Kennedy was murdered. And yet he, the next day, he's in New Zealand and the paper there has all this information on Oswald. We shouldn't have... And any- Oswald hasn't even been formally arrested yet. Yeah. So it felt like this was ready to go. This yeah. was in packages, control the narrative. This is so... I l- I love this sort of like a story when it's like a detective story and, and people are like fucking up. Like it yeah. should be really, really simple and they should have been able to get away with it because of human error and because of the fact that pe- they were so confident. And one person who just knows what to look for. Mm. Yeah. Was yeah. able to go, hang on, this doesn't add up. That's so cool. I really like Mr. X. And he goes, they knew more in the papers in New Zealand than the police knew in Dallas yet. So X said, I know what a cover story is that masks a black op. I've done this. Mm-hmm. And the score here, which I haven't talked about much yet, the score, I've got a little bit on it later, the score here is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's fantastic. During, 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 the, during the, the, the X monologue, mm-hmm. fantastic. And the, and the courtroom scene, all good. He good figures score. that he was sent to the South Pole because he would have made, because if I was here, I would have made extra security arrangements, especially in a hostile city like Dallas. Kennedy's in Dallas because Kennedy needs to win Dallas for the next election. Yeah. That's why he's in Dallas. And he said, anybody, "You spend your time in the areas you need to improve in. The ones you're already good in, you yeah, don't go yeah, you there. Don't, you don't go there. No." And he, so he's said in Texas. That you know, you'd be umbrella people. You'd, you'd yep. stop and so all sorts. X is like, we would have brought 200 extra men. Uh, we would have kept the bubble top, and even if you got rid of it for some reason, if they talked them out of it, 200 men along the road. There's no way it would have happened. There'd be an army presence. No open windows. No open umbrellas. The car wouldn't slow down. You wouldn't go through that curve. Yeah. And some weird. They weren't supposed to go through the curve, didn't he say? Didn't I was supposed to go different? That wasn't route? the original route. The original yeah. route had been changed, hadn't it? Some weird things were happening when the president was shot. All the cabinet are in the are in the uh, Middle East or the Far East. Uh, Washington D.C.'s phone system went down for an hour, so we could control the narrative and make sure it gets out. This is so cool. And this, uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff, but he goes, "This can't just be a bunch of coincidences." It's and not, and he agrees. Yeah. Garrison says, "I didn't know." <laughs> this is a little bit on the nose. He goes, "Wow." I didn't know Kennedy was so dangerous to the establishment. <laughs> it's a little bit of bad writing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what you you have that in like in the in the trailer. And it, yes, and he goes, "Is that why he was killed?" It's also a great hero moment for Kennedy. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know Kennedy was the one man who believed in freedom. Still, yeah, is that why he was killed? And he goes, "That's the most excuse. That's the most important question. Why? Why was Kennedy killed?" Who benefited and who had the power to cover it up? Not and he repeats, who? And I'm going, I thought, why was the most important question? <laughs> but you've got two thirds of your answer was who, and then you repeated who again. Yeah. And he goes, here's Kennedy's master plan. Kennedy ended the ability of the CIA to run covert operations during peacetime on their own and redelegates that to the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So basically, he takes something that was sort of siphoned off to a side. Co- group the cia and goes no it's going to have official leadership at the joint chief of staffs which it should have but that would be a good thing wouldn't it 
but not well, for the people not in the if, CIA. Not if it was CIA. Oh, well, no, but I mean, you can't have someone that control that sort of force. Well, you did. Well, yeah. So he's trying to correct that. Yeah, 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 yeah. X says this was, that he was in charge of Operation Mongoose. So the third time we've heard Mongoose. Mm-hmm. And Mongoose is something like thousands of soldiers getting ready at all times. Like huge budget. Wow. Huge budget. But the minute you do a budget cut, this is the stuff that goes away. And Mongoose is one of those things. And everybody's going to pack up their stuff and go home nicely, though. People were mad. That, 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 that's, that's your job. It's your, your, it's your purpose. How long have you wasted thinking you were going to go ahead and do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah true. So um, Kennedy promised budget cuts and wanted to end the Cold War and stop the space race, which is weird because Kennedy's the one who says we'll put a man on the moon yeah, by the end of the decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so big money's at stake here. November 26th, just days after, I think it's the day after Kennedy's funeral, LBJ, the new president, signs a bill that reverses Kennedy's pullout plan. So this movie doesn't stop short of suggesting Lyndon B. Johnson's in on it. It sounded like he was. It, it, it's all inferential. The film never no, actually goes no, and no, says no, Johnson's no, in on it. That's, how it that's a question. Because mm. if Johnson just goes, not too long, Johnson's going, I ain't, I, I ain't doing it. Okay, they killed Kennedy. I ain't doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Or he's in on it. Mm. That's how it felt. Does he have to be on it for this to work? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I Probably not. No. But it's enough that it's a middle bit of, it's a, it's a scary bit in the middle ground. This is so fun. <laughs> it's nice to do a film that George is enjoying for once. <laughs> it's like three hours long and I was like actively enjoying it. This is the longest note taking I've ever done for the pod. I can imagine. Two nights. Are you doing this on Sunday? Both nights for at least three hours. Yeah. No, I did it Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I should have started on Sunday. I should have. Um. Instead, he was watching In Despair as his football team went down the drain. Oh, I was not going to. Yeah, football I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> November 26th. Oh, he said already. Jim is thrown and says it's beyond him. He's, he's like, this is too big for me now. I can't do this. And X gives him this thing and says, you know, you need to do this because of men like you. And he says, you'd be dead already, except there's too much light on you. Yeah. And by light, I think I mean he means attention. Too much attention, yeah. Because yeah. if they kill him now, then it's then too obvious that someone's, that someone's done it. You're yeah. not the closeted homosexual yeah. who's got cancer, yeah. who's going to do a suicide note. No. You're not knocking on these doors, and then if you die tomorrow, that's going to be a big deal. I love this. X marks the spot. Donald Sutherland's memorable monologue as the mysterious Washington informant known as X lasts for 16 minutes. It's so impressive. It, and it, basically, Costner sits there and goes, uh-huh. but what about that? Yeah. And that's, that's all he gets. <laughs> and he makes it so interesting. He does. I love he this. Does. This performance, is, ab- Sutherland's this performance great. is stunning and is only outshined by one other monologue in this film. And usually this would be pinnacle of monologue acting. Post X, Garrison stands by the flame. Kennedy's eternal flame, and then arrest Clay Shaw. He's got his gumption. He's going to do it. And meanwhile, Clay Shaw admits to his Bertrand alias while while I'm processing. And I'm like, that was easy. Mm. But you guess he knows. Careful. Uh, we mm. see cross-cutting between um, D.C. Oh, between Washington discrediting Garrison and New Orleans where Garrison's swinging back. And there's a uh, special news report on NBC, but don't call it NBC, but it's not not a peacock, but it's a bird (laughs) of some sort, uh, running a hit piece on Garrison claiming he has bribed, intimidated, and drugged witnesses. It's quite funny because they they try and have him on public TV. they've done to the other people. To discredit him. Yeah, it's exactly what the playbook is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so he said to his wife, don't worry, only about 30 million people saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. We get a, and she, he's laughing and she's, he's not, he's not like, ha ha. He's, it bothers him. Yeah. But she's like broken from this. Yeah. Uh, there's another assassination. Martin Luther King Jr. has been shot. And Jim's daughter picks up the phone and gets a phone call about being oh, like, I your daddy this. wants you to be in a beauty contest. Yeah, and we hear it, and the sa- and we hear it, and the parents don't. So we're forced to be in the know on this. Oh, it's a really effective oh, way of storytelling, yeah, but yeah, man, yeah. it's uncomfortable. Mm, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and so, how how low do you have to stoop? Now, to I'll then? say this: Jim's way too easy on this. Yeah, he's like, ah, people crank call. Yeah, he is. You wouldn't have that. That's your child. Yeah, and she's like, what kind of man are you? And she wants her life back, and she says she's leaving him. And then they get in a big fight, and then then Kevin Costner takes the kids and goes outside on the bench for a big scene. Do you know the weird thing about this scene, right? Because I'm watching this um, in my room, because um, I'm in a detached, semi-detached house, right? I can hear next door having an argument, right? Oh, really? <laughs> and she says, she says, you're, you're an overweight alcoholic or something like that. And then there's them having their argument. And I can help a smile that there's two arguments going on. One on the other side of the wall, one on the TV. I was like, this is, this is weird. When I was at uni, uh, my partner and I, we were lived beside a Francophone couple. Right. And they would fight. But they fought in French. So for the most part, it wasn't that bad. It didn't feel awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then occasionally they, they'd like, get this, they go, no. We no we. It sounds like they're really angry with each other, but it was really funny. <laughs> I did smile at that. I had to say, and then she slammed the door. I thought that was quite funny. Um. So, uh, the kids are dreadful. So they go, "Why do we have to leave?" And then the oldest boy goes, "Don't you love us anymore?" Yeah, these the weird thing about this is these got to be these got to be someone's kids. I know everyone's someone's kids, but it's got to be someone involved in the this, movies. It's got to be somebody involved in the movie. There are specific people that do child casting. Yep. Because if you leave it to a normal casting director, or you just let people's kids do it, yep. you get shit. Back in the office, Oswald, hang, hang on, isn't, oh, sorry, isn't, isn't this where he takes Matt on the porch? Yeah, he's on the porch, right? Mm-hmm. So your kids just had a crank call. Yeah. And now you're taking them out in the open. What the actual? Sitting on a on a swinging chair. You're not wrong. I was like, You're Jesus, wrong. what are you doing, man? Back in the office, um, Oswald visited the FBI a week before the shooting. And Garrison kind of, like, he, what if it wasn't any, what if this is the plan to kill Kennedy? I'm like, this is a bit of a, this is a bit of a reach. He goes, anything else you wouldn't have thrown away. It could have been his lunch menu for all anything, things. Yeah. Here's what I want for lunch tomorrow. Okay, throw it out. Because he said, anything else that wasn't about Kennedy that have used to help build their case against him. Unless it's burger fry, yeah, gravy on fries. Jeez. All right, Canada. Yeah, Canada. <laughs> so my students were like, uh, "That's either Canada or Yorkshire." I was telling them about going home for Christmas, and they, "Oh, what are you going to do?" I'm, I'm, I said, "Let's look for a few of my family." Of course, I am. And I said, "Outside of that, the next big thing is all the food you can't get here." And they said, "What do you mean?" So I said, "Oh, poutine." So what's poutine? So I'll show you a picture of poutine. And I was doing it was actually a cover lesson for a friend of mine, and she said, "She said, man, the kids love you." Said, yeah. They said. I said, yeah, they, they, they all remember your poutine. <laughs> I said, it's just chips and gravy. They went, oh, it looks great, miss. <laughs> <laughs> I had a fake poutine once at a festival, but it was it was chips and gravy, which was right. Yep. But the cheese was um, like 
I think it was Gruyere, and it, was, it had been like freshly melted on top, so it wasn't actual cheese curds. No, it's all right. I mean, it's hard to get that, but I'm I'm, I'm definitely gonna source out some real poutine, mom. Yeah. Are you gonna bring some stuff back? Not poutine. That'd be gross. No. <laughs> yeah, of course I'll bring some food back. I was oh, cool. Actually, first time we said in the pot, I'll have to do a bit of a bit of a, we'll have to do a, bit of a taste test. Do a taste yeah. test, like Georgia, where where Wendy's stuff from back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm gonna try and bring some stuff back for 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 the family from here as well. So that'll oh, be that'll yeah, be, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so back in the office, Oswald. We said that already. Uh, they bring up a telex that warned of an assassination attempt on Kennedy. So this is that automated sort of news reporting thing. We saw it in Good Morning Vietnam as well. It's what yeah, we did. News, yeah. And it goes to every FBI office, and they ignored it. And the what one is guy it? is there somebody like typing that in for it to come out? Yeah, it just goes all over the country. So, so where are they getting their information? So it's, like, it's like a central hub, and it just sort of comes on out. So I imagine any one place can probably distribute it to all the places. Oh, okay. So I, I kind of imagine like the world's oldest Wikipedia. Yeah, where yeah, everybody yeah. can chip in, but it'll just spit out wherever everybody's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Yondu then goes, I'm going to stand up for the FBI because I want to be a ravager again. And he tries to say they have nothing. We, we, we have nothing. And he tries to pivot Garrison towards the mob and away from the FBI. And Garrison goes, there's things the mob couldn't do. They can't change Kennedy's protection. They can't change the parade route. They can't shut down the phone lines. They can't put the cabinet on a plane. No. And then he gets mad and he, he goes, you ever read your Shakespeare? And he goes, of course I read my Shakespeare. I'm like, man, times are different in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He goes, Caesar and Brutus were honorable men. Who killed Caesar? Twelve senators. Mm. So taken down from within. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Bill quits. And the others are like, yeah, we saw him copying files. And at this point, this is the other point where Garrison's wrong about something. Because yeah. he, he starts defending him. Why? And I'm like, if he's copying files, I'd be yeah. like, oh. And he's just gone to war. Like, well, we shouldn't process. The FBI are good people. I'm like, no, this is weird. Yeah. And why didn't he pick up on that? And number two, Lou says, I won't work with Jim anymore. Is that, is that an ultimatum? And he's like, uh, sounds like an ultimatum. And he's like. And even like, all his coworkers are like, Jim, what do you do? Yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. What are you doing? This you're is a, you're, yeah. And he goes, I'll t- accept your resignation. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. He starts to lose it a little bit here, doesn't he? Yeah. He starts peacocking, mm. doesn't he? But they, but they go to him. Uh, uh, Sheldon's mom goes, boss, I think you're a bit hard on him there. And he goes, no, I don't think I was. And he no. sits down, and that's the scene. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Don't, don't, don't say something like, yeah, anybody else want to chip in or something? I think so. I also think there's a cord that's now, something's happened recently, and we put a power cable has made its way on top of, uh, Liam, probably down on your cord there if we go down. Remember how the power cord sometimes lands on your microphone cord? Down the side of the table. There it is. There it is. That's better. Oh, now it's back. Oh, it's it's on there. It's on that one. It's not, none of these are live, though. So, anyway, I'll just keep going. Um, Oh, that's better. No, it's gone. It's gone. Yep. So, um, uh, they say to him, oh, hang on. Um, oh, before he quits, though, number two, Lou says, you're one stubborn son of a bitch, and you're making a hell of a mistake. Yeah, and I felt he was, too. Yep. That mm-hmm. night, he's uh, just hanging out, and his wife's leaving him and all that stuff. She's And Robert Kennedy was shot. This hey, is JFK's call, brother. He calls it, though, didn't he? He says... Um, they're going to have a, a hit out on um, Bobby. 
that might have been something you saw that we did. Oh, okay. Because I didn't hear this. Did anybody he, else hear this? No, I don't remember he that one. Called, That's weird, because that would be a really important thing, wouldn't it? He called this. Especially if you call it, because this is the thing that... Yeah. Because this is a really important he, plot point, Because he says there's a, there's a pattern here. He said there's Kennedy, there's Martin Luther King. He said... And, okay, yeah, we did not get this. Oh, okay. No. And we then, get the reaction to it. And we get the reaction to yeah, it. We don't. We'll, we'll get there. And, and, and he calls that. the Bobby Kennedy. Okay, yeah, we didn't get. So he's sitting and there, and that's why that's a shock to him. Maybe they want us to see the shock through his eyes, and that's why they've omitted it from the theatrical. Maybe because then we it comes out of nowhere. That. Yeah, I think it's a better movie if you keep it, which yeah. is obviously the director did as well. That's why it ends up in the director's cut. Yeah. So Robert Kennedy was shot, and Jim goes upstairs and tells his wife, and it instantly fixes. <laughs> it's like when someone I was dreaming, they put the potion on. Oh, I'm no longer in love with the ass anymore. <laughs> and she goes, you were right. And he See, goes, that's, that makes you were right. Yeah. That's why he predicted it. He and said, he goes, for the first time, I feel really scared. And then they make out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if and, on, and then he goes, sometimes I feel like I didn't ever love you or the children enough. I'm sorry. And then they're like going to Bone Town. Yeah, like, yeah this is fine. This getting, is how this works. Like, I'm like, Robert Kennedy's dead. We should have sex. Yeah. As I apologize for not loving you or the I children really, enough. I really like the scene until it, until they the, the, the like the sex. It's the, if you oh, I thought the whole I thought it. the whole scene was grown worthy. Oh, I like because the, the Bobby without- Kennedy thing is that it instantly fixes their marriage. And if that hadn't happened, that well, would have done. I I kind of came across to me as this like she was worried that he was doing it without merit but because there is merit to what she he's sees doing, it now yeah absolutely she, she gets it that's that's what they're going for yeah okay i reject I'm, okay, I'm okay with that i rejected it and went this is i don't like how sissy spacex character was written the whole film though i know i, I this is I too like much, this is too but... neat and tidy so i do question ethan's question about is this legit i, I hope not because this is way too neat and tidy yeah yeah. It felt like you needed to have his whole life fall apart, and that's why this exists, this whole subplot. Yeah. 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 Uh, but why does it take his death, Ken, uh, Bobby Kennedy's death? To, it's, a, it's a definitive moment. Yeah. yeah. He should just wake her up and just say random people have died. <laughs> that's lots of action this way. Everything. You hey, don't have to You said all these people anyone. were dead. <laughs> Um, the trial and at the trial so let me go to the trials this is the this is act three of the film right yeah we see the greatest hits we see Willie O'Keefe we see John Candy we see others and all their credibility is shot like none of them are holding up it's going badly yeah. a police officer is called and the jury's told to leave and it turns out it's the cop that took Clay's details where he admitted to his alias and they're calling it inadmissible because they have a lawyer present. They're like, we always ask for aliases. And this is where you know, the judge is in on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it felt. And Clay now denies he's ever used the alias of Clay Bertrand. And so we feel angry because we know he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he even admitted it. And then in comes Carrie White and a terrible child actor. <laughs> and they sit at the front. And then we, and they're doing this just as we get introduced to the start of the, of the Zapooter film. And it's a silent 8mm color motion picture sequence shot by Abraham Zapooter with a Bell and Howell home movie camera as U.S. President uh, John F. Kennedy's motorcade passed through Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas on November 22, 1963, which captured the assassination of the president. It's not the only film of the shooting, but it's been described as being the most complete, giving a relatively clear view from a somewhat elevated position on the side from which the president's fatal head wound is visible. 
It was an important piece of evidence before the Warren Commission hearings, and all subsequent investigations of the assassination have made it one of the most studied pieces of film in history. So that piece of film we saw then in that courtroom... That is, that is, that is the legit Zapruder film, yes. Whoa. Yeah. That's what I was... Because if they didn't use this... I'm sorry. If they didn't use this, it would have been... An outrage, because why don't you use this? This is too important a piece of yeah, film. Absolutely. If you fake this, people reject it. I've never seen mm. this footage. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry, Andrew. I knew you were on something. What's up? It's okay. I, was, I was tried to say it earlier as well. It's, like, it's really interesting because the fact that this piece of film exists and because there was then this enigma around it and whatever, in media, you don't usually get shown people actually dying. Oh, it's huge. It's usually cut. But because there is so much shit about this piece of film being hidden and then coming back into light and it being this whole thing, this must be, JFK's death must, his literal death must be one of the most watched deaths ever. Yeah. Because the amount of people that have seen this piece of film... A specific individual death, sure. one death, that must... To me, that's fascinating yep. that there's that 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 many people around the world, and because it is available in this film to watch, anyone can watch this one person die. Mm-hmm. Like the moment someone's literal, that's oh, the weird thing I saw. So, to me, that's really interesting. The weird thing I thought about this when I was watching it was they must have recreated this because there's no way that is too that's like real. that's too it's honest. It's real. And oh. no, if you if I, I, I if you had done anything to 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 either amplify this. By filming it yourself and then making it worse than it was, or to minimize this, it it ruins this. You need to have this. You can't have it worse than that. And that's why they've held on to this until this is this is the central point of the film plot. Of the plot is this film. Mm. Yes. Um, What age rating is this film? Uh, Eighteen. Because of because this is real. Does that make it worse or better in like the rating? I'm assuming makes it worse. Do you want to be BBFC JFK? Yeah. Uh, you just type in Google BBFC JFK. Okay, um, and it'll it should tell you. Uh, so they play the film, the footage of Kennedy being shot, and we find out there's three bullets according to the Zapruder film. So there's three bullets is is the is the belief system, not the Zapruder film. One nicks a guy under the overpass. This is the Warren Commission statement. Three bullets. Yeah. The other is the fatal headshot which means that there's seven wounds we haven't accounted for and 15. one bullet, 15, one bullet has to do hmm. all these things. And then later they find the bullet off on a stretcher and in almost perfect condition. Perfect condition, yeah, it never happened. And they say, happen. hey, let me show you a bullet we fired into the wrist of a cadaver, which is just one of the wounds. Yeah. And it's like flattened. The, the top is, is done. As opposed to the bullet they found, which is like perfectly round still and yeah, pointed. Yeah, yeah. So, Garrison passes around a bullet. Sent to the already. He says there had to be a second shooter, and the shoot and that means a conspiracy. And he talks through. You know, it comes through Kennedy's. These two of his their theories that it comes through the back of the head, and then exits through the throat. That's the first shot, isn't it? And then, oh, maybe that's a kill shot. But one goes through his his shoulder, and then goes down through his wrist, and, and then, then it turns left, the then right, then goes through the other guy's shoulder, and then comes around, turns Back left and around, yeah. and hits that. And he says, "There's no way this could happen." And the theory gets named the magic bullet theory, and this would later be parodied. And I'm going to hopefully play the footage. On one of uh, the most famous sort of uh, things, because the show called Seinfeld, which is an American uh, sitcom, have a story about how two of its characters 
Newman and Kramer go to a baseball game where they're spit on by one of the players. And so they claim that one, the guy spit once and yet it has crazy reactions to it. I'm hoping this will work. Let's see. Let's see if I can make this go. People, you know, they're waiting by the player's parking lot. Now, we're coming down the ramp. Newman was in front of me. Hernandez was coming toward us. As he passes us, Newman turns and says, Nice game, pretty boy. (laughs) Hernandez continued past us up the ramp. Then, a second later, something happened that changed us. This is Wayne Knight, who's also in jail. From that day forward. He wasn't. He spit on us. <laughs> and I screamed out, I'm it! Then I turned and the spit ricocheted off him and it hit me. Wow. What a story. Yeah. Unfortunately, the immutable laws of physics contradict the whole premise of your account. Allow me to reconstruct this, if I may, for Miss Bennis, as I've heard this story a number of times. Newman, Kramer, if you'll indulge me. According to your story, Hernandez passes you and starts walking up the ramp. Mm -hmm. Then you say you were struck on the right temple. The spit then proceeds to ricochet off the temple, striking Newman between the third and the fourth rib. The spit then came off the rib, made a right turn, hitting Newman in the right wrist causing him to drop his baseball cap. The spit then splashed off the wrist, pauses in midair, mind you, <laughs> makes a left turn, and lands on Newman's left thigh. That is one magic loogie. So that's... How did you remember that? How, oh, because it's one of the most famous scenes of... Oh, and okay. everybody gets... Like, when they start doing it, we're all going, this yeah, is Kennedy. the thing. Yeah, and yeah. if you see it, if you go check it out on, on YouTube, folks, they've even made the footage the of the video like the, look yeah. like the Zapruder film. And they did it by dragging the film through the parking lot. That's cool. And that's what gave it that sort of feel to it. So... And have Wayne Knight in both movies helps that's with that nuts. as well. That did, yeah. And listen to the last... People are killing themselves because they get the reference. They know exactly what this is. Really Even using the golf club as a, a as, pointing as stick. I suppose a pointing stick, which yeah, was yeah, used yeah. the thing. It's and and it was uh, Wayne Knight was one of the two examples in the courtroom scene in JFK yeah. as he is here. Yeah, uh, and that was the beauty of Seinfeld. They could take the thing you think you can't make fun of this, and it did exactly that. Clever. So love what. Seinfeld. Yeah. What's not magic spit is um, every single night that I did carry when we were doing Dreamer in Disguise reprise, the guy playing Tommy singing directly at me without fail spat in my mouth every night oh jeez yep. oh. could not react to it in the slightest every single night because there was a syllable what he, that he sang that for whatever reason made him go D-. yeah okay yeah gross hey, uh, so <laughs> yeah so that was the magic loogie theory um, um there we go. Garrison continues. He says, 54 witnesses said they heard shots from the grassy knoll, but doctors in the scene didn't regard the throat as anything but an entry point, yet the rear of the head has a wound five inches across. So which one's the entry point, which one's the exit point? You tell me. Also, can I just stop you? Why did the judge was so 
stop this, stop that, stop this, shutting everything down. Now he's doing this big speech. Why does he shut up? Because he, he can't. He, no, because he, oh. he, he can't stop him on that. He's he's, pre- he's presenting evidence. That would be way too obvious. Yeah, you can't stop someone. Oh, you can't okay. stop that. You can say that's inadmissible. But this is the actual. He's actually using the Warren Commission's findings, uh, the actual footage. Yeah. So everyone's well, not, not, seeing not, it. Not just the footage, but also the idea of this is what the Warren Commission say happened. So let's unpack what the Warren Commission say happened. Oh, okay, yeah, that's okay. Then. If he went, this is inadmissible. Then he. Be Coming against. I just thought yeah. that was weird how he kept stopping him every five minutes, and then all of a sudden, it's also a great scene. But yeah, no, no, no. this is yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah um, it's brilliant. So sorry, I didn't mean. Uh, no, you're fine. So in order for that to happen, though, that means that he was shot in the front. But if it's the front, then it can't be Oswald because Oswald has to shoot him to the back of the head. Yeah, from his perspective, not the front. Uh, and they says, hey, they got the body and they got out of there. It wasn't so much a takeoff as it was a getaway. And the doctors who did the autopsy, none of them were trained in gunfire. So they didn't even know how to interpret it. And we see there were admirals in the room who were calling the shots about what was necessary and what wasn't. And what do military men do? They follow orders. Yeah. So, and when they went to find the brain, the brains did, the brain of the president has disappeared. And We've lost weighed, it. They weighed everything. Yep. The day of... Uh, we find out there are still some clear things that were meant to do with Mr. X. There was an epileptic seizure that distracted the police. And then Garrison says, look, let's look back at the Zapruder film. I see six shots. And he has the last shot, the kill shot. He says, Kennedy moves back and to the left. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. Yeah. I think the purpose of that was if you get shot and you move back and to the left, your gunshot couldn't have happened from behind and no. to the right. No. That's not the way it would work. Yeah. Your body's going to carry in the direction the bullet's coming yeah. from. So if it's back into the left, the shot has to come from the, from, from the grassy knoll, from the picket fence. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, we see, and then we do this last bit, which is let's recreate Oswald's last day. And they started the National Book Depository. And uh, getting permission to shoot there was very difficult. They demanded 50 grand to put someone in the window where Lee Harvey Oswald stood. To I mean, shoot there. I mean, heck, no. <laughs> Know your price. I mean, it's a yeah. JFK film. You want, yeah. How bad do you want this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they were only allowed to film at certain times of a day with only five people allowed on the floor at any one time. Uh, the co-producer said, the Clayton Townsend said, the hardest part was getting permission to transform the building back to the way it looked in 63. That took five months of negotiation. Wow. Scenes of interior action on the sixth floor were actually filmed on the fifth floor as the sixth floor is now a museum exhibit. But all point of view shots in the motorcade were filmed from the actual sixth floor window, wow. as well as all shots of the shooter behind the window as seen from outside. But the problem is, Oswald, who apparently does this shooting, then immediately has lunch. Yeah. Calmly. And with no more than 90 seconds after a shooting, he has to sprint down five flights of step and pass two women who never see him. But for this account, the government's account to work, he has to pass them on the steps. So is he actually at the window and see it happen and unfold? Or is he not at the window at all? Um, he's calm and collected. I believe Costner uh, Garrison's perspective is that he's never there. He's never he's there. Never he's, there. Just, he's never there. He's in the room where he gets his lunch from. Is yes. that, is so that the, the, the argument's actually? But he's he's at the book depo- he's the the book depository, but yeah. he's never actually. He's not a shooter. Yep. No. He's just a patsy. Somebody leaves the gun, so they can go. Oh, the shots must have come from there. Yeah. And they go. Okay, that's yeah, where he'll yeah, be. That's what I thought. And someone plants the gun to frame him. Yeah. What does he do then? He's so worried. Does he leave the building? <laughs> nope. He buys a coke. As we all said, hey, we got we got drinks that kind of play into this. We do. Coke, Coke, Coke. Coke, Coke, Coke. Coke, Coke, Coke. <laughs> it was worth a shot. 
There we are. Um, and then he goes home, grabs a gun. That part's we, we can verify. He does go home. Yep. He does grab a, a gun. And he goes out the front door as well. He goes out the front door through everybody. Oh, the depository. Yeah, yeah. Rather than go through the easier back exit, yeah, he yeah, goes yeah. through the front. Um, he apparently then runs a mile and then kills a cop and then runs three-fifths of a mile back the other way. Now, of course, this is all Gary Oldman because yeah, the, yeah, yeah. why yeah. would anybody be filming Lee Harvey Oswald walking yeah, around? Yeah. Uh, he then goes to a movie theater and despite having... Um, uh, money in his pocket or something like that. He has a lot of money in his pocket. $14, he doesn't buy He the- doesn't buy the ticket. Yeah. Uh, 30 cops then show up, like, instantly. Why do you have 30 cops? What Why is it not do? one? Yeah. Because the manager calls the cops on him for not buying a ticket, apparently. Oh, okay. So I think the question about him not buying a ticket, I think that's the cover story. The yeah, theory is that he actually does buy the ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Garrison believes it's a setup. And the arrest was filmed in the real Texas theater where it happened. And the producers used money to help restore the theater and keep it in business. It was going to oh, shut down. Oh, I love that. The wow. next day, they book him for the murder of Kennedy. And then he's shot by Jack Ruby. And he says, Hitler says, the bigger the lie, the more people will believe it. That's actually a lie. Hitler didn't say that. <laughs> Why say that? It's, so it's, I get more people who believe it. It's but you link the American government to Hitler. It's pretty good. Yeah, if you want to make him the villain here. But if you're trying to make this movie more yep. believable, why would you put us? In '91, they weren't banking on the internet. <laughs> it's also a bit of irony in saying in the in the quote being the bigger the lie, the more people will believe. If that's it, a lie, being a lie. <laughs> we like, got what was Mori Mori Povich going? Turns out that <laughs> was a lie. <laughs> Garrison asks what kind of national security is blocking the Zapruder film with the release of the autopsy photos. Fascism. Kennedy was murdered to protect an $80 billion a year industry. And he says, there'll be some documents released in 2038. He says, I'm telling my son to stay physically fit because Garrison knows he'll never see these. They said 2038, right? At the end, in the credits, I said 2029. Yeah. Yeah, it's between the two things that had changed, and I can go even better. Uh, Trump and Biden both signed things to try and speed up some of this. So I actually went on the website and looked at some of the documents that have been released. Have right. some been released already then? Yeah, it's really boring stuff. I yeah, it's, and also, because it's every like log of just like cataloging where evidence is. Like yeah. it's a whole bunch of but stuff. Also, right, if you're trying to cover up something, 60 years ago is not that long ago considering not everything, really, no. right? But all the people who made decisions will be dead. Yeah, but you'd also made provisions in trying to still get rid of information that even when it becomes public, you're not going to find well, out the real there truth. there is files that have been documented as files that are under whatever, so the file has to mean something. It can't be a blank piece of paper when you get this file back. So, no, but that's, that's not going to tell do you... Do we know anything else hasn't been... But we don't know. I bet you any money, when it comes down to it, when you open it, the government are not going to want to know the truth about how Kennedy was shot. Oh, we're not going to know, are we? No, we're not going to no. know, exactly. That's what I'm saying. No. That would. That's not... So the, we can easily... The truth is not going to be we could go around in circles. We could go, oh, I don't think you're going to find a document that says, we did it. No, do you know what I mean? Signed. But that's like the whole thing Lyndon about... Johnson. The, the, the Jack the Ripper thing, right? Yeah. They were going to open that case, um, you know, the, everything, all the evidence and everything of that time was locked away, right? As soon as they opened it, I think it was 1988, um, 100 years on, there's hardly anything left in it. So people had already been in there and took stuff out and information out. Same thing with Kennedy. We'll never know. Uh, number two, Lou, I mentioned, has come back and they kind of share like a smile, like an old couple who's getting back together. Oh, when he walks in the corner. And then number two, Lou does nothing but sit down. Oh, I thought he was going to have some sort of He's just there bearing. to support. I thought he was going to let him come in and do a little bit of a speech himself. 
Yeah, or have some. It just sort of feels like we need him to end the movie with no loose ends. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he went to him and whispered to him. I'll be honest. Someone else died. I'll be, I'll be honest. <laughs> I've forgotten who number two Lou was until he came back in. Yeah. So I wouldn't bother. I didn't really. <laughs> yeah, I felt like he didn't need it. Didn't need it at all. No. Um, and so he uh, he goes. Tennyson wrote, "Authority forgets a dying king." Good law. A uh, good quote, sorry. And he goes, ask, he tells the jurors, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Do not forget your dying king. Which so the, is what, um, the first Kennedy's one was, was, was Kennedy's um, um, inauguration address. Yeah. And the second one is him coming back to Tennyson. So it's yeah, a nice combination. Yeah, it was. And Costner's getting teary. And uh, he wasn't supposed to get teary. But the weight of what he was saying was getting to him. And you can hear it in so his voice. Like 15 minutes he's been talking for. Like. Yep. <laughs> There's a pseudo fourth wall break. He looks at the jurors and we're kind of positioned as one. Yeah. And he looks, it's not right down the barrel of the lens, pretty close. Pretty close, yeah. And he goes, that's a clever mm-hmm. tr- choice of the film to put us and he in goes, the perspective of the jury. But he goes, it's up to you. And I don't think the questions that were in the place of a jury, I think he's talking to us or Oliver Stone's talking to us about holding government accountable and being... Um, good patriots, whatever it might be, and say it's up to you. It's the power of the everyman, which is all Garrison's been about. The I, Every fight is about America's worth fighting for. Yeah, This idea we should just give up and reinvent the whole system again. And, uh, and then he says, up to you, and then he sits down. And Costner felt it was necessary that this be one take. It was brilliant take. The real Jim Garrison never makes this speech. It's taken from several speeches. Oh, okay. And some of it's from his book. But they are real tears. We said the way to what he was saying was choking them up. And uh, that was it. And so they come back with the verdict. And as much as the movies would tell us that this is supposed to end well. It doesn't. It doesn't. Clay Shaw's not guilty. And Garrison is lambasted by the press. And they say, does this mean the the Warren Commission is vindicated? As in, like, it's been proven right because you've lost. And he goes, hell no. I'm going to keep fighting for 30 years to put every one of these people behind. And, of course, we know. Yeah. Nothing happens. Nothing. But it is. It is uh, there's one of them also says um, something about. Does it mean that it was Oswald? And goes, no. It just means they, one of the jurors says it, it, they're just. It, we, we believe like, there was conspiracy. We didn't believe that Clay was part of it. There's not enough evidence hmm. that it was Clay. That, yeah. yeah, Clay becomes the face of it, right? Yeah. And they, they even come at him. And some people come at him. I think his wife says, "Is this because he's homosexual?" And he goes, "No, it's not." It was interesting. They went down that road to go. It's just homophobia. And he's going. It's not homophobia. Yeah. For a movie from 1991 about a trial from 1967. Yeah. 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 Um, so they asked for his resignation, and Garrison says, no, I'm going to run again, and I'm going to win, which I'm guessing he must have already. Don't put this in the film. Yeah. Um, yeah I think it was in the... It was in the Chiron, wasn't yeah, it? No, the final like Chiron he... talks about a, a, a win he gets later on oh, in his career. Okay. Oh, sorry, I missed it. So am I assuming he, he kept uninterrupted? I don't know, but they don't say... Effectively, he, would, he did win his next... They don't say that. In 1979, Richard Helms, so that was it in the movie, it fades out as he's leaving with his family. Yeah. In 1979, Richard Helms, director of Covert Operations in 1963, admitted under oath that Clay Shaw had indeed worked for the CIA. Shaw had been dead five years already from lung cancer. No, which he was always smoking that long cigarette, yes. wasn't he? Yeah. No autopsy was allowed. I don't know what the point of that was. No, <clears throat> that's not going to prove whether Kennedy was. <laughs> oh, we found we found guilt of Kennedy's assassination in his blood. 
But his brain mysteriously went missing. We found Kennedy's brain was in Clay Shaw. Maybe he was going to give himself up on it like a dying wish, and then they were like, nah, I can't do it. So they shot him, and that's actually why he died, and that's why he wasn't allowed North. This guy is. That's that's a bigger reach than some of the stuff Garrison did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 1978, Garrison was elected judge of a Louisiana state court of appeal in New Orleans. He was reelected in 88. To this date, he has brought the only public prosecution in the Kennedy killing. Southeast Asia, there were 2 million lives lost, 58,000 American lives lost, $220 billion spent, 10 million Americans airlifted there by commercial aircraft, more than 5,000 helicopters lost, and 6.5 million tons of bombs dropped. So this is about the American military industrial complex. A congressional investigation from 76 to 79 found a probable conspiracy in the assassination of John F. Kennedy and recommended the Justice Department investigate further. As of 1991, the Justice Department has done nothing. So I didn't even think about that when I was typing it because I was just trying to type it. Twelve years, and they've sat on it. Yeah. The files of the House Select Committee on Assassinations, or the fact that you have a House Select Committee on Assassinations is insane, (laughs) are locked away until the year 2029. And it finishes with the quote, what's passed is prologue. Dedicated to the young in whose spirit the search for truth marches on. In the film, Senator Russell Long lets the cat out of the bag longer ago by saying he never believed the Oswald was a lone nut theory in the plane sequence. In fact, the real person to the garrison was a senator named Hale Boggs, who was outspoken against government corruption. In November 1972, Boggs was aboard a small plane from Anchorage to Juneau. Those are both cities in Alaska. When it disappeared, neither the wreckage of the plane nor the pilots or passengers' remains were ever found. So he was killed too. Wow. You could you could you could read into that. that. Yeah, yeah. When Oliver Stone spoke at the National Press Club about the movie, someone asked if he meant to insinuate the government was involved in the assassinations of Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy as well as JFK's. Oliver Stone's response was a simple one word answer. Yes. It was. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. Do you think Oliver Stone, the person, had any fear making this film that he might also <clears throat> disappear? Nah, it's a different world by anyone. Is it different enough? Do you think he's big? He's a big enough person that people would. That they wouldn't if, be able. I'm to making like, a movie like on JFK, and now you're, and now yeah, 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 yeah. Do you, do you think he? Do you think he feared it like himself, even if he didn't think it would happen? I think you'd, you've got to have a, some balls to do this. Because of his enormous, I would swap the score for a minute. Because of his enormous commitment to Steven Spielberg's Hook, which opened the same month as JFK, composer John Williams did not have much time to compose a conventional score for the film. Instead, he composed and conducted six musical sequences in full for the movie before he saw it in its entirety. Soon after recording this music, he traveled to New Orleans, where Stone was still shooting the film, and saw approximately an hour's worth of edited footage and dailies. Williams remembers, I thought his handling of Lee Harvey Oswald was particularly strong, and I understood some of the atmosphere of the film. For the motorcade sequences, Williams described the score as composed of strongly kinetic music, music of interlocking rhythmic disciplines. He remembered the moment he learned of Kennedy's assassination himself, and it stuck with him for years. This was a significant factor in deciding to work on the film. Williams said, quote, This is a very resonant subject for people of my generation, and that's why I welcome the opportunity to participate in the film is williams english yeah i think so i'm sure he is. he's american is he really yeah i is was he? watching a, a documentary um recently and he he speaks with an american accent that doesn't mean he's that american doesn't mean he's american john williams i'm convinced american living- composer according to his he used to live in oh Des- hang on he used to live in desnum new york uh he's born in new york yeah born in new york city okay there we go <laughs> 1932 91 I know. And wow. still doing great stuff. He was doing, he, he did a, he got nominated for an Academy Award, I think, for something he did with, uh, or, 
something for something he did for Dial of Destiny for the theme he did for uh, what's her name from from Fleabag. Uh, oh, Phoebe, Phoebe Waller-Bridge must must have been wouldn't have been an, an Oscar yet. Oh, because that was that was that twenty twenty three. Yeah, that was that was okay. this summer. He got. I know some... he got, he got he got signed for Obi Wan last year. There we go. Um, there we go. The legacy of the film. When Oliver Stone spoke at the National Press Club about the movie, someone. Oh, I said that already. Finally, you can't make this stuff up. This is for you, Richard. Go for it. You're not going to believe this. Okay. The odds of this being like this. Actor Woody Harrelson's father, Charles Harrelson, was a hitman convicted of murder on three separate occasions. On the third occasion, he admitted to the murder of federal judge John H. Wood and also admitted to having played a part in the assassination of JFK. And a witness claimed he had drawn maps of a location in Dallas from which he fired his weapon. The FBI discounted his claims. However, Jim Mars claims in 1989's Crossfire that Charles Harrison is the youngest of the three tramps questioned and released by police on the day of the assassination. Forensic artist Lois Gibson has conducted photographic analysis and conducted the youngest and tallest tramp is indeed charles harrelson so is he admitted to being part of it he's claimed he was it's like you're not we can prove you're not but woody harrelson's proper dad but remember how how rich was like you need to mention his dad was a hitman yeah i had no what are the odds that will come come up up. two weeks later that's nuts well actually i only shared the story last week and then the next I, i literally saw this and went You've got to be kidding me. That's nuts. It is nuts. <laughs> so let's go ahead and do, after long, long last, let's do. Oh, he's looking for the right button. We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. I got to make sure the TV doesn't turn off on Ethan. Liam, we need a random word. A random word. Um, have we ever had rifle before? Don't think so. I want to say we haven't. No, I don't think so. I was going to say gun, but rifle. Um, Let's is, do rifle. Is more accurate to the situation. There we go. It's not like when we do Star Wars, you know, like laser sword. Three years <laughs> laser sword. You did light stick twice in like two years. <laughs> <I did. laughs> yeah, rifle. All right. The money, money, money. Ninety million dollar budget. What's this take home? Actually, do I have that right? Let me take a look. Ninety million dollars. No, that feels like that was last week's. That was last week's. Yeah, I was going to say. That's I know. Yeah, we said there was a twenty million dollar budget earlier. So let's take a look at this. It got doubled to forty, I think, didn't it? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think it did. So let's yeah, take a look. Right. Uh, film, not Dilm, but that'll be close enough. Dilm. 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 Director, I'd like to marry a Dilm. Forty million dollar budget. What's the take home, Dirt? Two thirty. Two thirty, Liam. Uh, 180. And Ethan? 300. It is so remarkably close. Uh-huh. 205.4. Wow. Because wow. you're both about 25 million off. Yeah. yeah. But by $600,000, Georgia wins that. Yay. Wow. Well done. <laughs> Good job, guys. All right. So uh, next up, we got to talk about the awards. Eight Oscar nominations. Best picture. Yes. Best Best actor? Uh, I heard score. What did you say, Ethan? Uh, Best actor. No. Best editing? Editing. Best editing, yes. Uh, Costume. Costume, no. Cinematography? Yes. Look at you saying it right. I know, I'm trying. I try so hard. 
Um, that came up at work because I've done this thing for one of the, 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 the books we do. Yeah. And it's about introduction to films. So if you're sevens are getting their first crack at some film stuff. Yeah. And like, why do you have to put the word cinematography on this thing? None of them can say it. I'm like, God, they should learn. <laughs> Brilliant. Sorry, Ethan, what'd you say? Uh, adapted screenplay? Yep, adapted screenplay. Nice. School. That's been said, but yes. Oh. Uh, how many have we done? Uh, you've said picture. You've said... Supporting for... Supporting actor. I don't have who it is. Oh, okay. I'm assuming it's Tommy Lee Jones, although it yeah. could be Oldman. Yeah. yeah. So I want to look mm, it up. Hey, it, it could be. It could be could Sutherland. Be, could be, who wow, was, who yeah. was Mr. X as well? It could be him. Uh, so Donald Sutherland. Best picture, best director. I'm not sure we said that or not. We didn't say director, no. Okay, supporting actor, adapted screenplay, cinematography, we said. Editing, we said. Score, we said. Costume? No, sound. Sound. It yeah, is Tommy it Lee Jones. Is it Tommy Jones? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird because I didn't really get Tommy Jones doesn't hit my radar. No. Until Fugitive. And I thought it was because what did we say he did before that? The Steven Seagal movie? Under Siege? Oh, Under Siege, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was his come out, come out party. But no, when I saw him in this, I'm like, I had no <laughs> idea he was boy. this big this early. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? Because he doesn't hit me until 95. Yeah. Not, not, not my radar. Yeah. Who would you cast as who? I'd rather be the lady in the office than. Sissy Spacex part, I think. Although huh. I could probably do that part better than she does. Yeah, but that wasn't the question. Much like I did, Carrie. Sorry. Uh, Are you clever? You're better, Carrie White than Sissy Spacek. God, yes. Oh my word! Absolutely. Although I think Ooh, I, was a although I, I had someone else who wasn't me mm. tell me that I was a better a better Amos Hart than John C. Riley. I've had somebody say that. <laughs> someone I was who the best doesn't even know me said that. Wow. So I'll take that. Someone said I rivaled Nick Jonas. Which isn't much of a compliment, but it's Nick Jonas. So. In what? Uh, business. Was Nick Jonas in business? Yeah, Are Nick sure? Jonas was, he was Ponty uh, in the, the same Broadway one that Radcliffe and Darren Criss did. Oh, okay, because Radcliffe. Radcliffe. Radcliffe's good in that. He's very good. Radcliffe's oh, good. Yeah. Uh, so who's who? I want to make Liam Tommy Lee Jones. That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's because you got the, the sort of frosty hair. Maybe that's yeah. all it is. <laughs> that probably is. Yeah. Uh, Ethan. Oh, I could make him Garrison's kid. <laughs> oh, Why well, don't you face. love us? Or, or the the guy out of um, um, Seinfeld and um, Wayne Knight. Yeah. Oh, I'd be a good because he all he's doing he's like dramatically patting himself because he sweated the whole yeah, time. Ethan, oh, I'd love to. And then have bursts I of energy. I don't think Ethan's Willie O'Keefe. No. I don't think you're bacon. No. But you have bursts of uh, energy, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You could be uh, Michael Rooker. Oh, yeah. No, I Rooker's good. That. I do like Rooker. Rooker. I'm asking if you can do a Rooker yeah. impression. I'm just like, what, what the role is. He's a young yeah. guy. Just think about his career. I'm not sure Ethan has the aggression that he comes out with later in the I'm film. not as hot confrontational. Or- yeah. yeah. The confrontation. Yeah, he could be Wayne Knight, though. That's all right. Yeah. Am I Garrison? Like, I really want to be Garrison. How am I be Garrison? Sticking stick to your guns. I, 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 I made the whole film without doing a Mr. Garrison joke. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. I thought you'd done so well. I'm very proud. And that's how they killed Kennedy, kids. Thank you, Mr. Hat. Especially when you brought up the cross-dressing okay. with uh, thing. Wait, no. That's Mr. <laughs> Magic. Then. Um, I think those the ability to do long speeches and stuff like that. It's just very teachery, isn't it? It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I, what am I going for Garrison? Garrison and Mr. X. Mr. X? Yeah, that's pretty good. He's got a he's got a quiet authority to him. I don't know if I could do it. No? I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to try. I, I, but my natural inclination is to go loud and soft and lawyery. I think lawyer jumps out at me more oh, than... Oh, okay. I'm more quiet. Yeah. 
I do think he'd be a really good. Uh, he'd be a really good Clay Bertrand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, outside of that, if it was another part, I wouldn't. I would go for David Fernie. Joe Joe Pesci's part. Oh yeah, when oh. he's like unraveling in the yeah. hotel room, oh. you feel the energy, don't you? Yeah. Um, does this film have a villain problem? Yeah, the government. <laughs> no, but it's great. it's great. Cause it's great because it's because yeah. it, we actually it's 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 a frustrating film because we never get closure. We never none nothing. We don't who does it. We don't know because we don't know. But the film accurate. sets you up to thinking it's a whodunit where you'll find out in the end. Even when Mr. X going, you're closer than you think. He never finds out. No, and even when he has that closing 15-minute monologue that he does, and you think, yeah, no. So the message isn't about finding Kennedy's killer in the end. It's about being a good American. That's, yeah. that's what the, mm-hmm. they have to pivot. Pivot. Because you're not going to get the closure. And instead, it's him walking out with his family, and that's a win. Yeah. He's fought the good fight. That was his responsibility. And do they ever stop watching him? Don't know. You know, like yeah. Jed Hoover followed people yeah. and had. I imagine, dossiers. yeah, you st- you stay on him. Yeah, whose story is it? Uh, that's a great question. Is it JFK's story or is it uh, Garrison's story? Garrison's story. I think it is Garrison's story because that's the only one you get closure on. Is that he goes back to and the like? Chiron is about him, isn't it? About how well, it's also about Kennedy and the. Yeah, yeah but he's look. almost like the inciting incident for the rest of what follows. Yeah, I want to say it's Kennedy, but it's not. It's not because Kennedy's not a character in the film. No. No, you see, he's, he's the topic. I'd say it's in the same way that when you discuss Inspector Calls, it's technically... What's the name? Is it Eva? <gasps> really interesting. Out of I all the parts that they... Inspector Calls vibes. Out of all the parts... This film. Okay, so Inspector Calls, for, for anybody who's not from the UK, because it's not very, very well known outside of this country, mm. is a play where... Basically, it's 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> but better. Yeah, but better. Uh, where someone, this young woman dies, and the uh, and the it gets revealed over the course of a, but uh, by committing suicide, but they find out over the course of a dinner that every member of this uh, upper middle class family had um, met, her. met her and had relationships with her of some of some capacity. They all had uh, experienced her in their life. But in this case, Eva Smith would be Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um. So there we go. Roll the woman. Um, I like the lady in the um who's in with the guys. Yep. And does she's very very good. Um, if not for her, it would be almost absent other than the wife figure. And the wife figure does it feel limits like she's it been to added in. You are if it was just to see space, like I'd have a yeah. real issue yeah. because it would be like women are but they, they don't get the big picture. You need to show them what the big picture yeah. is. Yeah, they get distracted by trinkets and uh, very, wealth and it status. Is, it is a very good job that they have got the lady in the room with garrison because if not it would be really quite shitty but actually by adding her in it kind of gives it makes the sissy spacex role just look like she's support she's part of garrison's world and not the other part of it but and she also has a voice within the group yeah and she even says boss i think you crossed the line there yeah 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 Yeah. and he's respectful to her he doesn't like talk her down because he's he's not like He's not like the men are talking. She is, no. she is treated the same as everyone else in that room. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he rates her. I yeah. really think he does. Yeah. Other big questions. I think we've done that throughout the, the episode. Uh, best character? I really, really like... Can we have a cameo? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Actually, with this film, you probably can. There's so many of them. <laughs> Mine are probably both both cameos. I really like Clay, and I really like um, Mr. X. Okay. William? I really like Mr. X, and... between 
Clay and Tommy and um uh he played Tommy. Um Joe Pesci. You asked for who's the cameo? Um Mr. X. Oh, sixteen minute speech. Is that a cameo? Well, it's not really sixteen minutes. But yeah. It is. It's the, it's, <laughs> yeah. I read the stat that's okay. sixteen he appears minutes. Once and he has one it. scene. One scene. Well, yeah, one scene where he has dialogue in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So um uh, Joe Pesci. So Joe Pesci and was it Mr. X? Is that what we said? Yeah, I, I like the energy. That, I don't normally like Joe Pesci and stuff. Um, he normally annoys me, but in this, you nice felt goodness. you felt the emergency in yep. when he rolls over. Ethan, I've got to go with Garrison. Without Costner's performance, I, I, three hours of this film would not go by as quickly as it would at points, and I probably wouldn't be as invested without like Costner as Garrison because that performance really does kind of. Yep, it's what kind of brings me in that, that his, his dedication throughout. Amazing- oh, oh, we've, we've lost Ethan. Just, the- like is focusing more and more on him. Uh, can you say that last bit again, please? You kind of cut out. <laughs> oh god, uh, where did I disappear from? Don't know. You said without Costner, uh, with, without Costner, and then we were without Ethan. Oh. That was my start. Without Costner, like this film, I'm I, I'm not as invested in just because of the fact that like he he's the driving force for everything that I want to see come to fruition. But if we're going like slow, little side things, I love Tommy Lee Jones in this. He's great. You little foil. Sorry, Ethan. Are you, are 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 you back with us? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just messing. <laughs> Didn't you before you before you answer who, who you did you feel there was some. Um, and uh, un- untouchables kind of vibes to this. Oh, I've seen untouchables once, um, not really, but that's no? really, it's just because I, I mean, I've seen it once. And it didn't make that big of an impression on me. Oh, okay, no, that's how it felt to me. See, whenever you ask me questions, it means I've learned this about you. When you ask me a question, it means I feel this. Do you do feel you this way too? <laughs> but rather than say that, you go, "What do you think?" And then, no matter what I say, you go, "Well, I felt that." <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You can feel your. So, uh, who's your favorite character? Um, it's a difficult one. I'm going to go for the chameleon on this one. I'm going to go for Gary Oldman Gary as Lee Harvey Oswald, who plays it fairly straight in vanilla because the legend of Lee Harvey Oswald's the exciting thing, and he actually has to bring it back to actually quite boring dull guy Mm. and he does a good job with it so i'm gonna go with that and then i am gonna go for a legit cameo for my favorite cameo and i'm even gonna up one up you and do an honorable mention on the cameo and go jack lemon for being the greatest length between two appearances in the pod both in episode what eight something like it hot and then (laughs) episode 202 yeah. Is JFK? That's nuts. <laughs> and then also the age he was in one versus the age he was, so the most number of years between performances. That's cool. Is well. this one of his last uh, movies? Or, or he's, he's, he's got a few more. He releases some stuff in the mid-90s. Yeah. I don't think he's that much more beyond this. You can still hear it in his voice, though. You can still hear his young voice in his yeah. old man voice. Yeah. Um, and then I'll go my proper cameo. It was, you know what? In a film full of everybody who was too chicken to play a Southern role, John Candy went for it. He did. John Candy went for it. It's my favorite cameo of, oh my God, like, what are you doing in this film? <laughs> John Candy. Sweating profusely. Sweating profusely <laughs> as he eats crab meat. With a very, very strange what's my, what's my What's my motivation? Just keep eating crab meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, no, can I be John Candy? I just want to eat crab meat. Oh, there we go. Ethan could be, Ethan could yeah. be Uncle Buck in the middle of a JFK movie. <laughs> um, best moment, best element? 
I really like the story. I like the way it's placed together. I like the editing of the. I like. It's the so pick. hard to pick one thing from this. It is really, really mm. hard. But for, for a th- okay, is. I'm going to go with what is impressive specifically about this film, which I think is for a three-hour film. It's well paced. I didn't get bored, and I really like the way that the footage is edited. Cool, earlier. Uh, unlike Jackie, which is about. Jackie's uh, um, side of the story of the assassination. This is well edited with old footage of the real JFK and new footage that they've shot, how they seamlessly put them together, which is why I found that so hard to think that that footage at the end in the courtroom was real. I thought that can't be. That's they, real. That's, that's nuts. Because I've never seen that before. Oh, really? Ever, oh, ever. Yeah, yeah. I've, no. seen, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it so many times, dude. Oh, really? See, yeah. I haven't. I've only ever seen the bit where he comes round and you see from the high up yep. spot. You know, not the actual. Yeah. Up close, boom. Yep. Jesus. I mean, the clever how they. That's why that Seinfeld piece works so brilliantly because people knew this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Not um, because of JFK, but you also knew the foot. Yeah, yeah. But like I say, how they seamlessly take old footage. And reshoot new footage and add them together yep. seems amazing. The editing uh, is brilliant. Ethan, the score on this is fantastic, especially how it's used because you've got this massive bombastic score, and it's just Harrison uh, Garrison being like, "And if you look over there, that's how I'm going to help further my uh, my court case." And it, it it shouldn't match tonally because they are two very different things, but the way it's used, it really drops the bombshell and the weight of every single word and like crazy shocking reveal being used especially like when he's showing the magic bullet and going between like the dioramas it's so so good for what is like a courtroom drama at the end of it and it shouldn't match but it does and it's great Mm. uh i'm gonna go for i'm gonna sort of steal two guys sort of uh, I'm going to go with uh, the courtroom scene as a whole for a third act. I thought Good. that was mm. really, it rewarded us for going, we've made you sit through two hours of stuff, but now we're going to go over it again and revisit it. And because of that, I'm invested now because I've already done all the legwork alongside him. I know what's supposed to be right, and what's supposed to be wrong. And it's, 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 and I just love a good courtroom drama and it's done very, very, very well. Especially when the judge is out to get you. It's like, yeah. oh, everything's out to get this man. Exactly. And he has these great speeches. They don't let us hear as much of the other lawyer, actually. It's just the one side. We don't, we just hear him. Um, on a side note, I want to mention this before I forget. This is one of my favorite albums. Really interesting choice not to cast actors as Jackie or as JFK and keep them out of the narrative. Yeah, Because we did Lee Harvey Oswald. We yeah. don't do the two of them. And we don't put actors because in the same way that Michael Jordan and Air, we didn't show his face. Yes. Because it would disempower it. Same yeah. idea here. If they become anything less than those actual faces on the Zapruder film and the stock footage, we lose something because then they just become actors. Yes. So that, I just wanted to bring that up. Which is what they did in Jackie. Yeah, yeah, that's why I did. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. And that took away from it, didn't it? I mean, I get the logic behind it. I haven't seen it, but yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. totally makes sense to me. Uh, my best moment, I think, though, is in a film full of great speeches, great speeches. Yeah. Mm. I was not expecting Joe Pesci to blow me away. No, yeah. Because I kind of mm. saw him as like a one one trick pony, really. Even yeah. is, even Goodfellas, everybody goes nuts about. I've seen Casino, but like he does this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The vulnerability in that sequence, oh. that impressed me. It's good. So there we go. Which ties us nicely into, oh, sorry, first, a grumble. I know what mine is. Kids. Kids? Yeah. All right. Liam. 
my grumble is how true is this story of Jim Garrison, right? Only because this last scene we see in the courtroom, he brings this footage to the world, right? He has all these questions about the magic doohickey bullet. Why is there not more? How dare you sully the name of the magic doohickey <laughs> by linking it with a corrupt government? <laughs> magic doohickeys are legitimately magic. This was not. <laughs> How on earth does this not raise more questions and it just gets buried? He shines a light on it. It's a, it's a different world. You can control information so much easier. But even now, as, a, as an accessible movie on Netflix, on Amazon Prime, on Disney, why is this not being brought to people? How, think, how accurate is this? I almost wonder if it's JFK fatigue. How accurate is what? The, the arguments presented? Yeah, the arguments, well, you know. We'll did, talk a little bit about people's reactions. You know, it, did yeah. he really, how much of it is Hollywood? How much yeah. of it is real, not real it's, anymore? We, we said the speeches all came from a variety of speeches he has given and some things he wrote in his book. So I imagine... It's it's been dressed up, but I imagine a lot of it's fairly factual. You'd think so. Yep. I'd like to think so, but if that's true, then why is there not more questions raised about this? Because oh, I think we've had JFK fatigue. And the country mourned him. They made him a hero. That's the payoff. Is that JFK is a hey, talk about JFK? You want something on JFK? Go watch the. I know it's I know it's fictionalized. Go watch the Crown episode on when Jackie Kennedy comes and and John F. Kennedy come to come to 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 England. Oh, okay. And you see how they present John F. Kennedy and Jackie Kennedy, and because if what happens, you find out the truth. Does it? Does it? Does it take away the? Uh, well, that's what I'm thinking. Do yeah. you, if you as the American people, wouldn't you want to know the truth? Wouldn't if that opened up so much more questions? Wouldn't you want to ask more questions? Wouldn't you want us? Why did somebody else not pick up the baton and go? Yes, we need to find out the truth. Or is it just because there's other men who are shouting just very, as there's other men shouting just as loudly going? We investigated. It was found to be fine. You know, like how does everybody listen ago? to this one guy rather than everybody's making noise? So how does he get attention? Yeah, but even even like you're assuming everybody sits down, listens, and is given the time to to, to, to have this argument presented to them in a uh, vacuum. But the footage doesn't lie. The footage has to be interpreted. Like you said, move back into the left. Yeah, but someone has to tell you moving back to the left doesn't work. You just see Kennedy get shot, and you go, oh, it's a terrible thing. But he does move back. He doesn't move forward. No, no, he does move back to the left, but you need someone to explain to you that that could not happen with Oswald where he was. I don't know that from watching the film. I can watch the film and go, oh, Oswald shot him. Look, I don't know Oswald's behind him until someone tells me Oswald's behind him. My my grumble is, why is there not more fuss? And is it because they squashed it? Was it because they... Was it just too hard for Garrison to keep, keep plodding on? Did somebody else not want to? My grumble is, I feel this film should open up a lot more. Right. Here's the problem, because we hasn't. saw it in the film. No one talks. Yeah. No, even or X, even X says, even X says, I'm not talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish you luck. I'm not talking. Well, yeah. like 10, 10 plus years ago, in, we, in Europe, we had the whole Panama Papers thing. And for maybe four days, it was a massive thing. And we all just moved on. Because I can't even remember what it was about. It was about offshore bank accounts that like people oh, in power yeah, had and all the money and everyone was going, oh no, we've done the these things. Thing. It's not quite watching yeah. your president's head get blown off. No, but like in the sense of it was this, for, for, for like us in Europe, it was a big like controversy. And then maybe like, a month later, we just went, 
No, because I, I, I think what Liam's saying is on something, but the idea of it, it was fatigue, like it was 65 years, whatever it was, in the future. I'm telling my son, to, it's, 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 what are you going to do in that time? There's no new information. You've exa- Every day, someone who knows about it is dying off. It's yeah. a stalemate, isn't it? Uh, uh, less information happens as the days go by. So you get to 91, all the principal players are, 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 are either dead or are too old to, 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 to squawk. Hmm. It's surprising that not one on their deathbed lets it go. You would think if they had Instagram now, different story. That's yeah. why. That's why I think they didn't allow that autopsy on um, Clay. Because his think. blood would have revealed that he was involved. No, because he Guilty was going to give. He was going to give up. He was going <clears> to. <throat> oh, I don't think Clay was going to give up for a No way. He was never. That's why I kill him. What about you, Ethan? What about your grumble? Uh, it is. Why don't you care about the children? Why don't you care about me? Why are we going to have this weird plot line for some reason and keep coming back to it? I never loved you, actually, but I do now. What the hell? Stupid. Dumb. It didn't feel real. Especially the sex scene. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Ian? (laughs) What's your grumble? Why don't you care about the children? Why don't you care about me? Oh, the whole home life. And I don't know if Sissy Spacek's a good actress or not. I mean, she's better than Georgia, but, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know, you know, if she's a good actress or not. Uh, and Oliver Stone's supposed to be a great director, and maybe his direction is the scope. Maybe he's not the guy who gets the most out of his actors Maybe, acting. Yeah, James yeah. Cameron's not one to get the best acting performance out of his actors. That's not no, what he does. No. Um, but yeah, I, she's a she's a weight on this movie, man. And whether it was, I mean, the writing sucks too, mm. and the kids suck. Um, but it's just the most generic. You don't care about this family. Okay. Over and over and over again. It's just these yeah. stock things, and there's no development. And then they shot Kennedy. You're right. You were always right. It's just let's take a shortcut to the to a shortcut to the the, the tension, a shortcut to to the threats of divorce, and a shortcut to the reconciliation. And none of it means anything. But we need to show that home life was rough too. Mm. So that's me. It disrupts the flow. I know why it's there. I know why it's there. It's probably also on some stupid level. They're supposed to. This whole like Georgia was wasn't sitting there going. I was captivated by the marital question. She was captivated by the espionage and the courtroom and all that stuff. But I believe some people went. Oh, he's more for the women to latch on to. I guarantee that is almost entirely what it is. So uh, let's go ahead and then anybody's best role ever. Oh, it's a question. I've not seen Costner enough stuff. Honestly, probably Pesci. I, I'm 100% on Pesci, and that's yeah. people People mm. think Goodfellas is for him. I think I, it's this. I, I love Goodfellas. Yeah. But yeah, I think this, I think this is better. shows a different side to him. I think Goodfellas is him mastering the role he's been doing his whole career. It's just the best version of it. Yeah. This is him doing something completely different, or at least very different. Yeah. 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 I go with this. I'll, I'll shortlist it for Tommy Lee Jones. And I love Tommy Lee Jones in many things. I was mm. really impressed with this. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Considering how much we praised him, as, like what two weeks ago with No Country, Costner, mm. or are you, are you more of a Waterworld guy? Yeah. <laughs> I pff, honestly, I like him in Dances with Wolves. See, until I rewatch Dances with Wolves, he doesn't really say much in Dances with Wolves. It's the whole scope of the whole movie he made up for it in this. Uh, he practiced that monologue that he does in the courtroom, yeah, in his swimming pool. With his mum checking on him to make sure he was getting it right. Wow. Yeah. 
I don't so, know why he had to be in the pool, but it's just you know it's, 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 uh, the, probably the acoustics. But um, the weird thing is, I, I was watching that and I was thinking, Jesus, how are you going to remember? As an actor, how would you remember all this? And to give it the, the gravity it needed. Do you know what I mean? Yep. It reminded me of the courtroom act we had in... Um, Crucible? Crucible, yeah. And it was the 12th map. That's not right. No, it's not it's a courtroom scene. It's night. <laughs> God, these are not the same people. Um, I haven't seen Costner in, a, in a, uh, the only thing I remember him from is Man of Steel. And what's his short? Not, what's his short list? His short list is Dances with Wolves. It's this. It's Bodyguard. Bodyguard. It's Robin Hood. Yeah, and he's not very good in Robin Hood. Tink up, brilliant. <laughs> sure, Bull Durham, brilliant. Yeah. Oh, Bill Durham! Actually, Bill Durham gets some love. It's a good, a good little movie. Oh, 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 oh! Field oh, of Dreams. Field of Dreams. How do we not come up with yeah. Field of Dreams? Yeah, Costner's better. Another. Th- He's very good in this. He is very good. Um, I still like him in Untouchables, though. Yeah, actually, Untouchables. There's somebody who said for that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, isn't he also? Is he in some Western movie? Yeah, Open Range. No, he is in Open. Is range. he Wyatt Earp? Oh, in uh, Tombstone. Is he Tombstone? No. It can't be, is it? No. No, he's in something. He's in, he's in some cowboy movie, isn't yeah. he? Um, so anyway, uh, I think Pesci for sure. Um, he's the only one I'm going to commit to with it for sure. Yeah. Donald uh, Sutherland's been in other... Oh, Sutherland. He's very good, but probably it's just, it's just the one... It's a masterful it? scene. Yeah. Is that enough to give him the win? I don't know. No. Let's do... Oh, that's not it. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Age game, age game. We've been here for an age game. <laughs> oh, yeah, almost. <laughs> uh, what we got? Uh, we have got, we have Kevin Costner. Ooh. Mm, 34. 37. Which one's that, please? Kevin Costner's the lead. Garrison. Yep. I think he is 40. That goes to Ian because he is 36. Oh, wow. Uh, then we have Tommy Lee Jones. White hair on top, Clay. Clay. I think he's 42. So do I. Can I say 40? 41. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go 40. That goes to Georgia because he's 45. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, then- can we say the same then? Yeah, you can. I mean, yeah, Meg's, okay. Meg's famously did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 42 okay. is what I was going to I guess that goes to Georgia. Just don't do it strategically no, 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 to ruin no, no. a. Uh, oh no, Liam can't. Like, no, I can't change. He oh, can't no. retroactively yeah, change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. can I change mine to, to forty-two as well? Can I change mine to forty-five? <laughs> yeah, I'm not uh, saying I'm changing mine. I'm just saying I didn't know you could do the same uh, numbers. As Next long as you're not have... up by a point in the last one, you just pick the same one as someone else oh, to stop yourself oh, from losing. Okay. okay yeah. Next, we have uh, Kevin Bacon. Was it Fury? Fury. Kevin Bacon was Willie O'Keefe. Well, how would I get fiery from? I That's don't know. Joe, Pesci. Joe Pesci. Thank you. So are we doing Kevin Bacon or, or Joe Pesci? Kevin Those are Bacon. two very different numbers in my name. head. No, I, I just forgot uh, Kevin Bacon's name. Oh, 34. 28. Mm, 36. He is 33. So that oh, wow. goes to Liam. Oh. And we are currently at a, tr- uh, a try. What's it called? tie a three-way between tie. all of you uh so we've got sissy spacex how many do we have left that's my question we have we have two more okay. two more and after us oh no no this this and okay. then another one okay so sissy spacex 
39. 34. 38. Ooh, was it 39? And you said 38, Georgia? Mm-hmm. Uh, that goes to Liam because she is 42. Wow. wow. I almost said 40 and then I bottled it. Whoops. And then finally, we have Wayne Knight. Oh, she's small people. Today. Wow, that's, that's tough. He's, uh, he's the fat guy. He's Newman. The, 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 he's the guy the, we watched with Kramer on the screen here. He's the little short guy. Okay. Um, 36. Mm, you're close. 34. I'm going to go. Oh, man, it's hard when they're fat. <laughs> I say that as a bigger guy myself. 37. You. <laughs> Ian, you know when you were like, Liam's close. He was bag on the money. He's 36. So that is three points to Liam, one to Georgia, and one to Ian. See, I could have chosen the same as you, but I was like, no, "No, I'm going to the sporting. No, because you was going to (laughs) go, do you know what? I've got a better scope if he's that bit older. (laughs) Not because I thought you were really close, but I didn't want to land on the same point. Because I fear (laughs) my theory is if someone's someone's brave enough to be the first one to land on it, I'm going to let him have it. Because you were, you, I I was a chicken and and waited. If you notice, when we do the age game, I go pretty much first all the time. You go first pretty frequently. Yeah. 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 I do try to change it up whenever maybe, it's like, okay, maybe I'm doing I need this. to hang back. Well, I, th- I, think it's wor- <laughs> I think it's working for you. You keep doing this. <laughs> uh, let's do the critics, the critics, uh, the good, the bad, and the Ebes. Georgia, what we got? We have got Peter Travers from Rolling Stone says, As speculation, JFK is riveting. As proof, it's bunk. Stone has ter- uh, turned what he considers to be the crime of the century into dis- into a disturbing anomaly. A dishonest search for truth. I quite Ooh. like that. Like. Yeah, it depends on what, what, what do you want from this film. And what, but also, what is this film claiming to be? It's an yeah, interesting yeah, question. Yeah. Um, and we've got uh, Dwayne Berg from Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> is that Dwayne but yeah, <laughs> it's not Smith. I can't read it. Uh, it says, while Stone has certainly stirred up the waters with good conscience and in JFK's um, own parlance with vigor, most people are likely to regard JFK, JFK as BS. Okay. Uh, then we have our good friend, Roger Ebert. Ebs. Who says, hypnotically watchable. Gave it four out of four. Mm. He Ooh. said much more, but that's the, like, yeah. I feel it's right time to say this. Shortly after the film's release, film critic Roger Ebert received a tongue lashing from news anchor Walter Cronkite, who's the guy we saw reporting the death of Kennedy. Yeah. Berated him for praising this movie. Cronkite was adamant there wasn't a shred of truth to the film. That doesn't matter, though. No, but it was, I, I just, it was an interesting point, so I thought I'd put it yeah, in here. Yeah, no, yeah. No, sorry, that's just my opinion of it, yeah. is it doesn't matter. Well, that's back to the question. What, is this, what do you want from this film? What do you want from this film? But also, what does this film present itself to be? Yeah. Hmm. That's true. Because there's the element of truth, but also Hollywood. And this film, let's think about the way of the constructor. It's not too often we go outside the movie on this sort of level, but I want to talk about it. It, it it's a courtroom. It suggests And he finishes by looking at us and going, it's up to you, which means this movie's telling me, in a sense, it's making me literally the jury. Yeah. That's what mm. I said, and you went, no, it's not that. It's just... Well, I was kind of... You no, know, we were talking about <laughs> the narrative about what that is there, by the way, the race of American, but also it puts me in the jury, and then all of a sudden the question is, how do I interpret this, and where do I go, and am I going to find in the... Ma- I mean, the magic bullet's the magic bullet, guys. I got news for you. Like, the Warren Commission's bunk on that. Um... But yeah, well, how does it represent itself? I think it does present itself as pseudo fact, pseudo fact, pseudo yeah. documentary. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't; it's not a documentary, but it says this is 
we're going to look at this. Yeah, it presents itself as, and the use and of look the at all these footage. and look at all these big name actors and look at all the the, the weight and the gravity yeah. behind this thing. It caused a bit of a stir when it came out. I remember that. Uh, let's go ahead and say uh, it was eighty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So Ro- uh, Roger Ebert was by no means alone. Tomatoes uh, eight point <laughs> on IMDb, or as you'd say in Britain, IMDb. <laughs> Sound a bit more Australian than anything else. <laughs> yeah, That's I'm not so a knife. This is an IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I put out a fleece. Is this a great film, good film, okay film, or poor film? And I'll tell you what, people are still divided even in, we'll talk about the comments in a second, but there's some stuff here, man. But we came in with uh, 51% said it's a great film. Mm-hmm. 29% good film. So 80% beetroot metric. Mm. 16% okay, 4% poor. But listen to some of the comments at the end there. But Georgia, speaking of comments, friends of the podcast, what we got? Uh, just the one from Shy, who says... Hey. I think Shy is going to be positive on this. <laughs> really good film, though no one should mistake for being historically accurate. I remember the... F- first time watching it i think i was 15 or 16 and it just blew my mind how much i liked it i also remember thinking everything said in the movie was the truth and then not understanding how anything um how anything not seen can be how anything not see how much of a conspiracy this assassination really was then i read more about the murder and the movie and realizing that not all the details in the movie were real still it's really good the directing script and acting was really good one last note is that the scene with donald sutherland is one of the most captivating monologue scenes i've ever seen is exceptionally written and perfectly acted and edited i cannot take my eyes off the screen and that entire scene anyway good film yeah it's fantastic uh, i'm right with you there i'm with you one of the best movie monologues ever. it's interesting his reaction seems to be very similar to your read on it yeah we're first time through love it how is this not causing you're getting agitated and yeah. he's saying the more research not exactly no, we, we don't that's what we're, we're not we're not here to present the uh historical truth on jfk we're here to review the movie it just seems odd to make a movie with such accurate movie footage of the actual death and hollywoodize it and make it more i think it's more to stir emotions and uh get people thinking about what happened and why it was so covered up i think maybe um let's take a look then and go off oh, the fledgling fandom what do they think let's have a look here and as always if there's extra we'll add them in later yeah right now Bloop. and you'll have to I guess folks will know that point if there actually was anything to add there or not. <laughs> Obviously, if you get it before Sunday, I will have put it in. But if I didn't hear anything, then it didn't happen. Let's take a look here. We've got Ed from the Film Effects had never seen it. Too much politics for this guy. I'm sure yeah. the episode will be a great one, though. I'm not sure it is, Paul. I mean, but back to the idea of it, Kennedy's divisive. Mm. Kennedy's a very divisive figure. We've romanticized him. Yeah, definitely. But... Um, Almost more like a murder mystery type. Yeah, film's a film. I don't know if the yeah. fact that it's based in something that's got is, is so true and so emotional to people. Uh, it's interesting. Ed seems like it'd be very interested to hear his thoughts on it. Ed's chosen to avoid the film for that reason. Hmm. I'd much rather, and this is my own personal thing. It's not a shot at Ed. I'd much rather watch it and take a shot at it if it was inaccurate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So interesting. Crimson Tide, on the other hand, is very accurate. <laughs> the most accurate presentation of a military film absolutely. ever absolutely yeah we're so sorry julie dogs on a sub 
<laughs> Carlos says, ooh, this might be an interesting listen. I've seen the film a couple times, but it's been a while since the last one. I do think it's a pretty great film with a hell of a cast. Donald Sutherland's fantastic in his brief role, and I do think that Stone goes a bit too wild with all his theories. He throws a lot of stuff at us to see what sticks, but I do think he raises some interesting and worrying questions. For me, the big one is the, he went to the FBI to tell them the plan for he was a shooter. And I'm like, <laughs> no. The, that's a huge stretch to go yeah. we're gonna assume what's on that <laughs> yeah nostalgia cast says it's my favorite film of 1991 a meta movie about the way in which we intrinsically trust the images in front of our eyes the events depicted are about 50 percent fact 50 percent fiction if that when we should be questioning everything and formulating our own judgments about what constitutes truth mm. uh mr mikey wood also called so gives a damn but we call him Fred says, I love that movie. Putting aside the conspiracy itself and the part stone adjusted for dramatic purposes, it's incredibly well-constructed film with amazing performances, gorgeously done. And then James E. Cornett fan just sent us a picture of Joe Pesci as David Fernie. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. Fairy, sorry, not Fernie. So there we are. So that would be that. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, submit your own stuff, follow us on Twitter at Best Film Ever Pod. Or if you want to have your vote count in a minute, like we're going to find out uh, Shy Guys does, yeah. uh, join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash BFE. We kept it simple for you. Uh, if you liked this film or episode you would like i mean courtroom dramas of a general sense yeah a few good men yeah a few good men or if you like political stuff frost nixon oh that's that's not good. michael sheen isn't it never seen it oh. i think so i've never seen it yeah. yeah uh few good men will you say that yeah you can't handle the truth i want to know the truth in this film, I do. I want to know the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled to this. <laughs> well, um, I'll handle the truth. It's time for ratings as we're going to hit the four-hour mark. I mean, it just we is. Are, yeah, yeah. So uh, Hermes are just getting warmed up for your next time on the pod. <laughs> uh, ratings. I, I hear my voice. I'm, I'm getting tired now. Doing work and then doing this. It's a lot of talking. Yeah. Uh, Georgia. Um, I really like this. I wasn't expecting to because I didn't know anything about JFK. I'm not massively interested in American past presidents it's just not particularly my bag unless they like a so you're waiting for the joe biden movie then yes you said past presidents so you're okay give me the joe biden story no <laughs> um no it's, it's just not my thing i don't know anything about it i hadn't been interested enough to research it beforehand but the way this film handles this like it is some sort of almost sherlock holmes-esque mystery that needs to be solved and then there's lots of different people coming in and out and it's fun and the flashbacks are good and it's well put together and it's wonderfully acted by most involved um and then to have moments in this film i think there's three moments where there's three beautifully performed written acted monologues that you don't often get one of in a film let alone three because it's the joe pesci one there's Mr. X and then there's this last courtroom bit, which I think is just, they're all really, really wonderful. And this film, for what it is, which is investigative and like about murder and actually has a murder in it, like the, it has quite a happy tone for quite a lot of it. I think um, it's a curious tone. It's an inquisitive tone, which for me, I enjoy. I like that sort of thing. So I think that comes across as me as quite happy, which whatever i I enjoyed it i really really enjoyed it um so i'm going to give this film i'm trying to think of an exit line i don't have one um nine 
Carrie White needs to eat shit out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Slight pivot, but all right. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything. No, it's all right. It's kind of weird to hear Georgia give a mark out with Siren Six. Mm. Well, it's weird to pick good films. She's over. Eventually, mm. we've got them well, there, haven't we? There we go, I guess. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll give oh, I don't know why I'm Georgia first. Usually, it's Liam first. I'll Liam. Felix, a pat on the back. Uh, I love my history. I love finding out about stuff. I knew a little bit about JFK. I knew about his assassination. I knew who Lee Harvey Oswald was. I knew who Jack Ruby was. Um, I was expecting more from this. I thought this was going to be a more of an accurate, 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 accurate account. Um, I think that if you're going to do something like this, and you're going to show real footage of the actual president being shot, you need to stick to a bit more of a uh, a story that is more true to what than fiction. This is well acted, this film. It's brilliant with these uh, little small roles like Donald Sutherland, like uh, Joe Pesci. Even even Kevin Bacon, I think, is quite good in this. He is good enough. You know, um, and John Candy's weird appearance in it. He did seem like a fish out of water. He was the only guy trying to do a real Louisiana choice. But, you know, give him his credit. Give him his due. He, he's, he's there. And I don't think this is a great, great movie. I feel it had the potential to be a great movie for more um, accurate... Ac- how do you say the word? Accurate. Accurate accounts. But then again, I guess what Oliver Stone is trying to do is make people think more about what happened. Um, does that make it a less of a movie? I don't know. But for me, um, I'm going to give it seven and a half. It's a mystery tied up in riddles, wrapped up in an enigma out of ten. There we go. Uh, Ethan. Can't comment. I can't. I was gonna be like, I'm not bothered about like accuracy, but I made a jab at Ridley Scott about the exact same thing in the same episode. Um, so I'm gonna ignore that and be a be a hypocrite for a second because I'm like from from the, from the lens of the film, I'm hooked. I think a film that's was it three hours ten minutes. Liam, you watched it for three three, three and thirty. And a half. I think it was yeah. Was? yeah. Mm. That was another thing. I was a bit too long. But <laughs> <laughs> God, I think. For a film with that length, the script really is really strong and stays consistently strong and well paced. There was a point where I was like, "Oh, I, I need to like just stretch my legs for a second, get get like a drink," and I paused it, thinking, "Be like maybe I'm like halfway through," and it was like, "You got forty minutes left," and I was kind of going, "Oh wow, this is breezed through," but I've been able to take it all in, and I re- the score is great, the performances are great, the dialogue's brilliant. I, even like the 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 way that they use archival footage, I think is is fantastic, and it really showcases. Uh, I think a side of the story that is forgotten, and clearly because I'm, I'm that's also because I'm I'm British and I didn't learn anything about JFK in school, but I found it fascinating. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, so I am going nine weird tangents about how much he doesn't love his wife out of 10. <laughs> Seems like a strange thing to say when you're trying to make a move is how little you love the wife and the kids. 
I don't know if you guys know this, but Adolf Hitler once said, the bigger the lie, the bigger... Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, I'm kind of with Ethan. I mean, I had to make a joke about Ridley Scott, so I can I can stand on this ledge here. I don't really care. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what was accurate. I don't know what was inaccurate. I'll be okay saying that, too. So for the people who've done extra research, it doesn't bother me any. What part's correct, what part's not. Because I say it again, I don't come to a movie to get my uh, my stuff. that I learn more? Absolutely. Do I believe everything that's been said is 100% true? No, because it's not a documentary. No. That's kind of where I'm at. It, 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 it straddles the fence a bit, and it wants to be both, but it, asks you, it gets you to ask questions. And um, when your thesis, I guess, is that the government's lied at every corner, um, does it weaken your argument if you have a few inaccuracies? Maybe. Is it, is it fighting fire with fire, maybe, as well? Yeah. Um, this has been the hardest movie to, to take notes for. Yeah. In the whole time, I, can I thought about you. Whole, like I did it in two shifts. Yeah, I probably about six hours to get the notes down for this, and that's it. Just felt like a chore. Uh, not, not that it, thankfully the quality of the movie was high enough that it wasn't painful. Yeah, but it was long. It was long, but certain parts breezed by. And once I got to the trial, I was much better. Would you watch this again as the extended version? Yeah, it'd be a while before I do it, but I, I, yeah. I'd give it a watch and just sit there and just sort of enjoy. So as a result, I, I, it's hard for me to, because I didn't get into a flow. That's the hard part. I didn't get into a flow of watching it because I'm doing my first watch and doing notes and having to stop because that's so-and-so and that's so-and-so and all yeah, this is this. Stop, and now stop. we've jumped here and now we've jumped here because I want to do, I, I do an accurate job once we get the mic. And there's still tons of stuff that I omitted yeah. for time. Um. So there we go, folks. This is the, this is not the director's cut. This is the this is the studio release. This is, <laughs> um, this is the Ian cut. It's really hard because, despite that, and it, it's it's not slow. That's not the word I want to say. There's bits I didn't care about. Yeah, they could have been trimmed. Um, well, yours definitely could because I saw it. <laughs> I saw a trimmed <laughs> version of it. Um. Yeah, I mean, Garrison's the best guy who ever was, and the sins he does, he doesn't have to punish for. Mm. He just doesn't love his wife and kids enough as he's about to begin sex with his wife. <laughs> the guy who he fires for, like, no good reason, they just give, like, a little, like, I got you, babe, I got you, too, mm. as he comes back in the room. Um... Nothing seems to have that negative side, and he walks out with the hero moment. And what might have been more interesting story to actually deal with his feelings about failing? I don't know. But the acting performances are through the roof, and Costner's never that guy. Eh, he's the courtroom guy. He is. But, you know, the best acting performance is maybe he's fourth in this film. That's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a film for what acting is a strength. Yep. And editing is a strength, and cinematography is arguably a strength. It's more of a spectacle and an event. This might be it. It's more of a spectacle and an event than a film that I'm carrying with me emotionally. Mm. And I like films. I'm walking away with like Whiplash and going, I'm carrying that. The Prestige, I'm carrying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not carrying this. Um, but I was amazed by it's a sheer act of producing Marvel that you got this off the ground in yeah. theaters and everyone Amazing. does a really good job. Mm. So for that, it loses that bit, which breaks it into the elite category for me, but I will go, uh, eight and a half wounds left to explain by a magic bullet or loogie. <laughs> <laughs> Out of 10. Awesome. So Georgia, where do we go? We, I might even be low on that. Hang on. I'm going to go nine. <laughs> It's better than Back to the Future. Yeah. 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 
But it's missing that bit that bumps it into... It, it's, it's not, it, anywhere it doesn't bump into nine and a half, ten, no. Because I'm not really caring about it being accurate. I'm not. It seemed to get to you more, Liam, than it did to me. It did. Maybe because I, I... Yeah, because you were so invested with the outrage about how could this happen? Because you could... You could yeah. Bought it's not the right word. It implies that you're foolish for whatever. The movie presents itself in a way and you accepted it. You, you decoded the movie as it wants to be decoded. No, no, no. I didn't believe it. All right. I'm just saying... I did. If, I, if, I don't know what's not correct. I'll admit it. I don't. It's, if it's true, these findings, why was not more taken? I think you're more pissed forward. at like the American system of like justice than you are the film because you're like, mm. why is the justice system not taking this film on board and going? Why have we not fixed this yet? If some of this is true, why have they buried? Well, yeah. we said it was found and stuck in a drawer for twelve years. As of ninety one, they hadn't moved on the thing from the nineteen seventy nine decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. If the Chiron's accurate, which I have every reason to believe that has to be accurate. It must be. Yeah. But the actual footage. Where are you going with this? Look like you're about to jump in and change the market. Are we staying with seven and a half? Yeah, no. I think you're right. Maybe I'm maybe I'm Julianing it. Is that the word? <laughs> Julie, Julian, your name is a verb. <laughs> what do you, what do you <laughs> mean? With Crimson Tide. With Crimson Tide. Maybe. That wrong. Oh, maybe so, yeah. so the historical or the inaccuracies is, is, is judging your ability to yeah. do it as a film. Do you know what I mean? Right. Maybe I need to. Just... That's a great verb, Julie. You've made, you've made the vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise it. Because I, I, I think the performances in this yeah. are, are stunning. Yeah, they are. You know, even the very small parts that. Not to see SpaceX as much, but she's no, she's no, the one no. weak spot and the kid. And but, the that's, kids, yeah. but they could have got rid of all that home maybe, life. Maybe the kid was giving Sissy SpaceX notes and didn't have any time for his own <laughs> performance. <laughs> Where are we on? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Wow, full jump. Mm. Yeah, because I, maybe I am clouded by because I want when I watch something like that, I want to see accuracy. You know, in in um, in the movie, should we talk about the Last Samurai? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the history. About That's a that. shot at Liam and, and Herbie. So all one go. That worked out well. <laughs> I will miss our conversations. <laughs> Maybe when I don't know the history about something, I'm not as bothered as if I know a little bit more about the history. So yeah, I just right. don't understand why it didn't open up more questions. If that was true, that was all. Because the bigger the lie, the more people believe yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. thanks to Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, George, that leaves us to go. Where did our Patreon? Well, who's the I mean, the voice of the people? We're all pretty close together on this one. Uh, it was just shy, so it's at eight. Eight. So there we go. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. Liam and I both bumped our grades up upon initial reaction. I, I, I just could. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a tricky one. The editing's masterful. I feel oh. actually, I feel better about, about my nine. Yeah, the, the editing's fantastic because they're showing you different timelines. It's such a it's such a feat of production. It really is. And then the acting. Yeah. It's, and, it's that, nice and that first bit you see at the beginning of the motorcade, is the motorcade this called? Mm-hmm. When it's coming towards us and they've shown the shot of them shooting it in 1990 or 91 and to the old footage and how that's all slicing together. It's amazing. It's very clever. Yeah. And an ensemble cast. And you know who else is a great ensemble cast? That's our Patreon backers. Mm-hmm. Julian Hermes, James DeGuzman, Lena Oberholzer, Anthony and Davies, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, Dwayne Smith, the Yeatmeister, Reverend Bruce, you're not saying it. Nate the Great, Andy Dixon, <laughs> Holly Callen, Cheesy with a fish on a bike, Richard, Ryan Kukets, Dirk, Shyberger Freund, Stu from the Stu Order Podcast, Norfolk Damas, 
Thank you all so much for being on our jury. It's up to you. Uh, If you want to know how you can join that wonderful group of people and help support the pod, uh, it's always fantastic. No, we can keep the lights on here at the Studio of Awesomeness. Patreon.com slash BFE. We kept it simple for you. Uh, Next week, next week, it's weird because we're announcing something now that we're doing quite some time from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But next week, it's a boys' night. Boys night. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, So Georgia and Megs are going to be elsewhere. It's going to be one of our Sunday recording sessions with BFF of the BFE. Hermes Oslander. Coming in with with a wild card pick. Um, It's actually a film I thought might break Georgia. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, we are going to go to a, a, a challenging place. I think, oh, based, no. yeah, it's not, it's not going to be one of the field good movies. There, when are they? <laughs> Come on, Hermes. <laughs> um, we are going to be doing some car chase movie from the seventies. Not even remotely close. Oh. <laughs> a talk about the church and uh, alleged improprieties within the church. Ooh. We're going to be tackling it's heavy lifting next week. That's what I'm going to call it. Heavy lifting. We're going to be to Philip Seymour Hoffman, Meryl Streep. The film is called Doubt. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah. I don't think I will watch that. Yeah. I think we're going to see two acting masterclasses and a very difficult movie, maybe. So I'm curious. I I don't know what it's available on or what it's not available on. Uh, This is when the Hermes pitched, and I was like, oh, I said, I don't know if George is going to make it through. Something like that. And then when I realized. You had had your doubts. When I I did. When (laughs) I realized that Georgia wouldn't be here i was like oh that might make that a bit less of a terrible three-hour experience recording on it three six it is for us in the uk because the girls are away i'm making it a true boys night i I cleared it with felix yeah Yeah. hermes is going to join us for the entire episode whoa brilliant how cool is that i'm looking forward to that i pitched that to him on behalf of of felix uh or just yesterday and he's uh very excited to be joining us for for the duration you know he's going to push for five hours well the good news is i hope if we get him on early (laughs) enough we don't have to retread all the conversation like sometimes happens so we have to do some editing (laughs) can you imagine so there we go so please join us next week um, well, we're, well, we're excited to have Hermes join us next week. Absolutely, anyway. always. Thanks, always. everybody, for listening to us. We know it's been a long one here. Uh, I can feel my voice flagging. I yeah. can. Um, I still have a lesson plan for tomorrow, but that's okay. I will. I will get there. Uh, as he looks for, I know where I put that. I thought I had a piece of paper in my pocket. I don't. <laughs> so uh, there we go. Thanks for running down uh, one of the biggest movies of the 1990s with us in JFK. Uh, I, I will promise it gets a little bit lighter as we as we go along. The Ram with the Christmas has got some positive feelings to it. Ooh. I'll say that. So we're just going to have a little bit of a dark end to November before we come on up the other side. Actually, have, though, although Hermes will be early December. Have we uh, got a decision on the, the... Well, we do, but this is actually... The, the episode we're releasing right now is is, oh, is yes, late yes, November, yes, so yes, we're yes. not... We can't... We're going to know in a couple of minutes. The listeners won't. Yeah. The patrons to, will. You might want to record it. I might want to record it? Yeah. Why am I going to want to record it? There's okay. some shenanigans have been going on. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Is that why the phone's been hot? Yeah. Okay, Georgia, do you... Do you are people able to change their votes on the Patreon? Yeah. 
Oh, this is this is going to turn into an anti-Ian thing, isn't it? <laughs> I was okay. Here's what I predict: I was winning, and they've gerrymandered this on my behalf. Hey, just like the age game, you're not supposed to go back and change your votes. <laughs> what was your vote again? Oh, it was the winning vote. I imagine was supposed to be "It's a Wonderful Life." Let's go ahead. We're going to give people a full month of notice. Then fine. <laughs> here's Andy our, Dixon has my back. It seems. Here's our Christmas film let's go ahead and unpack it what oh, we're, we're unpacking now let's just do it if that's if we're gonna record it let's just do it all Ooh, right okay, so i put in the am patreon. i gonna be in a bad mood for christmas now <laughs> i put the in the patreon bfe chat and on the patreon i put just a shout if you haven't voted on the christmas film poll please do so in the next couple of hours this was at half past six this evening so all right. four hours ago um nate replies liam's going to win and i couldn't be happier we get ryan come in with don't be so sure about that um then we get Go, Liam. I'm in Camp Megan. Gremlins. Did not like Gremlins. This is just me reading off what's happened yep. this evening. And uh, da, 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 da. I, I chose Gremlins, but I prefer a Liam win over an Ian win. <laughs> Shots fired. Wait, 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 wait. Who was that? <laughs> I think it's... Is it Dirk? Uh, he's still living the gimmick of beating me. <laughs> someone's, someone's really living for it. I would get angry, but I got neighbors with small kids now, so I can't get... I can't do the rant again. Then, I like him even more. <laughs> Hermes comes in with something about... For the record, his friends call him Diggler, so... <laughs> th- thanks for chipping in, Dirk. Appreciate that. I get... Re- I regret nothing. Dirk the, the jerk. From Hermes. <laughs> Sorry, what was that from Hermes? Uh, I regret nothing. The end. It's a, a gift from Parks and Rec. Sure. Uh, Nate comes in with your Robin Liam at the last second. Uh, that, and then they're talking about the voting on the music thing as well. Then Dirk moves his vote. He says, I moved my vote. Sorry, Megs. Now, whoever else voted for Gremlins, please switch to Liam. That's Nate. Uh, shy says i refuse shy is a man of honor and integrity nate then says bar humbug um we get dirk saying do it yeah just do it um hermes chips in with i'm an agent of chaos in response to now whoever else voted for gremlins please switch to liam Uh, (laughs) dirk then says let's move all the votes to gremlins then uh apparently that's a fantastic idea um and that is pretty much where we end it and hilariously if i just go to the uh christmas film poll vote oh it's changed again okay it's officially like we're about to lock this in (laughs) but it's not them moving because someone new has voted okay so we were at 14 george is pointing a finger at me which i'm not interpret not as aggressive i wouldn't do that but it's it's like she's trying to calm me down preemptively (laughs) it was at 14 (laughs) votes when they were moving around and being silly it was a tie 14 votes came out a tie between it's a wonderful life and national lampoon's christmas vacation you know what i love both those films (laughs) yeah me too i'd like to point out someone new has voted i don't know who it is but someone new has voted which has pushed the win to national lampoon's christmas vacation oh that's good and you know what that was going to be my nomination before we started it was. so yeah, at the yeah, end of the day win-win. folks you think you're, you, you think you're playing chess i'm playing chess <laughs> see playing i thought chess. it was gonna win last year anyway so yeah i i think i think i did nominate it last year yeah. you nominated it last year yeah. i did scrooge and i was like i'll choose scrooge because oh, no one's gonna vote I'm for that absolutely, doing national lampoon. i'm absolutely over the moon it's it's uh, a wonderful life would have been a great thing i've never seen it and i'm gonna hold off on it to see maybe if it's a future win i'm gonna i'm gonna do that at another point or something it's like that. It's a lovely movie. But the big thing being, Christmas Vacation is wrapped in so much nostalgia for me. Mm. And me. 
It's interesting. Cause a lot of when I do a Christmas quiz for the kids here uh, with Christmas movies, and that's the one they don't seem to know. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. And so uh, for me, that's a really easy record. This is the opposite of this one where it was so hard to take notes. I'll just write down a scene name. Kind of no country. I wrote down a scene name, and I'm like, I can talk about this for 20 minutes. Like, I'm yeah. good. So, yeah. What has actually well, happened, the person they've actually all upset is me because 0% of the vote went to Spirited. You're all wrong. You need to watch it. <laughs> I don't like Spirited. So what was the, what was the actual number for like Gremlins? Did I get any votes? Oh, Gremlins. 20%. 20%. And what was, what was Ethan's pick? 7%. I was Arthur Christmas. Christmas. Oh. I know Andy Dixon was sharing Arthur Christmas gifts, so he's got me. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sorry, folks. If you're expecting the big tornado to happen or a volcano moment, I'm really okay with that. <laughs> when it was those two, I was like, okay, so A, I kind of won anyway, because you all just sort of mobilized your votes against me. <laughs> but in doing so, you actually gave the one I was going to nominate the win the win yeah so So i got news for you hermes you think you are the master of chaos (laughs) and arranging everything i hope there's someone watching australian survivor because i just king george to this vote (laughs) that's what just happened i am the king of the pdfe patreon vote i'm a couple episodes behind so no spoilers on that part but uh, i have been watching it it's good uh, so there we go, folks. Uh, we just got the live. So you have a month to basically watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I'll yeah. get the uh, GIF up, the poll up for both the uh, – George will do the, the Patreon one, obviously. I'll get one up for the Fledgling fandom ASAP. And go watch it. It's a great movie. Have more than a week to watch it. Run with it. We're looking forward to doing that, and that will release on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. We're going to record it really quickly. We are, yeah. <laughs> but it will release on Christmas Eve. So uh, – People, she got some time, but not too much time because um, if you definitely if you're a fledgling fandom member, you got like a week. I'll put the poll up like as soon as we're done here. Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, that is okay. Let's please. I got this terrible fear of something's going to like ruin four hours and twenty something minutes of recording. Here. So I'm going to get off before we lose this. So, uh, folks, please, thank you for joining us. Thank you for sticking with the elongated runtime. Somehow, even when he's not here, Hermes found a way to elongate our runtime. <laughs> uh, and we look forward to hearing from him more next week. Talk about a very unchristmassy film, I'm guessing. In doubt. Doubt, yeah. So, with that in mind, we'll just put a bow on this one. <laughs> Christmas. So, <laughs> please join us next time when we tackle the Meryl Streep. Have we done a Meryl Streep film before? No. I don't think so. I don't think we have. Episode 203. Wow. Meryl Streep's first appearance. It's not 203, though, is it? 201 was Empire, was Enemy of a State. 202. Isn't this another one later? No, no, we're not. No, because the next one, the, the audience will hear is episode 203. Oh, okay, yeah. That's why we just released what, what Hermes is doing on the pod. Oh, my God, I'm so confused. I told you it was going to be difficult. <laughs> 203 episodes, our first Meryl Streep. Yeah, there we are. Most Oscar-celebrated actress of all time. Yeah. Amateur. (laughs) Please join us next time when we tackle the Philip Seymour Hoffman, Meryl Streep film, Doubt. For best film ever, I've been Liam. I've been Ethan. And I've been Georgia. And not to end this with a lie, but maybe with the truth. We know what happened with the Christmas poll vote. (laughs) I shall be vanquished, but at the end of the day, even with our crazy recording squad, I'm asking the team, anybody want to quit? All right, put your hands down. (laughs) Dumb question. We'll catch you on the flippity-flop. The flippity-flip-flop.